Harry Potter is That's playing funny. a farting corpse where the first fart makes you laugh and the last fart makes you cry. It's almost like it wants you to make your own conclusion no matter how this movie is going to end. You're going to take yeah. it one way and 10 other people are going to take it 10 different ways. Yep. That's the fun of this, like, this movie is that it is, it's rather profound in a lot of ways. And I definitely sense that watching it. I, I'm not saying I understood it, but yeah. I know that I knew that there was some really fundamental human like truths trying to be discussed. Eventually he had a boner that was a dick <laughs> magnet to being saved. Yeah, like, let him home. Like the, the, yeah, dick magnet. officially live welcome to long walk short drink episode 36 36 yes yeah do you know what the next one is dave for 37 yeah i know 37 in a row in a row <laughs> hey, hey hey you get back here yeah trying to suck any dick on the way to the parking lot <laughs> You know that's going to be like one of the openings. Oh my gosh, yeah. that's all we're going to talk about. We should do Clerks next episode. For I was thinking about, is there a way we can celebrate the, uh, the, the Kevin Smith in number 37? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't mind doing that. I fucking love Clerks. Yeah, I, I have probably have not watched Clerks in 15 years. Oh, really? Yeah, that might be fun. I watched yeah. uh, just the last few minutes of Clerks 2 on cable last weekend. And I was like, God damn, that's a great movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. Probably should get Shamrock and Mr. J. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of Shamrock, yeah. and uh, we just started talking about sucking dick in parking lots. <laughs> no, no, that came out wrong. <laughs> I meant. Uh, are we talking about college, college again? No, college again? I meant we should introduce our uh, our other comrades that are joining us. Yeah. Chief among them, Shamrock, and well, solely among them, Shamrock and Moto. Welcome, gentlemen. Yep. Welcome. Oh, thank you. Welcome, welcome. I'm finishing this pounder before we open the official beer. All right. Well, I just had to, since I'm, you introduced me, uh, it's not Thursday, but I guess we had throwbacks. This is episode 36. I don't know if you can see this, but I found this after we did our... Ooh. It was the official Marvel comic. I found it at a thrift store or a flea market for like a buck. That's oh, awesome. Wow. So I had to pick it up. It's completely... Yeah, it's awesome, dude. It has like pictures of the movie and stuff. And there's yeah. John John Millius in the back. Oh wow! Sure, look, let me see that. Um, so the, for listeners on the podcast that aren't watching on YouTube, uh, it's a Conan comic book. Yeah, it's, it's the a, official adaptation comic adaptation of the film, right? Correct. Yes, correct. And yeah, it's got the movie cover art and everything. Um, it says it says interviews, so I'm, I'm guessing Arnold. Yeah, there's one here, John Millius. Nice. I got. I still haven't watched that documentary. I must. Yeah. Oh, Milius? Oh, yeah. That's a great documentary. You know, I think Scott yeah. Mosier helped produce that. Uh, Kevin Smith's uh, friend and producer in his early years, uh, he produced all the Kevin Smith movies, Scott Mosier. Really? He's in Clerks. Yeah, I think he yeah, produced, helped produce Milius. I say that sounds familiar. That's awesome. Shamrock, what have you been up to since the last time we heard from you? Uh, not much, just working. Uh, pretty boring, to tell you the truth. So. Yeah, I hear you. <laughs> it fucking sucks being old. Yeah. 
You got that young Shane haircut, Rockford. though. We were starting yeah. to talk about that off. Uh, yeah, your hipster cut. <laughs> What'd you call it? A biscuit something or other? Oh, I got my biscuit cut. I don't know. I just, that's a saying. I don't know. <laughs> my wig oh. split, biscuit cut, something like yeah. that. My wig split. Oh, yeah. It's not his hairstyle, is not the biscuit cut. It's <laughs> biscuit refers to your head, right? Oh. I think I might have had this back last, what, back in May when we did the revenge episode. Yeah. But I was wearing a hat the whole time. So you can. Oh, yeah. oh yeah. yeah. It looks fresh. Yeah, it does. <laughs> it looked pretty sloppy earlier today. <laughs> <laughs> You're looking sharp. What were you saying about like some hipsters with the Xennials <laughs> and Gen Xers, right? I think, yeah, Xennials and Gen Xers are not safe from the hipster trend whatsoever. Uh, and I was, I, I agree with that. Like, I have hipster tendencies. It is a virus. Like, <laughs> when I got my beard trimmed in Disney, I said, she's, I sat down and she's like, what do you want? And I was like, I want a hipster beard. I like, that's how I described it. And she knew exactly what the fuck I was talking about when I said that. Like, um, I mean, it just, that's what it is. I got accused of being a hipster by the bride this week or last week. Oh. Yeah. And, uh, so I have, I, I have a pair of green Doc Martens that Moto, who we've not spoken to much yet t- today, um, <laughs> uh, got me as replacements for the ones that I wore for years and years. Like I wore them to death. Um, yeah. I wore them out. And, um, <laughs> um, and they were initially, those green boots were his uh, that he wore when he was uh, younger and playing in rock bands. And when I started playing music, I was just in desperate need of shoes that like weren't Skechers one day and grabbed, <laughs> grabbed these uh, Doc Martens. I was like, well, they're, they're green and they don't have any shoelaces. So I ended up getting different shoelaces that... Anyway, those boots became as popular, if not more popular, than my music. Those specific boots, <laughs> and um, it was a great trademark. Was, yeah, that was guess, like yeah. they were like your logo for a while, right? <laughs> yeah, like, I, I started to embrace that, and then and then when I didn't, uh, when I like when I moved to Minnesota, nobody seemed to care about the boots. Nobody once said, "Hey, cool boots," anything like that. So I just uh, stopped wearing them, and then uh, I went back to Ohio for a show and uh, some of the people there were like, they were offended by the shoes I was wearing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Moto took that, notice. That was the pivotal. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was a pivotal moment for me. It was, uh, they're like, what are you wearing? And they're like, like or whatever. You know, they look at yeah. They're like, no, no. It's yeah. like, Oh, this needs to happen. Start anew. Exactly. So I got a fresh pair and I, I hadn't really worn them uh, much, but I started to every now and again. And then Dave, is it an earth? Is there an earthquake happening right now in Minnesota? Are you kicking your leg under the desk or something? Oh, you know, I am kicking the table. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's so it looked like it looked like you were in a rock video. It was just like oh. all this like shaky steady cam. Like it's crazy. I was thinking about Sorry. rock music, I guess. No, that's not quite all right. Um, so the the hipster thing was I I was wearing those and I I generally wear the same pair of jeans just constantly day in and day out week after week and uh, so I was wearing um, a darker pair like five hundred one uh, you know Levi's five hundred one mean button fly all that like this old classic cut from forever that was that's my attempt to not be. Uh, embracing a particular style, <laughs> I don't know why. Even that's a stupid thing in and of itself. Anyway, these are these are the ones that I was able to get there, and I got them years ago. I just haven't worn them. 
they're too long, so I rolled them up on this day. <laughs> and that's Big what it was. So when I got home, the bride, she just, her jaw dropped. I thought I looked like handsome. I had late, I, I never do this, but I'd, I've been trying to start looking less terrible all the time and wearing the same three shirts and stuff. So I was like, I put together a quote, like an outfit and I laid it out the night before to have less to worry about the next morning or to try to just, I don't know, like make the effort. So I got home feeling kind of handsome, and the bride's jaw drops. She's just like, what the fuck? You hit your hipster. And she's like looking up pictures of hipsters. And she's like, that's what they do. (laughs) (laughs) Motherfucker. See, that's the thing is like you do. So this harkens back to that um, grunge documentary. Yeah. Like seminal grunge documentary. Yeah. Out and on remember, Shout Factory this year yeah, <laughs> for the and, first time on disc. <laughs> and wow. I remember in that there's a segment where the dude was like, I remember go walking through New York and seeing them charge like $125 for a flannel shirt. And he's like, I we were wearing that shit because... <laughs> yeah, like he's just like, we wore that because it was fucking cold, not because we were trying to make a statement, you know, like... You roll your pants up because they're too fucking long. I have a pair of jeans that have a permanent roll in them because they're just too long. And mm-hmm. you do shit Take out of necessity, games. and then all of a sudden it becomes a hipster thing, and then you're a fucking hipster. Yeah. 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 <laughs> they tarnish my PBR. <laughs> I remember... Uh, hey, they've ruined my motorcycles. Sorry. Yep. Like, yeah. No. Like I was, my dad was just wearing classic British bikes for years, and then I was in college again. Uh, back in 2011, 2012, and I saw a guy rolling up in a classic Triumph. I'm like, with Chuck Taylor's on, rolled up jeans that looked like they were painted on. I'm like, fuck you, dude. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> like when I when I used to go to classic bike shows, I'm telling you, it was a bunch of old dudes from the 70s that restored bikes. Not yeah. now, you go there and it's nothing but hipsters looking. Oh, look, I look cool on that. Does it match my shoes? Like, it's bad. <laughs> <laughs> All right, true story. I'm just throwing it out there. <laughs> Speaking of PBR, let's crack a let's crack a beer. Oh, yeah, let's crack a beer, and then we'll hear Shamrock's story. What's everybody drinking? Uh, I actually uh, I did get a uh, a milk st- a milk stout oh, like nitro. Left hand, left hand. That yeah. that oh that stuff is great. I've been doing great, um, just drinking less beer through the week. So I felt like, hey, <laughs> I'm gonna have, like, have some more calories. Yeah, I only drink I only drink when we record. I do not. I have not historically done that. So, <laughs> what, Moto, what are other you, people drinking? What are you drinking, Moto? The the hipster kind. Wait, <laughs> no, this is the the poor people on the street kind. Natty daddy. Yes. Yes. It's never. You know how many gallons of Natty Light I drank during the grant? Like, don't <laughs> really? ever be ashamed of Natty Light ever. Well, oh no, this is Natty Daddy. I went from. Uh, am I still here? Yeah, we hear you. Yeah, here. Gotcha. Here. Okay. Um. I went from uh, Steel Reserve to Natty Daddy, so more smooth than Steel Reserve. So. Shamrock, you drinking anything? Uh, that's one of the old, the old good stuff. Sierra Nevada, nothing, nice. nothing, nothing exciting. Oh yeah, I got a, I have a ten-ton oatmeal stout from Warped Wing here Ooh. in Dayton. It's fantastic, really good. Beautiful. Wow. Um, nice. All right, on three, right? Count us up. Yeah, <laughs> and. Oh, whoop, whoop, and <laughs> I fucked it up. Oh, oh, that's all right. You, whoa, Moto, I do that. that every time. You just open another one, and then you got a double fist. That's the rule. Good deal. 
Bottles don't make sound, so. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Not loud enough, anyway. Like, oh, shit. So, Shamrock, were you getting ready to start oh, a story right before we... we uh, well, I, it was just like the, the motor... Like you said, they ruined like your shoes and our clothes that we used to wear. And like the motorcycle was like the last straw, and I swore I'd never become a hipster. Yeah. And now, unfortunately, I don't dress like a hipster. My my wardrobe does not would not give me away as a hipster, but my haircut and the fact that I vape might. So. Yeah. <laughs> it, it doesn't. And I occasionally wear a beard, so I'm kind of screwed. The beard, I wait like I cuff my pants out of necessity. I drink PBR, like. I like records and pinball machines. I, I feel like now at this point, if you like anything from like prior to 1990, it, you, you risk being lumped in as a hipster. Right. I can't wear my cool shirts anymore. Oh, I'm never going <laughs> to stop that. That's that's just me. <laughs> like, I, like my Walter Sobchek shirt that I have. He has, he's a little caricature with wings. Yeah. A, bowl, a bowling pin bandolier, and he's holding two bowling balls under each arm, and uh, is, he's wearing sunglasses that are plaid inside of him. Yeah, I, I found that, and I think it's the most expensive shirt I've ever bought. And I said I had to have it. It was like a forty dollars shirt. Yeah, and I'm like, I would never normally do this, but because it's Walter Sobchak, I have to. <laughs> yep. <laughs> have you seen on? Have you seen my Market Zero shirt? No. <laughs> it's it's yeah. him, like pointing, like with that, like with that scream. And it just says market zero, and then behind him is the scoring, and it says like Donnie, the dude, Walter, and then the other one says like Carl and Smokey on it, and like, oh, it's so awesome! It's a great shirt. Yeah, this is not Nom Smokey. There are rules. <laughs> yeah, but it wasn't over. <laughs> my, my favorite Shamrock hipster story is uh, I believe he was in a Starbucks, maybe. But, you know, his name is Shamrock for a reason, and because he will snap and just go psycho on you, and yeah. you might die. But uh, <laughs> so he's like, "I'm tired of hipsters, Starbucks." <laughs> <laughs> he would go on. No, about I had heard that's a new thing. I've never personally witnessed it in a Starbucks, but I would oh, be the way. I would be the one to walk up to the dude, a hipster typing on the typewriter, and just get my own typewriter out and just hit one key and stare at him until he walked out. Oh, that's what it was. That's what it was. <laughs> I think that's the dumb. I don't know if they do that anymore, but that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard of. Oh. BT dubs. We have, let me see if we still do. We had a viewer. We know who, we all know who it is. The mic sounds very oh, It's on fire. It's Sorry. On. There we go. No, I don't want to do updates. Yeah, we still have one viewer. It's uh, Double D, and he just wanted to comment that because um, Shamrock, you had said uh, if you if you remember from the um, Revenge episode, and Double D commented, nobody remembers anything from the Revenge episode. <laughs> Barely. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope I hope he caught. <laughs> <laughs> he was—he was, was the whole reason I got the comic. I was like, "Man, if we ever do a sequel to this, I got to show it to him." So, yeah, <laughs> oh, that's awesome. oh, man. yeah Mr. J's episode. I mean, uh, is episode thirty-four, yeah. which you know, it just uh, came out. Yeah, when we're recording this, it just came out, and that's his—that's his movie. Uh, that is his movie, Conan the Barbarian. I um, did watch it for him, and I—I uh, hate, I hate snakes, and there was. Huge snakes, but they're fake. And 
What have you been up to, uh, Moto? We uh, we haven't heard from you in a while on the show, and uh, yeah, catch catch folks up on um, what what you're up to in life and us, of course. (laughs) Moto's life. Oh shoot, man! It's uh, November eighth today, so uh, wrapping stuff up with the work. I do uh, outside lawn stuff, lawn applicator, extraordinaire, and. Uh, what else started up some recordings? I have like a, a seven piece drum set in my room. <laughs> so don't never put balls back on me. And um, my Uncle Jack and just uh, living life. Your microphone's revolting. What's with me, man? Your, uh, your internet's oh. revolting a little bit against us. Uh, might wanna, we might have to kill your camera for a second so we can hear you good. But I did catch that you are you got a drum set in your in your room, which uh, I happen to know belongs to our uh, Uncle Jack. And uh, so you're making some recordings with with uh, with him. And yeah, um, yeah that's that's exciting. I don't know. He's probably never had any recordings that I'm aware of, right? We did one. Many years ago, and that's going to be the bonus track for this set of recordings. <laughs> oh, excellent, excellent, nice. But, uh, we're, nice. It's, everything's good. Excellent. I'm liking the Pride Dare shirt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> and I have a sideways hat on. I don't think that was Pride when those came out, but it is now. So. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. <laughs> That's for podcast listeners. Uh, Moto's, what I guess it'd be your. It's the picture that went up when he had to mute his camera. He's wearing a, a dare drug. What was the acronym? Drugs. Oh, I can't. Dare to that. resist. <laughs> dare. Dare, dare to resist. No, but um, it wasn't an acronym for something. It is. Let uh, me see here. Drugs, alcohol. No. <laughs> Oh no! It's here. it's drug and alcohol resistance education. I think is what that. Oh is. yes, yes, yes. I should know, considering I was a dare role model. So you know, look at me now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if I like, I'd be like kids stay off drugs except weed. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, don't don't like don't do heroin or cocaine. Shrooms are cool. And. Uh, <laughs> Like whatever you do, like stay away from crack. But um, seriously, though, if you know anybody that's got any good like chatter or wax, like please hit me up. Uh, I need some of that. What is that? Shatter. Ch- shatter or wax? Uh, concentrate. But like, what's that? Oh my gosh! Really? Yeah. Don't you guys well, watch Weedy Kid? No. What's that? what's that? <laughs> oh, oh my gosh! Um. This, this is like, this is drug and alcohol education. It would just be D A E would be this. Yeah, this, this that's the name of this segment. Drug and alcohol education. <laughs> the first. Uh, <clears throat> so concentrates are just where they extract the THC, like they extract the trichomes. It's like the most. It's the most devastating thing if you're, if you like cake. Because they take basically like <laughs> an ounce of cake and they put it in a mason jar and then they pour Everclear over it. And because all the like all the trichomes dissolve into the Everclear 
and then they throw out the plant material and then they take that like they call it a tincture which is a it's a it's a solution of alcohol and they put that over a very low heat which evaporates out all the alcohol and just leaves all of the the stuff that gets you high on the weed is concentrated down into this really dark green and like a really it looks almost it's black but it's, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, but it's really yeah. super sticky and like really um guitar yeah but, yep yeah i mean it's that, that's what it is so hmm. but then you use that to like you make edibles with that and you make uh you can put yeah. it in in like a vaporizer and it looks like you're vaping uh uh, and it doesn't have to be THC. It can also be CBD. That can be real. Yeah, nice. which is like, and all of that, like that, that's like total non-reactive. Like uh, that actually is what uh, helps with um, all kinds of shit. Yeah, all <laughs> kinds of shit, like Crohn's, everything from Crohn's to um, seizures, like that, like Tumor, the right. yeah, tumors, all that stuff. So um, the that's how they can extract a lot of that. I mean, cause you'd have to either eat, you know, somehow if it was still on the plant material, you'd have to consume that whole ounce, right. Of plant material, which is a lot, like a lot, a lot. Uh, kind of keeps it safe. <laughs> yeah. To get the same thing of just doing like, you know, a quarter gram of the concentrate. Uh, so um, it's, you know, it can be very recreational, but it has much more better medicinal purposes, in my opinion. And then Weedikit is so. Have I talked about the channel Viceland? I think I did earlier on. Yeah. Uh, so depth, it's come up, and, and I've heard of it. it, it yeah. Is it a television channel? It is or a channel. Is it yeah, Spike Jones started the channel, and it is. It's like millennial television is the best. That's the way I describe it to people. I need to find a better like elevator pitch for it because that might turn people off. But it's like it's just very progressive programming. Yeah, and, I like noisy cyber war. I mean, it's yes, yeah, progressive like MTV used to be in the yeah. 80s. <laughs> I've um, seen a I've seen a preview for the guy. He's like a really big guy that does the food and smokes weed all the yeah, time. Yeah, fuck and, that's delicious is the name of that yeah, show. It's I've, like I've seen Bronson yeah. is the name of that's his actually name. kind of funny. <laughs> yeah, and, and and what he does is this is that show is fantastic. So what he does is. He basically follows around. He he plans his touring schedule around the places that like Anthony Bourdain and Andrew Zimmer have gone, and then he goes to those places and eats and just gets stoned and eats with his like hood friends <laughs> from New York. That like and that, but they are really good at like reviewing the food and like talking about why it's good and like, oh man, it's a great show. He also has this other show that's called. Um, ancient aliens with action bronson so that took over that channel took over history too and when it when it took over they put their telephone number their voicemail number up and that was the promos and then they like just would play voicemails that people left yeah, like this. and they were inundated with voicemails of people bitching about like losing ancient aliens because ancient aliens wasn't going to run anymore because h2 that's what they filled their time slots with was ancient aliens and so all these people were bitching and so action bronson started this show that's called ancient aliens with action bronson 
where he watches ancient aliens in front of a green screen and they play the episode on the green screen while he gets high and eats food and, and talks like with his friends about ancient aliens. That's the fucking show. Like that's what I'm saying. We should have an empire if that dude can fucking get high and watch ancient aliens. Like that's so awesome. I was uh, upset because I when I when I had this because I'm a big history dork and I love I had like five channels to go to. I had history, history two, military channel, American Heroes, Smithsonian, I think National Geographic, and like they're all clumped together with time or well, whoever it is now, but they're all clumped together. And then all of a sudden, it's what's, what's the name of the station again? It's uh, uh, Viceland. Viceland. I'm like, what the hell happened? I'm like, I had no idea. You should and seriously was, check out the channel. You might I, like. You would probably like a lot of the programming. I did watch the one with the comedian who. He's half white, half African American. He's uh, British, and he, I think he lives in Detroit or something now. But he went around and he visited all these white supremacist groups and he interviewed them all. Yeah, and even and it, then he actually interviewed uh, Hate Thy Neighbor. Well, they, he also yeah. interviewed like That's chapters of the well. He, yeah, Hate Thy Neighbor, and then he went and talked to the Black Panthers or whatever. Yeah. Like the the flip side of things, because he's both black and white, he was trying to figure yeah. everything out. It was it was interesting. I I thought that, and he was funny because he inserted like little bits of his stand up in between the interviews he did. It was a really good right. show. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, there's a really good one that's like, it's about the underworld of crime um, where this guy just goes around and like infiltrates, infiltrates all of like serious crime. Like, and these people like let him in to their circles and like, just so they can get their stories out. Uh, there's a great show that where um, on the influence of sports in culture on culture but it's not American sport, like what, like baseball, football, it, and basketball. It's like they go to there's a small African village that has more gold wet medalist boxers than any other country in the Whoa. history of the Olympics. Wow! And so they go and do in a whole hour where this. I mean, they don't have they don't they they can't eat this 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 village is so poor. But there's a boxing ring in the middle of it, and the boys trained to box from the minute they can put gloves on and I, I, like it's almost like spartan-esque training for this boxing and just the influence that 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 sport has on this little village um so one of the shows on there is called weed kit where this guy just goes around and explores weed culture uh in the yeah. boom of weed culture since colorado in california um so like the what? first step and, and he explores like and this is the other reason why I love Viceland is because it they don't pull any any punches, but they do everything. It's not I don't feel like any of their stuff is for exploitation. You know how like you watch TLC or any of those other shits when they're doing that? And it's like, all right, tell us more how you suffer. Please tell us more and more how you suffer. <laughs> like, you know, um, I, I don't feel like it's any of that at all, but like the first episode of Weedy Kit that we watched was called Stone Kids. And it's all about kids that have medical ailments and how they use marijuana to like help with those ailments. I like how they show the other side too of like the police force and the yep. attorneys and um they're just they're trying to get to the bottom of things and say this is how it's done, here's the law, here's what people are doing, this is why they're doing it. Um, is this right? What do you think? And they just kind of leave it up in the air. Like, that's great. Yeah. So, I mean, and, and if you know Spike Jones's work, then you know, like, it's going to be progressive anyways. I mean, the guy's amazing. 
and then it's all run by people our age it feels like and so it's it's just really relevant it feels very relevant as a 37 year old man when i watch it it feels like it deals with stuff that is in actually in my world as opposed to you know the talking heads on cnn or whatever oh, yeah. hmm. uh, it just feels more relevant and more substantive uh their programming so i don't think it would take much to feel more relevant than mainstream media <laughs> oh no absolutely <laughs> uh absolutely that's a good I, point I, I think rick and morty are more relevant than that <laughs> of course they are are you kidding me okay <laughs> i mean how sad is it when an animated because that takes time to do that and i mean south park's been doing it for like you know 25 plus years right but yeah. it, it, you know it's telling when an animated show can be more current and relevant than talking heads you know, like Boom. talking about good documentaries and South Park, uh, Six Days to Air is a great documentary that I used to be on Netflix. And it's about the South Park creation process because they literally oh, take wow. one day off and start creating the next week's episode the next the, day. Like I've, I've been a huge fan of the past two seasons. This one, they seem to kind of take a break and just kind of maybe they were having they did a really nice job with the past two seasons. This one's just kind of like, oh, it's Halloween. We'll do a Halloween show. And I thought, yeah. oh, man, I thought we were going to have social commentary for what happened this week. Right. Because that's what right. they used to do. Right. And yeah. uh, it was just out. They were amazing. But uh, Well, I highly recommend that documentary because it's like this, the, just the stress that they work under, that they've worked under for going. I mean, when did that start? 95? Yeah, some so, mid-90s. 20 almost 25 years jesus so and they've been doing it that way for 13 at least 13 episodes a season every year where they they make an episode a week from from no script no idea to a finished episode like in the documentary they literally are running the tape to the um satellite to be broadcast on the East Coast an hour before it airs, like at the end of that documentary. Wow, that's <laughs> <They're>, awesome. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, oh, no, it's normal recurrence. Like they don't even, the security just lets us by now. Like we just walk, when they, <laughs> they just know that we're in a hurry. <laughs> like, <laughs> fucking South Park guys are running. Yep, yep. <laughs> that's so. Awesome. It also makes me so anxious. I mean, that when I decided to make my, like living from making movies or videos it was literally one of my criteria i had three things i don't know if i talked i'm sure i talked about it on the show at some point but three things i, I didn't it's like as long as it's not this this or this i'd be cool with like doing that for money <laughs> so right. no um no weddings no porn and no news now the news has a lot to do for me about just like kind of hating the news business right but it also has a huge component of just not liking the pressure of that turnaround like I, some people thrive under like that kind of pressure i just that just like eats my insides up so but I, <laughs> I i love the sound of the documentary like i hope that's still available yeah uh, i'm gonna i'm gonna search my supercomputer <laughs> to see <laughs> six days well, to air six days I, to air really i don't even know that that's how like the news works i mean i took uh communication and media i think was one of the classes i took and it was actually with a news reporter she actually became a teacher at my college and she brought on all these people to talk. And one of the really cool ones, he is in broadcasting. He started up in LA. This guy was, he, I don't know if he meant to be, but this story is funny as hell. He <laughs> said he had just gotten back from Vietnam. So he's a Vietnam vet and he didn't realize he was struggling from PTSD and all this, but he got his first job and he was running 
dailies or something for the news from the filming studio to the network headquarters and stuff. And he had like, he said he had like this short window of time to get from there to there. And he knew it took this long and he was in downtown LA. He said he was driving on sidewalks, just splitting across LA and just like going nuts. And he said he got there on time and he didn't, he couldn't believe he didn't get arrested for how he was driving. I'm like, okay, that's, that's some dedication right there. Yeah. No shit. I can. (laughs) Oh, but yeah, it was one of my more interesting stories involving media that I that I've ever had. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I think, I I know I always write a better paper if I'm writing it in the last two hours before it's due than if I wrote it the two weeks before it was due. I, I you know, right. But I think if I so I think I could I could be one of those people that would thrive in that type of an environment. The problem is my heart it would explode in a year, like you know, like because like I'm just really good at like internalizing that stress, and it would just fucking, I'd be like this because my shoulders would be so fucking tight all the time, and I'd be like my heart would just blow out of my chest eventually. Well, it's Bring on the hookers and that... coke. That's what would happen. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's why a lot of people that in tigers blood and that yeah. they do that. Well, that's we talked about that before too, though. That's tough with like motion pictures and stuff, or anything to deal that that like unfolds in time, like writing you can kind of spit something out at the speed of thought maybe, but right. you're having to craft something that's based on. So, so adding to that animation, Holy Jesus. Yeah. That's uh, <laughs> well, I'm not finding uh, it on, on, on uh, Netflix and stuff. That's a bummer, but and it would be okay if like Trey Parker and Matt stone just directed, but they're, they write, they animate, they are doing they're recording dialogue for multiple characters because both of them <laughs> voice like multiple characters. Um, yeah. On top of directing and running their South Park Empire, essentially, like I, I mean, just to like just the idea to get that kind of, um, and they just cranked they just cranked out a video game this year too. So yeah, yeah. So <laughs> and like take, a good, a really good video game. Like I've heard, I've heard. Well, they, awesome. those take years to develop, so you know they had to been doing that in season or something, recording yep. their voices or yep, and so it's crazy. Crazy, um, crazy. Speaking of the the minutia of you know film and everything else, if you guys the new the new series Get Shorty, not trying to cut into any other time, but if you haven't caught in the new series of Get Shorty on Epics, no. Oh, is it, it good? Oh, it's, I love. I mean, I love the movie, but the movie yeah. was kind of more cut and paste. It wasn't didn't really get into the details of the novel that I've been told because I've never read the novel Get Shorty by Omar Leonard. But this movie is it's. It's interesting, and it totally flips the script. They change the character. It's not like the Chili Palmer, John Travolta character, um, but it's really good. And like Ray Romano's in it, and that the Irish guy that was in Bridesmaids, the cop. Oh yeah, oh, I yeah, love yeah. Him. I can't he think plays. Of his name, but... Yeah, I can't think of his name either. But he plays the main character, and it it's funny, but it's a lot more gritty, and I think it's a lot more in tone with uh, what Elmore Leonard probably had in mind. Like if you look at like something like Out of Sight, or you know how it's a little more dark, comedic wise than say Get Shorty or Get Smart or whatnot. So gotcha. But the series Chris is pretty pretty Chris good. Chris O'Dowd, that's his name. I went to IMDb. Cheated, Chris yeah. O'Dowd. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's uh from uh, the It Crowd. I think is what he's like. What hmm. got him started in Britain? What's, oh, that's a, a British TV show. Yeah, it's like I, it, it's it. I think it's supposed to be pronounced the it crowd, but they're all IT specialists. That's what the IT oh, at the beginning. Uh, 
Okay, cool. Um, he's kind of like an indie darling. He he was been, he's been in a lot of good independent films. Yeah, I love that guy's sort of manner and af- an accent, like yeah. particularly from Bridesmaids. Uh, that character is the one that sticks with me all the time. I like the litter. Uh, I remember, yeah, that uh, there's a lot of lines that he delivers in that movie that come up in my <laughs> daily yeah. life. It's like, well, don't litter. <laughs> you got the weird carrot. Don't litter. <laughs> Omar, how, how have you been? I we've I've been we've been so blessed with so many guests, but it's been but I realized recently it's been about six weeks since we just like shot shot the shit of like what's happening in life. Um, I'm I'm doing okay. Uh, I I mean work has totally flipped. I'm in the episode that just came out with Mr. J that the day that was recorded, my work let me know that I could start working from home four days a week instead of uh, just two days a week, which I said in that episode, like that's a total game changer. And it absolutely has been on top of that. I also finally got caught up. Um, So I am, I am all like, like Ash, I I asked Ash, I was like, have you noticed a different difference recently? You know, since I started working from home more and I've been finally caught up, she's like, are you kidding me? Yes, of course. Oh, good. Uh, so uh, that's really awesome. Uh, still haven't gotten back on the way. It, it, it's really depressing because like I'm listening to this Mr. J episode and like he's so be, tr- like being so supportive and like so awesome. And I'm listening to it in my car as I shove handfuls of McDonald's French fries in my mouth because I'm just like, I got to get home and record <laughs> and like I'm not going to have time to eat and like. Uh, he's. I can't believe his regiment. That's very impressive. I know it is so. His change, ridiculously impressive, and to know like he's essentially doing that. I mean, he he talks about how he has a network of support, which is amazing. Um, I could not imagine being a bachelor. I and I'm making an assumption. I don't know if Mr. J is a bachelor, but I'm assuming he is. Uh, I could not imagine being a bachelor and and having that kind of commitment. Oh, like, yeah. <laughs> like if there's nobody there to be like babe your alarm's going off you need to get out of bed if you want to go do this run there i just wouldn't do it oh I, if i was a bachelor by myself sleeping. i would become job of the hud like there's just no <laughs> there's no i'm not going to deny that like i would become job of the hud no running no yep <laughs> yep uh it would be was, all pizza really all the time but I'm um, pizza and beer. That's what. I mean. Yep, I know that sounds amazing to me. If ever we were actually the like part job of the hut, oh yeah, <laughs> we would just enable each other to the grave. <laughs> no, I would be job of the hut, and you'd be like, "Who's the guy that does the oh, laugh?" Salacious, salacious crumb. Yeah. Oh. curled up behind my legs, like on the couch while we watch TV, like and ate pizza. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, oh. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, things are go things are going great. So I, uh, it, it has been like a huge weight off. Work's been that work stuff's been a huge weight off my shoulders. I'm trying. Like, I mean, my depression's going pretty good, and uh, I feel pretty positive. And um, yeah. What do you, what do, you mean, do? Does that improve? Does that improve? Uh, as a verb, you had to be real active, and yeah, it's. I mean, I, I ask mostly because, like, I have to be very, very. I doesn't just change based on circumstance a lot of times. Oh no! If I ignore it, like, it, um, so 
Pat Oswald, which is kind of getting into if we do a Palmer's Pleasure, uh, oh, Pat Oswald would yeah. be in there. Let's Absolutely. do it. Yeah. Uh, let's do so, Palmer's Pleasure. So, oh, yeah, you know yeah. how to play the intro on that. Uh, so, so Mike, Pat Oswald d- does a in one of his earlier stand-ups, he talks about his depression. That's one of the reasons why I really like him as a comedian is because he a lot of comedians use comedy to deal with their demons. Um, but a lot of them don't acknowledge those demons. They just go out and they do the comedy. And then the, that personally helps them with their demons. Pat Oswald is one of the few comedians. I feel like who uses those demons as his comedy to deal with those demons. Um, and so he has this really great bit where he talks about his depression and he's like, you know, sometimes I'll just think I'm really like doing great with my depression. And then I'll think back and it re- it gets really, it really will try to trick me where I think I'm doing fine. And then I'll be like, wait, I just read, I just watched the princess bride six times in a row. Something's wrong here. Like, and it <laughs> dawns on him that it's, and so, um, and I think me. I watched, I watched cyborg for a week one time. Yeah. See, <laughs> that exactly. wasn't good. And uh, I, I don't think that would benefit. Like, I don't think that would benefit anybody. <laughs> like, no, no, that's the most. Oh man, that is that movie is dark Bride. as fuck. We dark I mean, as fuck. And for those who might have come late to the game, we have a cyborg episode. I, I don't know what number, maybe thirteen. We discuss is, it at great length. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is the payback. Swiss Army Man is supposed to be the payback. Yeah. When we talk double D. Double D, I watched uh, Princess Bride for you because they mentioned it, and then he knew it, and then I was like, I'm the only one that doesn't know Princess Bride. And so as a 30-whatever, yeah, I watched it. You it just you just watched years. Princess Bride for the first time? Yeah, it's weird. Oh, How man, did you like it? Fantastic. Did you like uh, it? Oh, It felt like a theatrical, obviously, it, yeah, like a yeah. supernatural theatrical. Yeah. It was kind of big, right? Yeah. <laughs> it, it was, you know, I can't, you know. Conan. Uh, I am better. the Broad Squad. Me and Conan was better. <laughs> yeah, Conan is better. <laughs> no, that's awesome. And so, uh, but I like I have realized if I'm not going to take if I'm not going to take a pill, which I just can't do it. I can't bring myself to do it. And I'm not saying anything against people who do take pills. I'm the first one to advocate. You need to do what works for you. If I were, if I, if I was suicidal, if I was like thinking about killing myself or if I was like, I would be the first one to be like, give me that fucking pill because like, this isn't happening. Yeah. But I just can't right now. So the only way that you can do it is you just have to pull yourself up. Like, I know it sounds cliche, like pick yourself up from the bootstraps and read, read the signs that's going on. Like if I go two weeks and every evening is spent watching YouTube videos like that's not healthy. And I need to acknowledge that. And I need to like make a difference. And if I'm not going to, if I'm not going to take the pills or go seek counseling or anything like that, but I know like I will get, I will feel better about my evening. If I at least like went for an hour long walk and spent an hour uh, down in the wood shop. Oh, like yeah. that would be much more. Rewarding I forgot you to me. had that. Yeah, yeah like yeah. much more rewarding to me. So you just ha- like it's it, it's literally in the last couple of weeks. It's literally just like 
like, oh man, go sit there and watch some YouTube. No, let's go do the dishes because you'll feel better that you did the dishes and not. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. let's go. You know what? Um, you have these three tasks that you would, it would really make you feel like a good husband if Ash came home and these three tasks were completed when she got home, as opposed to apologizing for them not being done when she gets home. Just, yeah, you have an hour between your work being done and her coming home and you could go watch YouTube for that hour and she wouldn't say anything to you. Like she, she's not, she either way, it's not going to matter to her, but it's going to matter to you. So why not and, take a half an hour and just get those three tasks done? Then everybody yeah. wins. You know what I mean? Yeah. So uh, it's just being cognizant. And I think Mr. J talked about that, like um, being self-reflective, you know, and just like, and, and that's a skill that you, you really hone that skill as a teacher and it's just me dusting that those that skill set off. Um, so that's what I've been I've been trying to do, and I've been really trying to like be a better partner. And because all of those things, the intrinsic reward does greatly affect me, like it, like and and my depression. So why not just make it easier and just do those easy things that does help with that. Yeah, those sound, that sounds very health, like very healthy choices, and those kind of small things like add up. Like when Mister yeah. J was, I, I listened to that episode today, and uh, was I really enjoyed it. But it also like it was over a period of like five years, and, yeah. and he's still right. like trying new things. So those, it's all like kind of small steps that have to be intrinsically motivated for anybody anywhere to right. make any small or large. It always starts as a small change, but that that sounds really good. It's nice to hear that, like as yeah. your buddy, that just that those things, those small uh, choices and stuff, uh, it resonates a lot with me too. So. It's just That's it's great. a really good sign. This is something that I found. A really good sign if you're if you're becoming unhealthy with a hat like with any kind of habit cuz you obviously enjoyed it. That's why you started doing it. So like mm -hmm. I'm going to use YouTube for an example. Um I really enjoy watching YouTube, but I got to the point in the last like 6 months where like I really resented like oh more like I'm just like sitting here I've wasted like so much time on YouTube and I started to hate YouTube, right? Well, it's not YouTube. You still love YouTube. You hate that you chose to sit there and watch YouTube for that long. Uh, you know what I yeah. mean? Like the way you're so, using it. Yeah. So if you start if you start resenting the things that you you know in your heart you love you love, maybe you're not doing it in a healthy way. Like maybe you're you know what I mean? Like <laughs> at that, at that, that's a huge statement for, I'll just say that <laughs> for me, like that was, that's been the last like two years of my processing. So very yeah. well said. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Uh, Shamrock was about to say something. Uh, I was just saying, I was about, like, I just started when I started doing that, when I get home, just watching YouTube, cause I have a smart TV, PS, yep. PlayStation, whatever. Yep. And I, you know, I have Bluetooth in my car. I, I turned it into most of the stuff I could listen to. You can listen to without, um, Seeing it. Seeing it. Yeah. Like I listen to crime documentaries, all that dumb stuff. And I just started turning on the car. Yep. But there's no book and tape. And so, yep. You know, I hate, I hope people that if I, when I'm flipping channels, they don't see me like that there's a video on my screen thinking I'm watching TV or right. something. Right. It's not the case. But I, uh, I kind of just have relegated YouTube essentially to my car. Yep. So, I, uh, I've started to use it at work. Like, um, for this episode, actually, I've, I've, 
I went through an hour and a half of, of Swiss Army Man interviews. Most of them were done during Jeez. my work day. Like <laughs> I, I listened to interview I listened to as as long of interviews as the movie. Okay. Uh, both oh, with the directors and the nice. actors. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> uh, that was just a coincidence. I didn't like consciously do that, but I, <laughs> I, I have to get there. So. <laughs> yeah, well, we will. We will get there. Let's let's do a king, uh, Dave. Well, let's catch up with Dave. Dave, what's going on with you? Oh, um, I can always talk for forever. Uh, I'm going to put you on a timer. You have seven and a half minutes. <laughs> okay, thank you. Uh, that would be really helpful, actually, if you would do that. <laughs> um, you know, now that you mention it, uh. I have been doing a lot of health stuff. I've been working on a lot of sort of just sort of self health slash help experiments over the last few years, um, particularly over the last calendar year. And um, uh, just recently, just sort of of note, because it's kind of interesting and exotic to me, I guess, is that I've been doing acupuncture. Um, the the bride was doing it for a while and she goes to physical therapy as well. Um, like, uh, where they help adjust her body in certain ways. And uh, so I've been doing that. I've, I've had two sessions so far. Nothing has drastically changed, but I felt really good about going. And I really like the person that I go to. Um, and it's for the uh, sort of, you know, <laughs> I've just had so many sort of problems, the pelvically centric problems over the last so many years. And a lot of that stuff, as I've researched it online, stuff is very, some of it like, a prostate, you get like an infection or something like that. You take antibiotics and it goes away. Right. Mine has not been infection type stuff. And a lot of that type of chronic pelvic pain is compounded by the stress of just having it. And, uh, and so anyway, so I've, that's, that's been, that, that whole thing has been like four years, I guess. Now that I think about it, but anyway, so I've done a lot of different medication type. So not, not a lot of different, but time, you spend time like waiting for this antibiotic to work or that. I did Flomax, blah, blah, blah. No, that really helped. Um, so, yeah, so this acupuncture, though it hasn't cured the problem such as it were as of yet, uh, as it's described to me, like once you figure out how to properly treat something in, in, in this method of treatment, um, you do it for a time and then it, you should be good. Um, once you figure out the right thing to, to do. And uh, so I don't know if we've figured out that right thing yet, but I can definitely say that I feel much better about this than I have going to a medical doctor and getting prescribed medication. Oh, yeah. 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 Cause those always have side effects, et cetera. And they just haven't done anything for me. It's like four yeah. years of trying different things that haven't done anything. Whereas this, there's no side effects. Um, and as someone who hates needles, like I've, I've gotten better about it over time. Basically, my hatred of needles came from giving blood at RHS, RHS yeah, high school. <laughs> yeah, in the gymnasium. They, <laughs> yep. you, they set up in the gymnasium, and I was 18 or 17, rather. I know this story. This is like yeah. an urban legend, Dave. <laughs> really? Like no, RHS you urban legend. Really? You tell how you remember all. It's probably correct. Women's <laughs> on Daniel Day Lewis. That's right. <laughs> well done sir well done (laughs) it's extra funny because we all know Rittman well in the line from the show what you said and he's you know Oh, that's he's my brother. He's my brother. Yeah. 
<laughs> I take that as I'll take that as a compliment, I guess. But it's all <laughs> okay. So tell it as you as you remember it. It'll be probably more interesting than me. No, this is your seven and a half minutes. Oh shit! You well, got four twenty left. No, but I'm curious. Hey, to, uh, you can help me br- keep it keep it brief, though. <laughs> what um, did you hear? I, I basically because it it had made it around this. I I mean, <clears throat> I I was in high school when you were in high school. So it had made it around. I I think it only took like a period and a half for everybody in the school to know. Which mind you is only like I didn't know. It's only like four times eighty, uh, three hundred and twenty people. Like our whole entire high school is smaller than most people's classes are. Um, but you went to give blood, and nobody told you that you're not like that. You're only supposed to like gradually squeeze that ball. And so they like got you all hooked up, and then you were just like, rah, rah, just yeah, like, I squeezed like, it, like, like, like exercise ball, you know. I like, thought that was what they asked me to do, and you like filled that that pint up in like record time, which is <laughs> not good for anybody involved, and uh, just fucking passed out like big time. Like, yeah, that's you, uh, that's almost you literally correct. lost a pint of blood in less than a minute. Like, oh man. I don't know the timing of it, but I do know that most of that's true. I didn't actually pass out, uh, but I came close. Uh, and the the worst thing about it, though, beyond that, actually, from doing that strenuous thing of, like, squeezing my fist like I did, which, honestly, I wasn't trying to, like, be cool. I literally thought that's what they told me to do. Right. <laughs> and I'd never done it before. Anyway, so I was black and blue from, like, my uh, – so much of my arm was just, like, super black and blue from that exertion. But the worst thing was that I watched them. I looked at my arm as they put that fucking pencil-sized needle in my vein. Oh, yeah. You can't look. Oh, nobody told me that. And I, I I, don't know. I was just feeling like, I don't know what. I was feeling empowered to do so. And that was a fucking mistake. <laughs> so I've been scared of needles since then. But been getting much better about it. But this whole thing with the acupuncture needles is like, you honestly barely feel it. And I guess... Some of that's the placement, I'm sure, and the skill, but also it's uh, – she was telling me you could fit like seven of these needles in one of those. Um, wow. Anyway, so that's been a very new experience for me. Uh, I definitely feel better about it. I've been doing a lot of other sort of health-related things progressively over the years or over the last year or so. Um, one, I've been doing more – I've been honestly drinking less <laughs> and just like drinking tea at, at night while I edit or something like that, which is not – it's it's surprisingly not been a chore. It's not been hard to not do. Uh, I I mean, if I really want to, I do like have a beer or something. But it's nice. It's been it has felt good at least in terms of decision making to not just have that be my default beverage because I like it. You know, right. I've also been doing a lot of karate in the garage. <laughs> I that I think that is the most awesome thing on the planet. Like, oh yeah, it's there been might- fun. That's the whole point. It's been yeah. fun. Does Bruce Lee visit you like in No Retreat, No Surrender? <laughs> you should say that. <laughs> Love it's it. been, there's been a lot of uh, yeah Bruce Lee in my life the last year as well. Um, when I no, there's nothing quite like that. Actually, I did though get inspiration to do this from the Bruce Lee podcast that I listen to. It is very much an applied philosophy podcast that puts his philosophies into uh, the sort of action items by his daughter and someone else uh, that. His daughter Shannon Lee and her friend Sharon Lee, who's not related, I, I, like I don't know who they are. <laughs> I just wanted to say, uh, but they had some. They did this podcast challenge where they uh, 
they themselves as well as their listeners which should do three things i think it was was one was like fill in the this is not in order fill in the, uh well yeah so it was like write affirmations bruce lee had these affirmations like i don't know how many he carried around in his pocket to sort of remind him of how he wanted to behave and look at life and um so they're like write those out read them aloud every day journal about it uh your experience in in this whole process the other one was uh nutrition just like wait no oh thank you that's the that's no. the, that's, that's my time <laughs> anyway i got the inspiration from that podcast uh, from one of the they had like a contest somebody and then they had people on that they liked their answers to this whole larger thing if you go to brucelee.com slash podcast challenge i think or podcast you can find all this but uh yeah one of those guys was talking about he was a super fit guy and he he's like i i've instead of doing all these things that i've done historically with exercise i've tried to just do something that was fun to me like play like my kids right. and uh i thought to myself like you know i could just you know i just miss being able to throw my legs around and stuff it's not anything to do about skill or or like wanting to f- defend myself it's just like this would be a fun way to exercise <laughs> so yeah so i've been doing that i see a heavy bag behind uh shamrock there that's so i so saw that too yeah yeah that's that's my girlfriend's yeah that's fucking awesome that's where that's i'm so... headed but right now yeah. i'm just like i want the... one of those too <laughs> oh man yes that's so I have awesome one that's, it's it's like cluttered as soon as i made space for it the space got cluttered and i just resent everybody for that but <laughs> I've cleaned out that basement twice, though. Like it can be done. I could be your inspiration. Yeah. <laughs> I, I have offered. I have offered to help because I did my Shamrock. parents. I did my parents' basement. It's not. It's not fun. No. <laughs> no, but he's good at it. He's very good at. Uh, I don't know sexualizing. I. Uh, stuff, but I made some space. I didn't want to say it. I knew what I knew what he said. As soon as I heard sexualizing, I knew, sir. I knew he meant sectionalizing. Oh, okay. Yeah. I like that person I, better. You're try- I get it. Yeah, uh, I'm really it. good at sexualizing things too. <laughs> <laughs> like your sweet, sweet face, Moto. Like this movie we're about oh. to talk about. <laughs> oh, my right. God. Yeah. No, but Moto wanted us to do a King Corner first. So Okay. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's do. Oh, cool. um, well, first off, you got any shit the bride says? Oh uh, yeah, there's there's th- I got them right here. Uh, they're brief and they're they're kind of brutal. <laughs> so uh, let's. Uh, and we're gonna make sure gonna you add don't this put the promo. To... Don't put the promo for Palmer's Pleasure in there because I did not actually do a Palmer's Pleasure. Oh yes, I'll yeah. make note of that. Oh, but you should save that because actually I I have. Uh, I watched Pat I actually don't know if it is my like legit pleasure, but it is. Oh. Uh, anyways, all right. So, well, uh, you got your bride says let's yeah, let's hear shit the ones. Uh, so, <laughs> shit the bride says features selections from the clandestine Twitter page I started in 2010 to document the things my wife says that make me laugh so hard I have to stop everything and preserve them. She, of course, denies any and all association with the Twitter page from which these quotes are read. However, as the editor of said page, I can assure you, everything repeated here was most certainly said by... The Bride. October 25th. Does this outfit say, don't fuck with me today? Because that's what I was going for. (laughs) 
I've been following the Twitters. I know these. Oh, yes, yeah. yes. You can follow this on the – I repost them on uh, at, at LWSDpod. That's our Twitter handle. But also you can follow the tweets as they happen directly um, at shit duh, D-A, at shit the bride says because fucking Twitter doesn't allow the whole thing. And uh, you can subscribe on YouTube at LWSD Pod, and be sure you head on over to audible.com. Audibletrial.com slash LWSD to download your free audiobook. That's right. Yeah. Uh, I don't have one to recommend this week, but but uh, we, we've talked about a lot of them lately, and I looked them up. Pretty much every book we've discussed, I'm uh, we're going to get to it in the King Corner, but The Long Walk. You can fucking get that on audibletrial.com slash LWSD for goddamn free. Okay. Yep. Uh, two more quick ones. Um, the This one, October 27th. She simply says, I'm a perfectly nice person, so fuck off. <laughs> 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 and, uh, <laughs> and then uh, finally... Yeah. Yes! We'll be adding those in for, for Double D. Double D was like, oh man, I miss it. Yeah. Uh, and I, I just, uh, it was just kind of a judgment call the one time I left it out, but it'll be back. I, Double D speaks, I listen. That's right. And Damn finally, man. on November 3rd, she said, or I say, your glove, uh, you've got gloves in the car. And she says, I know that. Those are my walk the dog gloves. I'm going to wear my coolest shit gloves. <laughs> Which. Actually, she went on to, to, to further uh, clarify those. I didn't tweet this. As murder gloves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have and murder she, gloves. And I'm missing yeah, it's one. important, I guess. Oh, are you? Uh, doesn't fit. So I'll make it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> are those kept in the trunk by the shovel and the lie? Or <laughs> I don't know. Evidently, they're just laying around. How many low speed chases have you been in with the Ribbon Police Department? <laughs> I got rid of that truck, man. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> that, ain't so no, that ain't no shitty Bronco. That's the Blazer, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the Jimmy. <Yeah. Bruce. laughs> That's when you were were Bruce, or like I brought it when you yeah. were in the car yeah. wash, right? Oh man, I I uh, man, I could have died in that car a couple times, but definitely didn't. You could have froze to death too in that car. <laughs> 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 yeah, well, when, the he- when the heater went out and we we're in a blizzard driving home. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that was so cool. Like I know the Nine Inch Nails was on. Um, dang it. Who it wasn't? Uh, it was David Finch? David or David Fincher. Was, uh, da- yeah. So that nails were on uh, what show? Uh oh, uh, Twin or Twin Peaks. Sorry. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And oh, that's that's kind of what it felt like for me when I was on stage. Like it was the voodoo, which Dave has mentioned about. Like they had the crow, like. <laughs> Yeah. Up and I showed up to play there. Yeah, yeah I dropped off like, posters, and there were strippers at the time. And oh then I showed up man, and that's and awesome! Like, no show, dude. So that's where I was working, and I finally decided to go back to lawns. That the old people were better. And uh, <laughs> um, but I played Nine Inch Nails, only Nine Inch Nails and Tool, in Perfect Circle. Yeah. Uh, that night, and Shamrock oh, was the only man. person there, and he was standing at the bar just smoking. <laughs> and I felt like that scene. They're like, "This is Twin Peaks, Nine Inch Nails." And, uh, it was very gratifying to like play for one person. Yeah, my my best friend. 
Yeah. yeah, we drank beer and then we played darts afterwards and drove home in a blizzard. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. That actually sounds kind of great to me. <laughs> it was a, it was a fun night. I always remember that because it was cold as shit. Yeah. But it, was, it was awesome. <laughs> I heard perfect circles going back in the studio. Yeah, finally. Heard, uh, yeah. yeah, finally. Well, to- I told you guys. I mean, Tool's been in. They've been working on an album for eight years. Five, Fucking six, limbo since eight years. Was Lateralis their last one, or was there one after that? Uh, ten thousand days. Oh yeah, ten thousand days. 10, that's right. That's right. Or, um, but they they just they're very very deep. And Dave solid Perfect Circle. I miss Perfect Circle for McLean. I'm saying his name on the air. That's okay. I'm sure. If he made you miss them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I saw them yeah, twice. Nine Snails. I missed it. Oh my gosh, that would have been an awesome show. No, I miss I miss Perfect Circle. I saw Nine Snails, but oh, okay, got Dave it. was there, and they're like, they're an '80s band. Or it was weird. They didn't. Re- it, I saw that whole show. It was a uh, two uh, two thousand. So it was the Nine Inch Nails tour for the Fragile, and then Perfect Circle opened. And like to see both of those bands, kind of not from nosebleeds, but kind of far back, and then to have no connection to one Perfect Perfect Circle. I didn't have any connection to. It just it I don't know it didn't quite like resonate <laughs> with with me. It just seemed a little odd, you know, like the I don't know. I saw Tool live and it uh, it ruined it for me. Like I'm I'm like I'll just stick to the albums. Like it. Oh really? Wow. It's just, also it was too. I mean, they're all artists, and not just I don't just mean musicians. Like they're like performance artists and like sculptors and painters, like they're like artists. And so it, it, it was all about, it was right after nine 11. Mm. Yeah. And, they, they did a remix album. Yeah. And it was just like, uh, what's the album where the videos came out and it had like the weird walking things that like rock their heads. Like, you know what I'm talking about? Like they walked on all fours, but their heads just constantly went like this. You know what I'm talking about? It's I, in the one video. Count bodies like sheep, but that's the second album. Yeah. I anyway, it, it was just like it was like an art installation, not a concert. Like there was like this one period of time where it was just like it was pitch dark, and it was just like there was like this really. I think I'm. It, it's like a good move, like a classic movie where you watch it and you're too young and you don't get all of the layers. And you're like, I don't understand what the hype is. And then you watch it like 20 years later, and you're like, oh, man, this is fucking awesome. Yeah, I think well now if I saw a total concert, maybe it might be different. But then I was just, I don't know. I, I just didn't oh. appreciate it. I just wanted the studio album. You know what I mean? Like, I wanted them I'm to sorry. go up and play. Perfect Circle. Oh. No, you're. But I did see Perfect Circle twice with Logan. Oh, wow. On two different shows. Like, and they, that like, both of those, I would see them live again in a second. Like they they were fantastic. Pussifer and this was really good too. What's that? Pussifer Maynard's third. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Uh, I I I want to catch them. I've heard that the, that there's fantastic. Uh, another great documentary, Blood and Wine. Have you seen that with Maynard? No. Oh, what is that? No, uh, but I I know he has like the he found the oldest strain of grape on Earth. Yep. And now makes his own wine in Arizona. So, yep. So, um, after uh, Enema came out, uh, they had pretty much become disenfranchised with like the LA scene 
right? And knew they wanted to get out of it. And so that's when he started looking at land in Arizona and he opened a vineyard in the middle of the desert. And this documentary is essentially like showing him making wine. And it was the first time I had ever seen what Maynard looks like. Because uh, yeah. you did like up until up until even he even those first like two perfect circle albums like even logan and i the first time we went and saw perfect circle in concert we were like maynard could be sitting next to us and we wouldn't know it i have no idea what he looks like like hold not, on hold on time out this is a fucking crazy moto story i know yes, what story you're gonna brother. tell because i know this story i know what you're about to tell i i think i do but go ahead i as a senior, I'm supposed to do this project and we're supposed to, whatever job you want to do, you're supposed to go job site this guy. So I did this and it turned out to be in Cincinnati or Dayton. It was very far away, like three hours from where I live. And, um, but I got to, do, I got to pick and one of them was perfect circle. And so I'm there at the perfect circle show. I'm, I'm uh, job shadowing the production manager and my job for the day is to, I did some other stuff, but I was a runner and I was supposed to be a runner for Maynard James Keenan. And I, I had, I had my parents' cell phone at the time and uh, it was always dying because like just, it was old and we don't use cell phones that much back then. And uh, I never kept it. I I missed a call. I was supposed to go drive Maynard around in a car because that's something he likes to do is go see the local scene. Right. And and after the show, like every time I left the place, they were playing the best song, Three Libras, uh, The Hollow. Um, this every time I left, it was one of the yeah. best songs. And yeah. um, uh, at the end of the night, I saw somebody I thought was Maynard and I asked him for his autograph. And uh, on my backstage pass deal, and it was Billy Hardell, or I'm sorry for butchering the name, uh, Billy. I, I don't want to say it again, so I'll screw it up again. It's it's actually, he was a guitar tech for Nine Inch Nails and Tool. It ended up being the songwriter for this band. And oh my that's that's who I got to sign the badge, but I thought I mattered, and I didn't. See, you have no idea, right? <laughs> yeah, I know the feeling. Because you don't know what he looks like. You, like there, was a, there was a sizable period from like Enema, because Enema came out like, I was 16 at the time, I think, when Enema came out. And I'm probably not pronouncing that right because of that stupid A-E combination. Yeah. So that album comes out. And then from perfect, like Perfect Circle's second album, in that time period, I'm like, I have no fucking idea what any of the members of Tool look like. Like they, <laughs> Seriously, they could be riding on the bus with me and I wouldn't know. Uh, just because they were so good at like hiding those personas. Uh, Even... You know, they wanted... I know what the old bass player looks like. <laughs> really? <laughs> the chick. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, good deal. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't you like... I don't know. She just stuck out in the video. I don't know. No, I, 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 no, I don't get it. Um, Moto, didn't you say that he wanted like... You had to go run and get a thing of Morton salt. He wanted like Morton salt. That like, was one of the, the sound guys. Yeah. He yeah. was like, and he specified more song. Like, dude, I know I'm from Ripman, you know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> this is the only reason my town exists. I yeah. was one of the most scariest drive homes. I was slapping myself 
I oh, couldn't yeah. stay awake. It was it was dangerous driving home, but it was quite the experience. And I thought I met Maynard, and I met Billy Hardell. That's all right. That's still somebody you met. Oh, but yeah, seriously, Blood and Wine, you yeah. should check it out. It's all about his winemaking process. And um, but in that documentary is when he's like kicking Pussifer. It's not he's kicking it off. Pussifer is already established, but that's the project he's focusing on while this documentary that. is being shot. And so um who's the chick from Fifth Mia uh Mia Jovovich yeah. from yeah. Fifth Element? What She's like walking know? around with him in some of the shots when they're talking about she, Pussifer stuff. Is she in the band? She sings on one of the tracks. What do you Oh know? my gosh, that's awesome. Yeah. Oh, so cool. I mean, just fucking I mean, that guy is literally a renaissance man. He just does right. all kinds thing. of stuff. Yeah. So well, one of um, my what Swiss am- Army man. Sorry. No, no. <laughs> no. No, wait. What do you got? Go yeah, well, I was gonna it. say one of my funnier stories because when Pussifer came out, I know Brian, I think it was home. This is when I lived out west. Brian gave me a burnt copy and he wrote on it, you know, Pussifer. And I, but he didn't put the band name, he just put Pussifer on it. <laughs> so it went when I got it, it when I had this big DVD CD case thing that I kept like um because I didn't have many CDs anymore, I'd burned them all to my iPod or my computer. Right. And the ex-wife was like, she opened it up one day looking for, I don't know, a movie. I don't know. And she's like, what the fuck is this? I was like, is this porn? <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, well, some of the videos could be considered porn, but no, it's, a, it's an album. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. I, had to, like, I had to like literally put it on. Like, no, it's music. Like, what the yeah. fuck? Seriously? Right. right. <laughs> and the reason oh, Shamrock man. wanted it is because there was gun cocking noises. Heck yeah. Music. Awesome. He's like, oh, yeah. I need this. <laughs> I, you know what? To this day, the song... Uh, uh, it was a song by MIA. The song by MIA. I don't know why there was an. I love that song for some reason. Every time it's done, I listen to. It, I, I love that song. I don't know why. Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> I have to give Pussifer a listen to because I have not. I knew it existed, but I have not listened I'll, to any of their stuff. I'll, do you still have the long walk short drink edit file? Uh, the I I have access to the um the raw audio Google. folder on the drive. Go to Google to raw audio folder. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I. I will hook it up, and uh, Maynard will be happy that you heard it. Word, thank you, sir. <laughs> nice. Uh, let's let's do a king corner before we get to Swiss Army Man, because then we only got an hour and a half to talk about Swiss Army Man. So, I mean, we could talk about more shit after Swiss Army Man, but. Uh... <laughs> Honey, come on over here, sugar buns. This machine just called me an asshole. Yeah, Shamrock, I was telling them we both watched um, Mr. Mercedes together. Oh, well, yeah. Kind of. Homer's not there in the book, so he hasn't heard the book yet, and ah. so we kind of, kind of want to hold back on some spoilers, but give so, some. I'm totally the, cool for reactions, though. I, I would love to hear like your takes on it, like what is spoiler like. edited version. Gotcha. I will. Okay. Yeah. And kind of, and that will make it more brief. So and I'm, I'm not as bitchy about spoilers as some other people. Yeah, I can like, handle it too, because it's gonna be forever yeah. for me chronologically so, to I get mean, to don't, that. Don't like. I mean, don't like gut your whole reaction, but you know, it, it's not going to ruin my day. If I like, I still subscribe to the theory that you enjoy a story more if you know what's going to happen. 
because you're not like anxious about what's going to happen. Well, this one was, I, I don't know. I'd rather not spoil it. This was a great right. ending. Well, if anything's true about Stephen King translations to the screen or television, uh, they, apparently to him, they never hold true. So, <laughs> oh, that's too. Yeah. so I have no idea if it does or not. I've never read the book. So I'm like, I'm just the only, like I said, the only book I've ever listened to was Running Man. That's it. So well, he, I, I he can guarantee the book is probably just like 10 this. times more graphic than the, anything you saw on the show. So I would probably agree with well, that. Yeah. <laughs> we both saw the uh, opening scene. Like I said, the, uh, I talked mm. about this at the uh, prior episode, but unemployment line 2009 and uh pregnant woman and mixed company and um but and then you see the mercedes lights turn on he puts on the clown mask and he plows through this group of people staying overnight in the unemployment line and uh boy it was they didn't spare it was they showed some pretty graphic stuff you know, that's fucking horrific it was uh on audience channel so definitely limited um violence worship but swearing was all, was good to go. <laughs> well, I'm I'm sure that's the equivalent of like um, uh, what channel AMC that like Walking Dead and stuff is on. They can probably get away with a little more. Yeah, I mean that shit is changing. Like Walking Dead, I I saw the most horrific violence I've ever seen last year. Mm. They now say fuck maybe once in a yeah. while. USA on Mr. Robot, they say USA Network owned by NBC. Basic cable, they say fuck all the time. They but they don't show any boobs. There's no boobs. We're not we're not Europe yet. <laughs> yeah, not yet. <laughs> but a lot a lot of the, a lot of the effort. Like how fucked is that? I mean oh, agreed. <laughs> I, USA started that last year and they did that with fucking suits. Yeah. I was watching an episode of Suits and one of the guys just he quoted Pulp Fiction. He said, A Royale with cheese, motherfucker. And like I'm watching <laughs> Suits. I'm like, what the hell was Jeez, that? Yeah. I'm like in a, in, a movie, <laughs> yeah, in a movie reference within a TV show to boot, you know what I mean? Like, well, what the hell? <laughs> but sorry, to go back to... Uh... Yeah, Mr. Mercedes. Yeah. Um, I, I just, it was very, they did a very nice job of keeping it... Uh... Wait, what, what happens like in terms of like, so you, we've talked about that opening scene, but how does that kickstart the story and what is the general... Oh yeah, what's the, the general story? synopsis of the story? Do you... I'm sure. Are you? All right. So, I mean, it was funny. And I think just to throw this in there real quick with how I knew, like I was doing some roofing work at the time and I knew I was going to be unemployed soon. And I like, we're watching this opening scene and I'm like, I'm thinking, here's me in the unemployment line pretty soon here. <laughs> that's <laughs> and fucking, then, that's horrific. And then this happens. I'm like, yeah. Oh, well, that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just thinking this. Uh, so, I guess it starts off, and it's basically this big mass murder mystery, and this cop becomes all consumed by it, played by a, a Brandon detective. Brandon, detective. Bre- Brandon or Brandon Gleason, I can never remember which is which. Who I absolutely love. I think he's the hilarious. guy from In Bruges, right? In Bruges, and he was also in a movie uh, with Don Cheadle. What the? I can't remember the name of that one either. Braveheart. No, no, that was he was in Braveheart. <laughs> he is in Braveheart, yeah. Braveheart with Don Cheadle. <laughs> He's in Twenty Eight Days Later. He's the yeah, dad yeah, in Twenty Eight yeah. Days Later. And uh, Gangs uh, of New York. Harry Potter. Gangs, yeah. Fucking okay, yeah. He's uh, Mad Eye Moody. Yeah. Mad Eye Moody. That's that's probably the most recognizable character that people would right. relate to. Yeah. Right. And uh, here, hold it. You hold him down. Oh, <laughs> you you do this. Yes. I'll hold him down. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, 
So anyway, it kicks this off, and he he ends up never being able to solve this case, and it sticks with him, and he retires. And he retires, and it's still uh, going on. Um, and part of what happened the whole time during this case is consuming him. His marriage dissolves. His daughter has gets, gets arrested, and all this. So his whole life falls apart, essentially. So I hope I'm not throwing. No, not really any spoilers there, but no, no, no. You're doing. You're, so, no, that's all good. We we find him in present day, and he's living by himself. Um, and then all of a sudden, uh, what is? Um, I'm trying. No, I'm blanking. Uh, the killer. The killer essentially. Sorry. Go ahead. Uh, he hacks. He hacks into his home computer and starts fucking with his life. He starts sending him videos. I mean, the first one. There's a lot of sexually. Um, just like outrageous stuff in this. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, he, he, he hacks into his own computer, starts sending videos and saying, man, you could have stopped him. You could have helped. You should just kill yourself. And that's kind of what this killer does to most of his victims uh, is hacks into their life. And then his main objective is to have them kill themselves. Jesus. Um, but they, they were so good with the technology and keeping it up to date. And it was like this, the the killer's workspace was like a Best Buy, but instead of bright blue or bright yellow and, and uh, brilliant blue, it was puke puke green and piss yellow. And but he was the best there, and that's how he was able to um, infiltrate people's lives. Wow! But it was oh, it's creepy. And but I totally got from what what I've heard on this podcast and how Stephen King builds characters. And the the dialogue, I, I heard everything that you guys are saying, and I'm like, because Stephen King was involved with this right. executively, and uh, I saw that very clearly, and I thought, oh yeah, this is this is really good, and as, as you would say, trust him to take you yep. along through the story. Yep. Hmm. And, I, I I mean, like, there he's just again, it's one of those. It, that's exactly what it is. You know that you're not going to enjoy everything that you're reading. But it's or listening to or watching, but you're gonna trust him. Man, they they got graphic in this one. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, 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 to touch on the dialogue and the character choice of Brendan Gleeson, and he, they, you know, he didn't do like I think he, there's a couple times he's tried to do an American accent. I don't know if it's been successful or not per se, but he's still an awesome actor, and they let him just do his whole Irish accent, and he just that's great. Like, and they're they've been doing this a lot lately. It's like if they're an Irish actor, them who cares? Like figure that out later. Well, why do we need to explain why he's Irish or why he's Scottish or whatever? And it's a new trend I really like. I'm like, so just let him be. And like, I got so much more of his dialogue better because of that because I was paying attention more. And it was and like the the le- the, le- the moments with levity or the moments that were serious, you really pay attention to the dialogue and you actually it makes the moment funnier or actually more that more dramatic. And I really enjoyed that. So I'm like good for them for letting him just be just act the way he need he wanted he wants to act or right. you know not trying to make him do an american accent or whatnot right because i don't know in, in the book is the is the detective i, I don't know, know i haven't got there yet oh i thought you were in the middle of it i'm sorry no 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 oh, i haven't got, I, I haven't started i consider that like i consider what i'm the what i where i'm at right now there's probably i could tell you well i can't because it's on my other uh, account on this computer but there, I'm probably like eight to ten books behind on fin- on being caught up with Stephen King's chronology. So I consider all those new books like they're all from like 
2011 to now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, but uh, the entire Mr. Mercedes trilogy, because he just finished that trilogy last year or the year before okay. that last book came out. So, all that entire trilogy of books is in that batch of like recent books that I haven't listened to yet. Um, okay. So I'm excited to get to that because it's it's kind of like his 2010 books and forward that I haven't listened to. Um, so it was uh, currently scary. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's great. I, I, I mean, that's good. I mean, I'm like, this could be Chubbs. <laughs> I don't know. Not that Chubbs is that um, <laughs> uh, morbid or dark. Like, yes, he uh, fucking is. Are you kidding? Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Remorseless is what I would call Chubbs. Like. <laughs> <laughs> he gets a sick pleasure in tormenting people. We all know that about Chubbs. Like this, this Mister Mercedes thing is really deep, but yeah. it just it just says I have a friend that I know that is this brilliant enough to do this. Yep, yep. And this is this is current. This could really happen. Yeah. Oh man, that's awesome. I'm excited for that. Ugh. And you guys watched it together, uh, Shamrock yeah. and Moto, right? How did that go? Was like, great. was it weekly? You made a point of doing it, or you catch up? I, I love this idea. We we were he caught me up on like the first two or three episodes and then we were pretty much week to week because I was actually working on your parents' house. So I basically <laughs> yeah. I, Oh on the roof, yeah. That's yeah. the roofing you were discussing. Yeah. Yeah. So I was doing that and then I think after the roof ended, I caught some more work here and there. And so we caught behind by another three episodes, and then I think we What's only nine? Was it nine or ten episodes? It was ten, but he was getting frustrated too. He's like, "I just want to know the ending, you know." Yeah. <laughs> oh, I was. Oh, it was. I got to know what's going to happen here because this movie's this this series is going to end a couple of different ways, and I already know how it's going to end in a way. But I don't. I just want to know how it's going to play out. I have right. to see how it's going to play out. Right. <laughs> you thought it was? Did you think it was a good ending? I thought it was a very good ending. It was very poetic because what? I can't. Well, I don't want to throw anything out there. Like. Yeah, I mean, I'll touch. Poetic's on it, good. I, like that's good. I like poetic. So in in its own way. So yeah. I I don't know how that tra- again. I don't know how tra- that translates to the books. I know how that translates to the, to the series. That's it. That's so, awesome. But it do you was, guys know if the season yeah. is just like the first book or if it's like it touches too. into the other books at all? It do you know any of that? Seemed like it finished. It's really seemed like it. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that's that's interesting. I'm excited to get there. Dave's like three years from getting there, though. <laughs> I know, yeah. That's all right. So, uh, I, I have it saved on my DVR. I got to find a way to be yeah. illegal. Yeah. And not get caught by the government. But I'm just like, it's, by the time you figure that out, it'll be on Netflix or Amazon Prime, though. Well, that's Hopefully. what I'm hoping. But yeah, yeah, like Chubbs and I, we loved the show called Madhouse. It was in North Carolina. It was a football sized racetrack with modified cars. And it was the best. Hilarious. We really laughed a lot. It was on history. And they just they pulled the plug on the show. You can't I tried to sign up for the DVDs. I tried to get it and they just pulled it and it's gone forever. Oh that's yeah. Allow me to step on my soapbox for one second. Streaming is great as long as like but God damn it! Like giveth and it taketh away. Yeah, it is. And so I, I'm. I just show you guys something that I got. And the bride was pissed, or not really pissed, but she's like, "You don't need that." I'm like, "Yes, I do." For several reasons. One is that is it says this so on YouTube. You could see it. It's the Stranger <laughs> Things, which Box after set. after like over a year of being on Netflix, came out as a physical product, and it's Blu-rays. In but it's 
it looks like a a VHS. It looks VHS. like a VHS. It looks like a That's really VHS. Uh, it looks like the big VHS boxes from like early, yeah. like the Betamax. Five. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like the sort of though the the whole thing is just kind of sized because the the tape is that large as well, which it wouldn't be, but. Uh, yeah, so anyway, but she's like, why do you need that? It's like, I'll tell you why I need that. A, I really appreciate the packaging. I like it. I will be excited to like see it. But also, she's like, Netflix, it's, it's a Netflix show. They'll never take it away. I'm like, anybody, like, there's no guarantee that fucking Netflix will be here like in, in yeah. five years. Like, all of this stuff. Like, we've talked about at least two, if two to five, like, very cool documentaries I should look up. I don't know where to fucking find them. I looked on the line while we're talking. Like, I don't know where I can watch them. Like, I can't watch Mr. Mercedes. Like, yeah. <laughs> we're yeah. living in a time of like endless possibilities, but also like you just can't fucking get stuff. So I'm uh, just we can talk offline. We, we we can talk <laughs> offline. I have anyway, I have, it's I have more, ideas. It's when we're not when we're not like when we're not taking advantage of all the free resources that let us get our podcast out <laughs> to people, I know. I, I, we can discuss ways that we might be able to have access to some of these. I know. It just well, makes me mad. I just miss the. I just. I. I hope it kind of comes around or evens out in some way. Yeah. Uh, without having to break the law, that's the thing that frustrates yeah. me. Like to compensate people. Fuck. It's not like I'm trying to break the law to just like build this giant massive collection. Like sometimes I just get the fucking urge that I want to watch the the fucking flight of the navigator yes, and there's no way for me for to that. get yeah, it. You know what I mean? And the only way I'm going to get that is by by pirating it, you know? Yeah. Like the whole world Jesus. adopted the uh the Disney Vault fucking idea that they've had for years and years. Yeah. <laughs> what were you saying, Moto? You know hilarious if if you want to watch David Allman's James O'Barr the Crow, you have to pay $100. Or you could go to YouTube and some guy has pirated it. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. exactly. Exactly. I can't yeah. believe you found that dude. That's outrageous. Uh, <laughs> well, I guarantee no one has ever paid $100 to get that tape. <laughs> you don't I was, know that. You I don't suppose. know that. I did I check the uh, the like what else this guy the memorable memorabilia archives or whatever there for I don't know new listeners to the podcast I remade the movie the comic book The Crow that was already made into a motion major motion picture as a VHS adaptation in my teens <laughs> and and you can buy it online for a hundred dollars from someone else <laughs> man you are like that that that's not even Cliff Notes that's like bathroom stall notes yeah. of what your project was especially like. impressive from the likes of me right like yeah no that was one. that's crazy thank you i i, I appreciate that <laughs> i i think i was doing that to get somewhere else but i can't remember where i was going oh, <laughs> but, oh no only four oh, the guy only offers like four other tapes it's like a typo negative uh band bootleg and like a few no. other things no, yeah. that's what makes it that's what lot. makes me think like there's probably people that did spend that hundred dollars like he caters to a very finite collection yeah. of things you know i'll tell you i really appreciate the fact that the guy uses a scan of like Ooh. the original 1995 first cut that we marketed to our high school <laughs> like it, it's a cool like image from the comic book with our names on it and this is october 31st which was the day we we took pre-orders in 1995 five so i knew how many vhs dubs to make in my bedroom and hand deliver to people like palmer etc so my, it's nice to see that i we i had a halloween party That's that right. twinkie was at i have oh. pictures from this halloween party that twinkie was at he came pictures to that. 
I got to see think the I, might, I think I might have pictures of this. <laughs> Holy fuck. Uh, but Twinkie was there, and we watched your version of The Crow. Like, That's so cool. For a me. Halloween party, because we were freshmen. I was that was my freshman year. Like, what else? Were, it's not like we could drink or anything. So we just like wow. got a bunch of like nerdy kids together. We bought a copy of the Crow. I remember you hand delivering it to me at the house <laughs> on sunset. With and like, yeah, and like we were. I actually do vaguely remember that. We've talked about it before, and since then, I thought like I have a vague sense memory of that location, especially as I came to know it later. A yeah. big, uh, you know, I can't remember like running up to the house exactly, but I can, I can kind of, I can kind of remember dropping. Yeah. Them off. I mean, it was a very quick transaction. You had like a grocery bag full of them, <laughs> right? And you and you brought the grocery bag to my door, which I don't understand. <laughs> like you drove there, like you could have just grabbed one out of the grocery bag. And came That's to the true. Door. But you brought the whole bag to the door. And you're like, here you go, man. And you were, like, yeah. Oh, you know what? Here, I, I sit right by. That's never far from my mind. Um, for for people who are watching on YouTube, uh, this is the this is literally what I dropped off. Oh, that's awesome! Talk yeah, again, like, so it shows up. Oh, oh yeah, talking, talking. So you can see this is a little bit like the image. Uh, it's an image from the comic book that looks vaguely like I did in the movie, much more so than most of the comic book. And uh, so I kind of created a slip sleeve, like you would get in a video store as best I could. This one's coming apart, as I yours think- probably is. It's contact papered. I don't know if yours is contact papered. <laughs> I, I'm gonna I'm gonna really cry. Like this is gonna be hard for me to tell you, but I don't think I have my copy. Oh, I'm that's okay. No, I'm sure yeah. I'm sure that's very. And that that's I'm actually glad to hear that in some ways. It, w- later, so after I finished, this was like a first draft. Ultimately, I went back and filmed things and made a version that I finished in 1998, yeah. which is the one I guess you can find online, kind of. But um, no. go ahead. The one Mo. I watched was the was the first one with the. Uh... You know, something I can never That's what makes me think it's somebody oh, from Ritman that put that up. No, on no, no, no. Um, I, I, I saw that. What, what is crazy is the one, the link that Moto sent was like they parsed it out into parts. And what breaks yeah. my heart a little bit is that they didn't parse it, it out into. It, well, they it was various. It's like five parts, but like it's literally a movie broken up into segments based on the books of the comic book, like oh, pain, yeah. fear. Uh, yep, yep, yep. There and so it uh, had easy breaks, but they did not. They break didn't it use there. them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, was that, I was like, damn it. Yeah. But I think it was posted in the days of YouTube, where you could only post like ten minutes at a time. Right. Anyway, I sort of distributed that distributed that 1998 version to people who were interested in the Crow in 1998 via via the early days of the internet. But I recognize that version because that that that's drastically different from the 1995 one. But w- the one that Moto sent had a comment from one of the cast members that we've talked about <laughs> on this show. Fucking and he, Kurt, right? Like Kurt we got Lambert. Like, we got to yeah, reach we, out. Like Kurt exists still. We we need to reach oh, out. He's yeah. gotta get on the show. It was yeah. amazing. Like he was like, "Oh, to be sixteen again," and it was posted two days prior. Basically on Halloween, he must have watched it. Yeah. Oh, that's wow. so. That was Shit. very interesting that was to awesome. me. But yeah, Shit, like I used to confess that sort of thing. Oh yeah. Wait. What do you mean? I think last year we watched The Crow, and we were. I had what I think I had him watch some of it up in my room with headphones on. Um, right, because you had that like the CDs that I made in like two thousand three, maybe. For real real time player. 
Real, yeah, real time. And then Jackson and I did, uh, we did, so we did break it up into those different things. It was the early days of like electronic, like yeah. not VHS copies, yeah. but we could digitize it somehow. And so we Digital did uh, video, commentaries yeah. anyway, but those were on yeah. Halloween. Yeah. I used to, but, but like to your point of not having it, I remember, um, I, I, she's got nothing to hide. It doesn't matter. So I'm just going to say her name. So you know who it is. Um, maybe I'll bleep it out. 134. <laughs> so, <laughs> had uh had a copy after it was like around the cabin days she hosted a cabin night uh not a cabin night but like you know how we'd have stuff we'd do during no, the i week remember there. i remember this night i was like there a, that oh night. she hosted an x files night yeah i think that's right oh, or and, uh because there was a bunch of people playing goldeneye in her basement on n64 Oh. Hey, I have my N64 right here. Oh man, That's really? Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Oh wow! I just dusted it off. I need to bust. I need to get some. I need to get my gold knife back for my brother. But yeah, <laughs> I'm dating us very bad, poorly right now. <laughs> no, I'm proud of that by the, at this point. <laughs> but I was, I was not proud of that 1995 version of the movie that we've talked about because I had finished one like that year, basically spending three more years to like build on what we'd done and so she was like oh i have that i was like that doesn't fucking count and i like confiscated it i think i hid it in her garage somewhere yeah no i remember you like like can i just take this and i'll give you a copy of my new one right i remember you like arguing with her and she's like no i'll still take a copy of the new one but you're not gonna get the old one like yeah yeah i would do it yeah. And what's what's extra like sad to me? It's not sad really. It's nice that anyone cares ever, but um, that version that somebody posted to YouTube, whatever version circulate, I bought one myself in like two thousand. The reason I for listeners or whatever that I don't or have never like distributed or posted it myself is because I've tried and Mir- Miramax or more accurately the company like Pressman Company Crowvision was their their imprint. Like literally sent me cease and desist. Like they're like, you can't. We'll sue you. Yeah. <laughs> so otherwise, I would. But popular. It was an yeah. underground hit. Yeah, in like two thousand. If it shows up at cons, because you bought yours at a con, right? No, no, I, I bought mine off eBay because I oh, was hearing okay. about it, and I was like, it was just sort of like disheartening to see the quality of the image. But oh yeah, so I noticed that. Yeah, and I, I yeah. thought of you right away. I was like, yeah, oh, yeah. Could be mad about the conversion. Yeah. Right. Well, I mean, if if Moto is a perfectionist for audio, you are definitely a perfectionist for video. I mean, I know you're like you try to get the best quality audio too, but I mean, I know like that kind you you can peg shitty video in a second, Dave. Like, and it's it's thank you, I think, but it's like I've been trying to like create a digital version of that. Like, I did create DVDs in two thousand five. Yeah. But I've looked at those recently. I'm making some copies for Moto and uh, Twinkie, and um, like fucking, don't watch those on a computer. You can barely see it. Like yeah. you have to. There's something about what, what whatever was going on on VHS at that time, like that originated on VHS that you could see on television. Like literally, some of the movies lit by candlelight and stuff. Yeah, and not yeah. like fucking Barry Lyndon, like Kubrick, like just like right. kids in Britain, like right. Uh, but but yeah, so it's like it was. It's hard to see, so I'm, I'm having to like boost the brightness and stuff to try to create some kind of digital archive. But anyway, fucking crow detour. I All right, uh, like a let's motherfucker. Back, let's back up. Let's go back to the king corner because because I have to okay. pee now. So we're we're gonna we're gonna do this quick. Okay. Dave, long walk. How are you doing in that? Are you um, done with it or? 
no, I thought it was, but I had only loaded so much on my phone. Um, so I will report back on that later. My my How bladder like situation. So like, are you? Um, it's interesting that they can spin so much out of essentially a premise of where people are walking. <laughs> like, yep. Yeah, and yeah. um, I I did happen to get the Bachman um that Bachman collection that we talked about. Yeah. What's different about that is there are little tiny short epigraphs to mo- to every chapter that are some kind of a quote from a, a game show. I'll see. I'll open oh. it to the chapter that I marked in my book. Oh, that's a British one. So it's like, kind of or, interesting. Or the long walk they put these game show quotes in? Yeah, there? and they don't read it in the audiobook. Um, yeah. Probably because uh, you can get rights to it one. on audio. Yeah, I wonder. Um, oh, man, I have to pee so bad. So here's one. So the, the epigraph for chapter five is, quote, you did not tell the truth, and so you will have to pay the consequences, end quote, attributed to Bob Barker on truth or consequences. So each of the quotes wow. that begins a chapter is from a different game show of sorts. Wow. Kind of the premise of that book, is, in a way, it reminds me of something like Hunger Games or, yep. you know, where... where That's uh, the way I would put it in. Yeah. And what's interesting is, is the running man is about a game show and i would yeah. have thought that those quotes like those quotes would have fit better with that uh i was gonna say he really hates game shows doesn't he yeah <laughs> no shit like um and, and and touching on going back to your graphic i mean running me in the movie like when i first saw it as a kid i remember being like whoa holy shit like a hockey stick yeah barbed wire flamethrower all this and then i, I listened to the book i think i was driving a tow motor i was listening to a book on tape i think i listened to it in the like one or two nights working like while i was driving a tow motor or whatever working on the computer and i'm like holy i think i touched on this when we talked about this before but i was like holy shit like this is nothing like i mean the movie was crazy but this is even worse yeah. i was like damn oh yeah in the i mean the ending is totally yeah. different than how it is in the book oh. and just like the the descriptions that are going on in there that's what um yeah he changes his it's frustrating with King sometimes because I think he writes a lot of his like prologues. It's great when they do a re-release of an earlier book, mm. which is awesome because usually he will update like the prologues and stuff like that. He'll do like a reflection. And you know, as you age, you always reflect on things differently. Like you never see you you're always looking at your intentions of from the past through the lens of where you are currently Um, because I swear there was a prologue in one of the editions of the Bachman books where he talked about the reason he created one of the reasons he created Richard Bachman was to really push the boundaries of things. He didn't want to alienate his audience by being too graphic or, or going outside too far of what he was doing. So Mm. Bachman really gave him this like freedom to do that. And Compared to King's earlier work, and then when you look at the Bachman books that are coming out around the same time as his works, it's very true. And The Running Man is a great example of that. Like it's bleak. It's not really like it's again. It's so graphic. Like the 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 uh, protagonist death, like at the end of the book, is just like yeah. It's hard. Like it's really hard to get through. Which is. I was really like I think I listened to one of those prologues. They actually had it in the audiobook. Right. I forget who read it, but I was just talking about this, and then 
they almost spoiled the ending in the prologue and i was like what oh, yeah so like that's that's another reason why i don't like those because he does do that he assumes you've he, already read it like you're coming back right to it, you he know. talks about futility in the in the prologue of this one i'm like all right thanks I'm like all right now i know what to yep. expect you know yep. i mean yep. but i mean there's a lot of books out there that i mean the, you can read the first paragraph and know it's like a it, it's an effort in futility i mean, I mean i've right. read so many of those books and i'm like i can read the cover or the first paragraph of the book and like oh you get the tone right there. I'm like, yeah. oh. So I'm not going <clears> to <throat> – I'll enjoy this book, but I know I'm not going to be in the best of moods when I'm done with it. Right. So. right. <laughs> well, and I think I think a lot of Bachman's – a lot of the Bachman books, that's how they end. I mean, uh, uh, Rage is like that. Roadwork is uh, – Roadwork is fucking that, – that book is just like tragic. Mm-hmm. Um, but – I guess my only contribution to the King Corner because I have not, I'm I'm in between computers, and I if I resync my iPod, I'll lose everything off of my iPod because it was synced with another with like my yeah. iMac. Gotta love and that. I don't, and I'm not ready. I haven't built my 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 iTunes library yet on my new computer, so I haven't synced over my books the the latest books onto my iPod for, to listen to. That's why I haven't moved on yet. So I've started I know in that in this batch of new books is Dr. Sleep which is the sequel to The Shining, right? Yeah, and, I, I actually I, that was something I listened to before starting the chronology. Right. Good one. Yeah. And uh so I knew I was going to be encountering that, so I wanted to revisit The Shining before like in this since I'm in this like doldrum right now before I move on to like the next batch of books. Um and I have to tell you, like, The Shining is is it is fucking beautifully written. Like <laughs> the language in that is just I'm still in the like the first part. They're still like getting introduced to the overlook. But it's just the way he talks about their dynamic and her flashbacks on what had happened and and I can understand why he was frustrated with Kubrick's uh interpretation of Jack Torrent. Because he he is a family man that just made mistakes at the beginning of that book. Like he's, mm-hmm. he's he's made some really poor poor choices, and he's just trying to redeem himself, which makes what happens to him throughout that story so so much more tragic. Um, yeah, and that's so, mostly isn't that mostly because I was always puzzled by that disparity between Kubrick saying it's not faithful, he didn't like it, and then when I listened to it, it's like well. I don't know. I like, but but it seems to all come down to the casting of Jack Nicholson. Yeah. Because like Jack Nicholson, like you can just sense that that, that there's a madness there. Right. <laughs> Even in his right. everyday manner. Right. Maybe that's the way he's playing a little you bit. You want to like, get nuts? <laughs> yeah. Let's yeah. get nuts. That's right. <laughs> oh so man. True. You know, I wasn't yeah. going to bring this up, but like when I talked about the VHS, this I'm just going to say I reacquired this after not having it, and I'm glad. 1989 oh, Batman. I have that. Batman. Man, this was such a big deal then. Yeah. Like, I mean, we've talked about how I dressed up like Batman stuff, but but this this tape was one of the few tapes of, other than Disney releases to come out at an affordable rate when it when it was released on video. And yeah. actually, I'm holding this. It's like a heavy dude. It's fucking heavy. Like it's yeah. a heavy yeah. tape. And it has this thing at the beginning that, uh, like this ad for the Warner Brothers catalog. You remember that with Bugs oh, Bunny? Yeah. Yeah, that was one of the things. Yeah. Like when I got this, I was like, "Is this going to be in some Columbia house?" I got it at like a 
antique store or something. Is this going to be like Columbia House? Is it not going to have, you know, that? And it, when it did have that, I was so delighted. Did it have, uh, did that one have the, okay, I have the exact same one. I got it the year after Batman came out. I got it for Christmas. I still have the copy. Is that the one that has the McDonald's commercial in it too? At the beginning? Oh, yeah. No, for Diet Coke. Yeah. Oh, Diet Coke. And, and it's got Alfred in it. And okay. uh, he's yeah. like talking to Batman <laughs> in the Batmobile yeah. about Diet Coke. Yeah, it's a. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I was. I've, I've. I had this in the stack next to me about just like stuff that I recently acquired, and it's That's a treasure. Awesome. Like even just the way that it looks. Again, yeah. you got to go to YouTube. It's got the cut off bat symbol on the side. Yeah. If you get it on another yeah. format, that's not how it looks. And anyway, it was a big deal at the time. But yeah, Jack Nicholson as Jack Torrance, especially with Jack, all that. Yeah, it's just you know something's going to go wrong (laughs) and uh as opposed to a man slowly unraveling i'm just listening to the audiobook and just i don't know if it's the narrator that's contributing to it but just the language is is it campbell scott i think so i think it might be him actually yeah that's a good one it's just it's just a lot right campbell scott i remember that i've listened to a couple books of him right when he's an actor you recognize yeah yeah Yeah. i've listened to a lot of his audiobooks i've heard him before okay okay Um, all right, let's take a break and let's 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 hit Swiss Army Man when we come back. Okay, thanks, guys. Shamrock, do they have uh, do they get Rheingeist up there? Yes, I drink the truth all the time, and I tried the. Uh... The girlfriend had the pink one, whatever that is. It, was, it wasn't bad, actually. The cider? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, their ciders are delicious. They're really good, yeah. too. Um, they have a porter that comes out. I can't wait for it to come out. It's called Panther. <laughs> it is probably one of the best porters I've ever had. Like, it's so good. Uh, this is their... They just came out with this one. It's called Hue. It's their Hefeweiss, uh, which is really good. I wish I could get back. I... I used to drink Blue Moon a lot and uh, the Shock Top and all that. Yeah. I can't drink wheat beers anymore. They fill me up too quick. I can't do it. I uh, They give me just <clears> bad ha- – like I, I get hangovers from them really bad, like really bad headaches. I am such a – I've turned into such an IPA person. It's I don't know what it is, maybe because I was – I had all the – you know, a Ballast Point and, you know, Stone, Arrogant Bastard, all those out there. Yeah. They're – on tap at every bar so it's like and i don't even think they call something different now but the ballast point used to be called ballast point yellowtail pale ale yeah oh i was i that was my go-to everywhere every bar i go if i went to a bar i was getting yellowtail they're just it's just because they're popular that's i mean yeah. hop hounds man it's like the hoppier the better oh, i can't complain <laughs> yeah I, i'm i i can't do it i it, it um it's funny because it's like i like all the i like grapefruit shandies and if you get a really hoppy beer to me anyways it tastes really grapefruity like it tastes like a bitter grapefruit you know yeah that taste just like turns me off however um my baker we were at he got married and we went to his wedding and he had this beer this ipa called boom sauce have you heard of that not heard of that one I'm telling you right now, if you see that, like, buy as much of it as you can. It is fucking fantastic. Like, 8.5% and, like, so delicious. I mean, just like, 
oh man for an ipa like oh good stuff oh i don't even know if i get through that but i'll yeah. look for it boom sauce yeah. boom I'll sauce never, i'll never turn down an ipa but i know i get yeah i think the during the revenge episode i was either drinking pale ale and torpedo or torpedo and then cheat beer and that was a mistake yeah <laughs> that yeah. was a big mistake oh i haven't I'm a whole mixed bag right now, so this will this will be my one, two, three, four, fifth beer. I, had on, a, I promised myself I would, you know, I I didn't start drinking until the show started, or at least until I started trying to get things set up. Right, I'm three in, so. <laughs> oh no! You know you're doing great. <laughs> I made it through uh, four before I had to pee, which is impressive. So yeah, but I got. I mean, I'm I'm mixing tonight i had i had one pbr and then those 10 tons which is a stout and then now these have a vice so See, i haven't been able to do stouts or porters in a long time they're just too thick anymore i can do guinness yeah that's a, that's well, a drought but that's like you know yeah so uh, that's my bread and butter i i live for winter just for porters mm -hmm. oh, they're so good it may actually pisses me off that they don't make porters all year round because it's just i mean i know some yeah. people do but that is a seasonal, like they're winter beers. And I think yeah. it's because they're so hardy, like you wouldn't want to drink a porter in the middle of summer. I get that. But yeah, sometimes every now and then I just get a flavor for them. Uh, Warped Wing, the this brewery that did, and they probably have that up there too, uh, this 10-ton. They have a really awesome porter that comes out in the spring called um, Baltic Argonaut. Isn't that an awesome name? Baltic uh, Argonaut. Yeah. Baltic Argonaut. And that, that thing is like, oh my gosh. I could drink a gal a growler of that at a time. Like it's so good. Yeah. Oh man, is it delicious? I used to get one from what's the there's a the place in uh, place yeah, it's in Las Vegas called Chicago Brewery, but it's a restaurant. And they had an IP on tap there because they're a little microbrew, kind of like uh, Carl Strauss or whatnot, you know? Yeah. I get a growler from there every time I go to Vegas, and I kept my. I still have a growler that I used to take with me when I drive over there. Awesome. I, I'd sit in bed at night and just sip on my growler, and <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she's like my ex, my ex well, girlfriend or wife at the time. She's like, "What the fuck are you doing?" I'm like, "Why do I need a good glass? It's right here. I just, it's right I, there. Yeah. I, hook it, I hook it over my forearm like an old bottle of moonshine. <laughs> yes, <laughs> exactly, like a redneck tipping a bottle of moonshine. That's the way you got to do it, right? Yeah, exactly. Right. Um. Oh, I wanted to just I want to touch on this, but where we passed it. Um, when you talk about the Patton Oswald, I have an interesting fact about Patton Oswald. One, two, there were, you know, I went to go watch Man on Fire for our episode. And I when I was in college, I was I think I had watched Man on Fire and Kill Bill Volume One and Two. A total I don't know. I watched it so many times. Yeah. I sat down actually, I was gonna watch Man on Fire to do our episode. I'm like, you know, I know this fucking movie front and back. I don't even watch it when it comes on TV anymore. I can play it in my head, shot for right. shot. So I didn't even do it. I'm like, no, nah, you know what? I got this. I did some notes, and that was it. I was just right. like, yeah. I, I think the last time I sat through that movie, the whole way through, was when I introduced to it. And that was, what was that? And that was like 2003, four, maybe? So, and I very much appreciate that. I very much appreciate you sharing it with me. Yeah. So. Uh, my name is Moto. 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 I I am bad about this. Sorry, Moto. At the Moto. And I like them big. I like them chunky. The interesting Pat Oswald fact that I found out: my brother-in-law told me that his father was actually in the exact same unit that I was in in the Marine Corps. 
Really? That's yeah. awesome. Wow. He was a he was a three twenty three death rattler, man. That's he, crazy. I don't know if he was a pilot or what, but he was uh he was in that unit. That's well, that's all I know. So wow. Yeah. Well, I, I I didn't get to touch touch on it, but he just his newest stand up that's on Netflix. Uh, I don't know if you know, but last at the beginning of last year, he lost his wife tragically, yeah. like unexpectedly. And then, like right after that, he won an Emmy. Uh, and uh, there was a, a photo circulating of him where he's like sadly sitting outside of an Arby's, like eating a roast beef sandwich, like with mm-hmm. his Emmy next to him. And it's just like the most tragic thing you've ever seen. Uh, but then late last year, he, I, I have a really bad echo. Do you guys hear an echo? I just like, started to hear it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyways uh he he did a stand like this is another reason why i love him is because he uses stand-up as his therapy Mm -hmm. and so he wrote a stand-up special that basically is him dealing with losing his wife and that finally he recorded it netflix recorded it and it finally came out on netflix and uh it's probably the most one of the most brave things I've ever seen. Um, and he's the very short comedian with yeah. spiky hair. And I yeah. saw him on Conan, and he said if he if he didn't have his daughter, he would be a shut-in alcoholic. And I thought, yep. oh, fuck. That's me. You <laughs> 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 like, need a daughter, bro. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I don't have a daughter. So I'm just like shut in alcoholic, but no, uh, it, he was just totally honest and uh, yep. to a brutal level, which was very refreshing. Yeah. Uh, it, this set, it, it, I mean, it's a, it, it, it's comedy. You laugh, and the first half of it is just a traditional stand-up set, and then he starts doing like crowd work, which is really weird because I've never uh, seen him do crowd work before. Ah, uh, no, and like. I, I mean, literally, like, what do you do for a living? Like, he's pointing at people in the front row. He's like, what do you do for a living? And then he does yeah, a joke about that. And he's like, what do you do for a living? And he does a joke about that. And Chris uh, Hardwick was doing with Dave. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, I actually saw this. I saw we uh, the bride and I saw this stand-up routine uh, oh, wow. in person. Yeah. So I'll, I'll tell oh, you about the, that later. And we just watched the stand-up special that you're talking about. Oh, really? The Okay. Hell yeah. The yeah, so go, stuff, but right? go on. Yeah. Okay. And uh and he does that crowd work and the whole time that he's doing that crowd work I'm thinking to myself I'm like he never does crowd work. This is so weird for him. And then he stops and he's like I'm I'm sorry, I'm stalling cuz this next this next section is like so hard for me to get through. Wow. And uh and then he just basically is like this is how my fucking life fell apart for the next like 20 minutes and then he's like deuces and he leaves and it, it was just the most brave thing i've ever seen in my entire life um wow. except for long walk short drink yeah well that's <laughs> yeah. true Almer's around you, long walk short drink is it <laughs> for its money <laughs> yeah because now, now you can see it now we're google live hangout Google Live Hangout at LWSD Pod on uh, YouTube. Make sure you subscribe and click the bell for all of our updates and when we do these live recordings of our episodes. 
you can follow us on Twitter at LWSD pod and head over to audible.com audibletrial.com slash LWSD and get your free audiobook. Who invited Brad Pitt? Who invited Brad Pitt? Uh, Oh, Oh, uh, on a, Ow! Damn <laughs> hey, yeah. Ow! Ow! <laughs> the ice! It's gonna break! It's on fire! Yes, yes. I oh. need more cowbell. That's right. <laughs> They're all standing on the dead zone, I think. Oh, man. So, holy right. fuck. I, I mentioned rewatching at close range. That is some primo walking like i need to watch ooh, that because i've yeah. only like i only have vague memories of that so i definitely it's need a, to watch it's that. a great movie yeah. i i didn't bring it into the room i maybe should have especially with shamrock on but i was i mentioned in the a, a recent episode how i got that on blu-ray and but but i ended up going down a little bit of a rabbit hole <laughs> of the company that put it out they're putting out these limited edition blu-rays the common feature is the director's commentary uh, an, a music isolated score and then like a nice essay that comes along with it kind of criterion style but it's a company i'll, I'll do it on a, a future episode I, I promise but so i so far i've only gotten that close range they they do a limited run of maybe like three thousand per blu-ray uh so, and a lot of them are sean penn releases uh <laughs> i also got state of grace and the fabulous baker boys were the other oh, nice. two that i wanted for for my collection of what they were offering in any event yeah yeah that's a good one for at close range is an incredible film on so many levels but even just if you're one to watch some walking like he's got a mustache and he's just like this dick <laughs> swinging yeah like criminal <laughs> yeah he does have kind of big tall hair yeah that was yeah. you know i think the dead zone was the first time he rocked that like yeah, that tall hair, and even like to this day, he wears it. And when I saw him on Inside the Actor Studio, they're like, "How tall are you?" And I can't remember the exact. But he's like, "I'm gonna say a, a random number, but it's six something." He's like, "I'm six four, but I have tall hair." <laughs> <laughs> the dead zones where it all started. Anyway, yep. so I think uh, I think Shamrock was gonna say something. Well, two. Th- I have two. Uh, I want. I remember a dude in the barracks. <clears throat> Came in one day and he got like a dollar movie out of a bin in Walmart. And it was War Dogs with Christopher Walken and Tom Berenger. He thought it was going to be – the cover looked awesome. But it was one of those old 70s war movies about, you know, like Soldiers of Fortune. And I can't remember any good one-liners from it. But I just remember being so long and boring and being very dialogue heavy with Tom Berenger and Christopher, Wa- or Christopher Walken. And they were so disappointed because it was a young dude that got it. But I knew exactly what it was going to be. It was more commentary on, you know, mercenaries and everything and how they're wrong and all this. But right. Whatever. It was just an interesting movie to see Tom Berenger and Christopher Walken be, you know, act alongside each other because they're two, I don't know. Those it are was, like two drastically different dudes. I could not oh, imagine them like playing off of each other and like, I don't want to say like a buddy so, movie, but it's like if they're like the two leads, you know, like. I don't even remember if it was good or bad because I, I, I barely remember watching it. I really because it was so long and just, yeah. just drawn out. And there was the only there's only one big battle scene in the whole. Yeah, it's a movie called War Dogs, and there's like one battle scene in the whole film. <laughs> 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 but I, you know, I was thinking it was just like, man, I, you're talking about at close range, and I've heard of it, I've never seen it, and I'm definitely going to take a look at it. Seek um, it out, yeah, it's really worthwhile. Also, it's funny you say the thing about the Mercy Soldiers of Fortune and 
War Dogs and Walken because that it's kind of like it could be a younger version of the character he plays in Man on Fire, you know, kind of retired. Right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and That's crazy. Well, to to put on that, my favorite Christopher Walken line is Seven Psychopaths. Hey man, put your gun down. No. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> Seven Psychopaths no. is such a great movie. I don't sure That's if I've the seen that. Tom That's Tom Waits is so amazing in that movie, like where he's just like petting the bunny all the time. God damn, I fucking love Tom Waits. Oh, Shit. The shirt that Palmer wore on episode thirty four just came out. Was how about no? How about no? Uh, how about no? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. No. Uh, I, did, I laughed so Moto hard. References the t-shirts back from previous episodes. I know it was yeah, all man. Just it came was, out yesterday. Yeah. yeah. On the YouTube, you can watch the the live streams. We're now turning them into kind of like quasi TV shows. So yeah. Check us out on YouTube if you want to see what we look like. If that doesn't ruin it for you, I I, I noticed that for me, like I kind of like my podcasts podcasts i got you know uh, or radio like i it was many years before i ever saw what terry gross looked like who does fresh air and, and uh, it's not like i wish i didn't but i sort of it's like music. thing to remain a mystery yeah yeah or maynard yeah it's like maynard sitting next to you you know you <laughs> oh don't want to but you get like so you get more of the conversation i mean the conversations that end up in the episodes are amazing right but it, mm -hmm. for the completest like double d who i'm pretty sure is still our only one viewer hey double d that dude's amazing. I know. Patron saint of long Yeah. <laughs> uh, who wants to get the like the seriously like the extended cut of every conversation that ends up on in the episodes? You can head over to the live streams. On and even even the the the, the, the way that we're doing it now, the we've always posted the podcast as a podcast of a video with a like a static image on YouTube, but now those those edited versions are also the video. So just for uh, anyone listening on uh, in uh, wherever you listen on Stitcher or iTunes or Google Play, what have you, you could also watch. You could put it on your passenger seat, like Shamrock, and maybe yep. not look at it so much. But like, if you need to see what uh, what the Stranger Things uh, Blu-ray slash VHS thing looks like, you could look over at that moment, perhaps at a stoplight or something. That's <laughs> awesome. Don't text and do drive. It, do it safely. Yeah. 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 And that would be at LWSD pod on YouTube at LWSD pod on Twitter. Mm -hmm. I yes. love it, man. And so let's, yeah, okay. let's see. Let's we get, uh, let's, let's, army? Let's, let's <laughs> so we peed, right? Like we had a, pee I'm going to crack a, and, uh, I mean, I may have to pee at any time. So oh no, I'm that's okay. That's like we can take it cause you're on the porch now. So, uh, we can, yeah. take, we can take breaks whenever, but while we were peeing, Ash just happened to ask, she's like, so how's the show going? And I was like, Pretty good. We're getting ready to start Swiss Army Man right after this <laughs> pee break. And she's like, what the hell have you no, been doing been since 8 o'clock? It's 1030. I was like, Leave me alone. Long walk, short drink, babe. We'll get there eventually. <laughs> yes. yes. You know? Big time. I was just thinking Shame about that. Ash. We got to hear from her again soon. So I'm just going to tell you right now. I In the last 24 hours... I have immersed myself in the world of Swiss Army Man, and because like I did not take this, I did not take this lightly. No, I knew, I, I knew that I this is an acquired taste, and you, you guys might have some detractors. <laughs> What's that? You might have some detractors. <laughs> yeah, no, I knew that was going to happen, and so like 
I wanted to immerse myself in this world so that I could be prepared and just like ready because I knew like you guys saw like you saw me watching um cyborg as a sacrifice which it wasn't a sacrifice i mean i i give the movie shit but it was still like i was still entertained i made it through the end of it right i i love you for it and i loved you <laughs> way before that well oh, i love I, you too buddy I, I knew it was uh, a chore for you and i know you love movies and some weird movies so yeah um, well but, and but for JC, swiss fucking I army like... man is like fucking weird too right like it's just a you, weird you movie. got me <laughs> you got us yeah <laughs> I, um, I I was just to throw this out there. I was more taken off guard because I was really I really wanted to watch it a long time ago when it yeah. came out on video. I wanted to watch it. I was just like it was like the marketing for the movie did not did nothing to prepare me for what I was going to watch. It was all. so it was so misleading yep. that I'm like, what the hell were they marketing? Because this is not the, the film only, I just watched. <laughs> the only thing I knew about this movie was like a year and a half before it even like came out. There was buzz going on that a Daniel Radcliffe a, a Daniel Radcliffe movie was being made where he played a farting corpse. And that's all you heard about the movie. <laughs> Sounds about right. Harry Potter is that's playing funny. a farting corpse and it's good. That like those that was it. And I was just like I need wow. to see this movie. And then it ended up being on Amazon Prime. I did a hard sell with Ash, and we ended up watching it. And I and we watched it late last year. Whoa! Um, what was that hard sell? Like, how did you? Like, well, you I started with that. I was like, it. I was like, so basically, here's the here's the deal. Well, I mean, first off, she loves me, so she like lets me do pretty much whatever I want, and I love her for that. What are we talking about here? I, I stopped laughing. <laughs> you know what we're talking. About. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you could sexualize anything, Palmer. And so I have to be the guy to do it. Okay, fine. Yeah. Well done. <laughs> um, and so we watched it, and it was one of those movies. I this is how I know if I like a movie or not. If I'm still thinking about it three days later, I like it. That's just all there is to it. I don't know if I disliked it or liked it, but I was definitely thinking about it and trying to figure out what the hell I watched. Right. And that's <laughs> that's exactly it. And if I can do that, because here's the thing. In the last 24 hours, I watched Swiss Army Man again, which was my second time. I also went to the theater with some friends and saw Thor Ragnarok. Oh, I saw that too. Fucking right. dog. Yeah. So in those two things, a, a huge blockbuster. I'm not going to lie. I was entertained when I watched Thor Ragnarok, but literally it's just like every other Marvel movie that's ever, that's come out. Right. I don't know. That it, one's like the quirkiest for me by far. It was, it was pretty quirky. I mean, all the Thor movies in that series are quirky because Thor mm -hmm. is a quirky character. Like he's kind of like a dingbat. Like he's dumb. Yeah, yeah. Like he's like a big jock, you know, and just like, uh, and even in the comics, he's kind of like that a little bit. Uh, oh, but it really, felt, it really felt to me like Thor Ragnarok was Thor, like the Thor character as we're talking about it, post the kind of vibe and success of Guardians of the Galaxy one and two, particularly two, and his his role in Ghostbusters, the remake. I really yeah. feel like those two things informed it quite a bit. 
I, I really liked it. Like plus they were trying to give they were trying to give um Mark Ruffalo's Hulk his own movie too because he didn't get oh oh well, I see yeah I really, I mean, I really enjoyed it it was because super he, fun I I mean they well, like seriously they should have had equal billing in the movie um but I saw this huge blockbuster and then I watched this small independent film that was directed by two guys that had only made commercials and music videos up to that point and I I at the end of the day I would. I would rewatch Swiss Army Man, I think, over Thor Ragnarok. There's more to get out of it, though. Absolutely, there's more to get out. You know, like, I was, again, I was entertained by Thor Ragnarok. But I know that if we had, because Thor Ragnarok's like, what, like over two hours long? So if we follow the long walk, short drink rule, we'd be able to talk about that for like two and a half hours. Oh, But I guarantee you, after 45 minutes, we'd get everything covered. I guarantee you we'll be stretching like we'll probably get the full hour and a half out of our discussion about Swiss Army Man. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Can you, can you kick us off with some kind of a I I don't know how you synopsize a movie like this <laughs> if you do, but just so that people can follow along. Well, like we so, heard from Double D that he's never going to watch it, but he did listen to our four and a half hour discussion there. He did. He did. Uh, so um, I'm gonna his, take I I was gonna I say let's have Brian do this. Blows mine. <laughs> yeah, I want to give a synopsis yeah, <laughs> yeah. Awesome. yeah sorry moto moto, moto. what's your moto, synopsis moto. hello moto <laughs> um i i think double d would love this movie and it would blow his mind it blew my mind i got to watch it with my best friend shamrock and uh we it was unlike any other movie i've ever seen and uh, but I would say that I read I read like one solid article with some of the directors, and uh, they basically they didn't say they were stunned, but they were basically on drugs, <laughs> and they that's how they wrote their 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 movie. And they're like, yeah. "What's the craziest fucking thing we can do?" And they went with the craziest fucking thing they can do, but they uh, they had an underlying focus and message that was really cool. And, um, I mean, it starts with the guy hanging himself. Yeah. Yep. So he's hanging himself on an island, alone, deserted. He finds a washed-up body that uh, starts talking to him. Yep. And then that becomes his reason to live. And this man, the washed-up Daniel Radcliffe, Harry Potter, uh, becomes his Swiss Army knife on the way to live life and uh, continue on. And I'm very proud of myself for getting all the sentences out so quickly. No, that's, no I'm actually very impressed. Yeah. That's fantastic. <laughs> um, uh, so no, that's, that's great. That's a pretty, that's, that's, that's pretty good. I was going to do the, in one of the interviews I watched, they had to, they had to reach out to John Williams to license the Jurassic park theme. Oh, and he, I forgot about that. Yeah, he does not license his music. He's notorious for he's like Led Zeppelin. He just doesn't license his music <laughs> until hey. Thor Ragnarok. I know. Oh my gosh, man! I like, love that though. That really yeah. like sold me on that song. To be honest, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but we'll so they the wrote cover. they wrote a big letter and their synopsis that they put to John Williams because they in this interview it was really awesome because uh, they were like after they wrote their letter to John Williams asking for the permission to use the Jurassic Park theme, they didn't put anything in about 
a farting corpse, right? <laughs> their sell, their pitch to John Williams basically was like, this is a buddy comedy about two guys that are lost in the woods and they're trying to find their way home. And one of them has amnesia. And so the other one is using cultural references to try to like jog oh. his buddy's memory. So they did the soci they did the sociopath elevator pitch and they just left out important details. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. They didn't, they didn't necessarily lie, but they right. just they, they right. left out pertinent details. Wow. And then of course and, and then John Williams comes back and he's like, You can use this you can use the theme and oh, and they sent an MP3 of what it would sound like. This is what it would sound like. And uh John Williams wrote back, like he gave him permission as long as it would not be an NC seventeen movie. That was hmm. like that was it. Uh, so they were really excited about that. But I mean that I, I guess if I was gonna try you can't not though talk about the farting corpse part. You can't just recommend this movie to friends. That's you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> well, oh, you kind of did though. Without telling them. Well, not without telling them. Like you have to be like, look, Harry Potter farts and he's dead. That's but that's you didn't just, you well, didn't tell us that either no, though. Like, I'm not because it ruins it. it. You can't right, not no. like yeah. Oh, I only mentioned that because, like, I went to it super cold. Did any of you guys, like, look up anything prior to watching no. it, or did you watch it cold? I'd seen a lot of the previews, and I knew he was going to fart and play okay. play Life Raft and all but, that fun stuff. But Shamrock told me this was an uplifting movie, and I don't know exactly what episode you guys brought this up in, but it did not sound like an uplifting movie when it was described on the podcast. So I was not expecting that. So Shamrock's like, yeah, this is really uplifting. I'm like, whoa, that's not what I was expecting. I was expecting something shocking and uh, yeah. maybe horrifying. Well, if you look at, okay, the marketing that I saw, because I saw a couple of previews that have, you know, like after a movie gets released and then they have all like the, they have, they show the preview again and then they have, but they have all the movie reviews like that come up, there's, you know, little ticker tape tabs underneath the scenes that they're showing. You know, they're exhilarating, uplifting, one of the best films of the year kind of bullshit. Yeah. They yeah. experienced all that for James O'Brien as a crow, 95. Yeah. <laughs> $100 <laughs> on movie memorabilia. Underground <laughs> collection. Sorry. Sorry, go ahead. I Next don't know one. if those were the exact words, but they did not sell this movie at all what I thought it was going to be yeah. whatsoever. But I, okay, but let's, can I back up though for a second? Like, did you find. I found very uplifting things in the movie. Like, oh, oh sure. absolutely. Yeah. Like, well, like, and I do feel like, like, I, I mean, one of you have already said it. I've never seen a movie like this ever, like, period. And I mean, I've seen, like, I would equate this to, like, Shaolin soccer or, um, Bennett likes Beckham. Eh, I'm just kidding. Yeah, no, but like, uh, it's got those moments in it. I, I can't. I, I, I'm trying to think of what else that director that directed Shaolin Soccer. He directed another one. Oh, Kung Fu Hustle, where it's just this like, um, it's this over the top Asian action comedy, like mesh. It has that feel, uh, and it, it just I don't know. It just man did it stick with me and it just it just has this like really i i don't know i i i can't imagine walking away from the movie and not just feeling okay to be yourself it you know what i mean like because that's like kind of the message that the movie's trying to put out is like don't don't hold back who you are don't hold back your farts you know like like that's <laughs> just who you are. Uh, and 
I, I mean, the farts. So, uh, so there, uh, Paul, is it Paul Dano? Is that mm-hmm. the, uh, he, he's the main actor. He's yeah. He's like one half, like him and Daniel Radcliffe are the two, which is, which is funny because it's the, the directors, the co-directors call themselves Daniels. Like it's directed by yeah. Yeah, the Daniels. Daniels. That was my yeah, first Daniels. note. Cause I was like, Oh God, is this some two kind of, of hipster them. bullshit? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but it's two guys. Like it's an Asian American guy and just a Caucasian guy that both happen to be named Daniel and they're really great yeah. friends. And so their directing is Daniels. And then they're, they have Daniel Radcliffe is the lead. So there's another Daniel. And then they have yeah. Paul Dano is the other lead. So it's like four Dan, like Dan's Damn. all in there, right? Uh, but he said that their pitch to him was, we want to make a movie where the first fart makes you laugh and the last fart makes you cry. And it's like, and, and I mean, come on, that's like that's what that movie is in a nutshell. It is, uh, yeah. Sure. That's not an easy feat. It's not an yeah. easy feat. And I and I will be the first to admit, like I, I told Ash, my two my two laughing weaknesses guaranteed to get a laugh out of me every time is people falling <laughs> and farts. I will always <laughs> laugh at a fart. That's pretty and good. that's why when I when I read this movie and the only press that this movie was getting is <laughs> this is the Daniel Radcliffe farting corpse movie. <laughs> and when I'm like, I'm in. That was enough to, I'm like, I need to watch this. I don't care what this movie is about. I need to see Harry Potter play a farting yeah. corpse. Like, that's what I, I need to see it. And uh, then when I saw it, just like you guys, like the first time I watched it, I'm like, this is nothing like I thought it was. Like, I remember we finished it and I went upstairs to go to the bathroom. And as I'm walking up the stairs, Ash is sitting on the couch and she's like, what did you think about that movie? And I, and I stopped and I looked down at her and I'm just like, I think I liked it, but I really don't know, you know? And then, <laughs> and then like a month and a half later was when Dave and I are recording the, like, what are your top five from 2016? And that, that was one of the things that like came to my mind. I was just like, yeah, that movie was because there's nothing like it. Like Daniel Radcliffe in multiple interviews that I watched with him, Daniel Radcliffe is like, this is my favorite movie that I've made. This is the, the, my favorite movie that I've been in. And it's Maynard's Pussifer. Yeah. It's just like. So go as wild as you want to be. And it seems like the writers went as wild as they want to be. And it seemed like, the, it, you know, the, but on the surface, it's like, oh, well, they just were fucking around. But, yeah, they fucked around. But then to a point, underlying point that uh, was, you know, three days later, you're thinking about it. Yeah. Oh, man. It's just it's so I, I, I don't know. In my opinion, I it's just so good. And, it, and it's OK to not like it. There's very off putting things in the movie. That I think the majority of people would really find. Uh, it, my, the one that really gets me is like the water, like when the water comes out of his mouth and Paul Daniel drinks. Yeah. Drink. Like, yeah. that's fucked up. I don't care who you are. That's fucked up. I'm gonna I'm gonna well, just interject to to try to guide listeners along who might not watch it or or whatever. You know, like take them through it because I I made notes along the way. I'm not gonna read all my notes, but I, it, there's so few like actual things that 
like happen happen, I think we can touch on them. So we mentioned how it opened. Paul Dano is stranded on an island. He's about to kill himself. He's like trying to hang himself, stand on top of a cooler, getting the rope ready. And he sees this body wash up on shore uh, wearing a suit. Turns out to be Harry Potter. <laughs> Not really Harry Potter. But he goes up to him and he's like, he's thinking, because he's terribly lonely as part of it. And he's very happy to see another human being. He tries to revive him. He's like giving him CPR. But then he starts to fart. Yeah. And you're watching the movie, like I was watching the movie Cold. I had no idea their farts were a thing. <laughs> right. And so he's farting and a little bit. I was like, oh, that makes sense. Because actually, it's one time um, in high school, I was doing an independent art study. And for some reason, Jacko and I were taking pictures of something that I was going to then draw using this method where you like square off a grid over a photograph, turn it upside down. So you don't have a sense of like what the thing is supposed to be shaped like, like a human head, whatever it is. And then you draw it upside down, kind of square by square, and it ends up looking very photorealistic. For some reason, the photo we took, because we came across it, was like a dead possum. I like stuck my foot on it, like trying to be a cool high school kid, in a boot. Like, take a picture of this, Jacko. And I'm doing that. When I did that, it farted. Yeah. <laughs> because like Ooh. it pushed, it was a dead animal, but it pushed some air out. Right. Uh, that's what I thought of when this oh. happened. Uh, I thought it was just like a little funny beat in this otherwise serious story, I guess. Right. But so what I wrote down was like farted in face <laughs> when trying to revive and kept farting convulsively and flopping like a fish out of water. <laughs> so like <laughs> Daniel Radcliffe's body, like it just is animated with nothing but farts to the point yeah. where suddenly Paul Dano's character this sounds so crazy. Right. It is crazy. Right. I, I didn't know there's like, like a motorboat. Not sound crazy. Like he rides yeah, a yeah, jet ski. Yeah, the fart, the farts like carry him like a motorboat to a, what another down another part of the back island. To the coast. It, like he's even on an island. So back well, to the that's coast. Part of being a Swiss Army man. That's way down my right. nose. But yeah, I have motorboat. Yeah. <laughs> And and I have to point out, like Daniel Radcliffe is very keen on letting in these interviews that I watched. He like that they yes they did make a full body duplicate of him, and during the press junket he took that around with him. But that's really it's really only used in two scenes. The rest of it is him. So the scene where the body gets thrown down the mountain like when they get stopped like tr trapped down in the bottom of that ravine and that's when they do the bus thing so to get down that mountain they use, oh excuse me they use the body double and then the scene with the raccoon where it's digging in his mouth oh. both of those are the dummy <laughs> but like Daniel Radcliffe wanted to stay so true to the character that according to IMDb in the trivia page He's the one that threw the dummy down the mountain. Like the, he oh, wouldn't even cool. let that. Like he wanted to do it, and so. But the rest of the movie, that's him. Like that's him acting. Like that's him doing the eye thing. I watched an interview where they asked oh, him about my. the eye, he's and he's like, "No, that's a weird thing I can do with my eye." Look, and he did it, and oh, I'm just like, "Wow, holy oh, shit, wow. that's crazy!" Like that's very cool. Yeah. Um. So. So, yeah, so he's this corpse that this kid uses repeatedly to try to it, both figuratively and literally reconnect with society. Um, Emotionally, yeah. uh, I mean, because the guy's hanging himself at the beginning of the movie. Yep. The, the idea 
that this dead person can give you a Swiss army for life and move on. And yep. step to him. Step two is pump out fresh water from his belly. Yeah. And yep. then you have the motor, butt. It keeps going on. What's the motor butt? I'm not sure I remember. That's That's how he got off the island. Oh, the motor butt. Yes, like a motor boat, sir. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I had that note like that happens, and I just put capital letters titles. Like it that's what happens. He rides the motor butt off into the water and it's like fucking Swiss Army, man. (laughs) And the titles come up. Yeah. And then the next note I have is puts a cork in his butt because he needed the farting to stop. (laughs) Well, and because he's ashamed of the farting. Because oh. that, that's how they, like, come back later on in the movie. Like, Manny finds out that Hank has... He's like, why don't you ever fart in front of me? And he's like, because that's something you're supposed to do in private. Man- Manny's what we find out the name of Harry Potter's... Uh, yeah, so it, it's probably Harry. easier. I mean, we could still call them Daniel Radcliffe and, and Paul Dano, but, like, so... No, let's call him Manny and what was it? And Hank. So Manny. Paul Dano okay. plays Hank, who's the, like, living person, and then... Uh, Daniel Radcliffe plays Manny, who is this okay. court, the farting corpse. The farting and, corpse. Uh, um, but later on in the movie, like when they're in the tree, when they're just on the brink of like recoming back into society, uh, that's when they have their big revelation. Like, why do you hold you? Like, why don't you fart in front of me? He's like, because you're supposed to do that in private, and uh, or you just hold them in, like you just don't do them. And Manny's like, that's just really sad. Uh, which is like. I mean, suppression is one of the big themes in this movie, uh, mm-hmm. like, and and overcoming that suppression that you put on yourself or society puts on you. Um, I, I I mean, to just think, there's a movie that literally one of the main characters is a farting corpse. To like know that they tackle such huge things as depression, societal isolation suppression um that i mean that's why i connected with this movie and why i loved it so much is that they they did all of these things in a way that got palmer who's just like oh i like farts and daniel radcliffe <laughs> farting that's going to be awesome so I, I i need to see this movie um yeah well i don't know, maybe maybe what i was taken from it because just this kind of ties into what you're talking about because they're two totally different movies and I wasn't trying to compare and I just kind of popped in my head to have the comparison. I was waiting for this moment to happen that never happened because of the marketing that I saw for the film right. and what drew me to it. And I never watched it until I watched it with <laughs> Moto, excuse me. Um, was, you know, you, you thought this guy found a corpse that was, I thought it was going to be something more along the lines of, so this guy finds a corpse and they're showing all this stuff. Initially, I thought he was going to be dragging around a corpse that's like basically his Wilson from Castaway. Right. right. That he just starts to starts to talk to him. Right. And those undertones where they, you know, they get through these things and it's, you know, it's a they get through a repression or whatever else it is. And uh, there are all these moments where I'm waiting for that to happen because that's what the marketing led me to believe this movie was going to be. And they get to these moments like when they're in the cave or what they're sort of talking, and then they all of a sudden. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Dano just kind of cuts conversations off and rolls over and goes to sleep. I'm like, so what I was trying to figure out and get my brain wrapped around what is going on. Right. And actually, you know, he's, I'm just waiting for that moment to happen 
where, you know, you know, so the, the most emotional part in this movie, the funniest part in the movie is going to be where he farts in the beginning and then you're going to cry at the end when he farts. And it's like, it's funny when he's talking to Wilson in that movie. Right. And then, oh, Wilson's floating away and he's trying to save an inanimate object. And you're like, oh, shit. You see the emotion there, right? Right. And I'm trying to get the emotion at the end of the movie when I guess I didn't pick that up, the repression part. Like, oh, that's sad that you don't fart in right. front of me. I didn't get that. I guess I missed that. I don't know. Um, it was after a depressing Browns game, so who knows? Uh, I might have had too much so beer. So any Browns game? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so I just you – know, I was waiting for that moment, and I never got it. And I, I guess it was because I was expecting – what it, I guess I can't say I disliked it or liked it, but it was the marketing that screwed me because I and listened to it. they will admit that. They – Totally mismarketed. Uh, one of the big things, because this was a Sundance darling, this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but initially, there was a lot of reports that like there were people walking out of the initial screening at Sundance. Uh-huh. First off, it started late because of technical difficulties, and there's like there's people on schedules, so they had to leave. Right. And right. then uh, the other thing is it was just misrepresented. But by the second day, the word of mouth, ma- like. Uh, I love there. There, I watched a a Q and A with the directors, and the moderator for the Q and A was like, "This movie depends on word of mouth. Like, the the there, this movie's not going to be marketed correctly, if marketed at all. The only way that people are going to see this movie is if you tell them to watch it. Um, right. and and I think that's accurate. I think that's true. Um, I I just uh give it like give it like a break um i would recommend watching so there's a great video and i have it in the show notes there um which is the ending to swiss army man explained that was the in my research for this that was the first thing i watched i don't watch those uh that that's a great series uh the guy that does that i don't watch those because <laughs> i need them explained to me uh, i watch I've them watched- just to like reaffirm <clears throat> do I have it right? Like, am, am I seeing this correctly? And that that video was great. It did confirm a lot of my suspicion, my thoughts on the movie. I've watched his podcast. I know I watched, you know, Prethis explained, you know, a lot of things, you know, things like that. I've watched, you know, I get that. And I should give it a break and then give it another shot. Yeah. But it's like, it's like this one weird movie that I really liked a long time ago. And I actually watched it with a girl I was dating. It called The Jacket. I don't know if you've ever seen it. With- I know. I love the jacket. That's a fantastic movie. Oh uh, my god! I've never heard of that. Uh, tell me uh, about Keira Knightley and um, Adrian Brody. Uh, Adrian right? Brody, Chris Christopherson, yeah. and Jennifer Chris Jason Le- Jennifer yeah. Jason Lee. Right? Yep. Oh, I love her. Oh, so good. Great movie. That one would like- also be a hard sell to be. Like, I would not know how to sell that movie to somebody. I would describe the ending of the movie as uplifting. Yeah, and most people that saw this said that's the most depressing movie I've ever seen in my life. I'm like, no, it's not. If you think about it, right, right. You know, if you really think about it, like that movie kind of. I remember watching it, and it was one of those movies I had to think about because I watched it on like a date night, and like she didn't know what to think of it, and I'm kind of like, oh, I didn't know what to think of it. And then I watched it again, and then I went and bought it, right. and dissected that. I dissected the shit out of that film. Yep. Like God, that's the only. I was trying to rack my brain to equate a film where. I've watched before and I've never even heard of it. Yeah. I've never even seen a preview or the marketing for that movie. And with all the actors that are in it at that time in the early 2000s, you thought it would have more marketing. 
at least with Kira Knightley, Adrian Brody just won an Academy Award. And then, you know, everybody likes to say, hey, Chris Christopherson's in this. Don't forget, you know. Right, right. So, (laughs) (laughs) ever notice they do that to him a lot? It's like, like, shit. Oh, don't forget. He's got some bad rap. I don't know what it is with him. (laughs) But they're always like, oh, he's in it. (laughs) Yeah. He's great. I don't think he's ever been bad in anything I've ever seen him. Yeah. Um, but it, I equated that to like now that more I think about Superman, I might need to give it another chance. Yeah. But it, I don't think it struck me that way because it was the marketing that ruined me for Swiss Army Man. Right. Just let it settle and and maybe do so. I I can tell you too. Like one of the things that helped reaffirm this like appreciation for the movie was watching these interviews. Like you know, hearing Daniel Radcliffe say, I mean, he's fucking Harry Potter and he's like, this is the best movie that I was ever a part of. Yeah. Right. And it's, it's like, that's like Luke Skywalker saying that about a different, like about what Corvette Summers. Corvette Summers. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And, uh, um, Jane and Silent Bob strike back. <laughs> yep. Hey, hey, whoa. <laughs> hey, hey. I have a couple um, quotes. I lo- I, on record, I love that movie. I'm just kidding. But, no, that's yeah. fair, though. I mean, he plays a character <laughs> called Cockfucker. <laughs> 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 Moto, what's I, quote? Hit me with a quote. I have a couple quotes from – it's hard to read here. It says, okay, buddy, punch. I can't remember that one. Right oh, now. yeah. No, that's an important quote because I wanted to kind of maybe – guide guide us through the movie to where like this happens and this happens it's just so that kind of like it so, though hopefully not four and a half well, hours we, we've got a good impression of like whether well I, I, the only the only impression i haven't gotten from yet is dave like what oh sure like, I, like what 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 are your, your thoughts on the movie like, I, I i echo a lot of i think what you said in terms of uh i i think i wasn't so, super sure if i liked it or super sure what i thought about it but i definitely liked it yeah, and I knew nothing going in, so I wasn't tainted by any kind of marketing. O- only that it was a singular experience. <laughs> it was kind of what you were saying. So, so yeah. I was really, I didn't know what to expect, and uh, and I just started it. Uh, to be perfectly honest, I had a small piece of cake hours before. No! Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't think that was still in too much of an effect at that point, but I thought it might be fun in case it was. But oh, uh, in yeah. any event. I um I I must not have been too strong because I remember everything quite well and I was able to take clear notes, but the yeah the main the main um I yeah I don't it's hard to know what to say about it though I, I listening to the conversation my urge is to like to make sure I just we expose what happens in the movie so that we can like talk about it freely. Well. I mean, we've all kind of shared our take. So why don't we take a, cause I have to pee. So why don't oh, we take uh, a yeah, pee break? Yeah. So let's take a pee yeah. break. And then when we come back yeah. though, let's all go right. through, let's go through a, a synopsis of the movie. Let's just go through yeah. the beats and of the movie really dive in. Yeah. and we can kind of react to that. And then after we get through the beats, then we can start talking about like, I have a page and a, I have a page and a half of paper notes plus my phone notes. Fucking A, yes. <laughs> so, I, 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 I have some funny quotes. Can we do this for the pee break? And then this is yeah, please. Edit. God, yes. no, please. I mean, there's great. This movie is very quotable for the little bit of dialogue uh, that's in it. Like, yeah, I, I, these are all quotes, and I'm sorry for the edit mess. But uh, the next one is boobs, vagina, butts. <laughs> what do you do with these things? <laughs> I can think of no better teaser. <laughs> okay. I'm, rem- I'm remembering you writing these all down now. 
It's like at a campfire, like boobs, vaginas, butts. What do you do with these things? I mean, who doesn't want to see that movie where that line is spoken? Yeah. Come on, put that in the, the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, it says, "Remember when you put that cork in my butt? Is that sex?" <laughs> <laughs> And that's going at the end. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's let's and pee, then, and then we'll. we'll oh, oh, sorry. Do you have you one more? more and then we'll push. It will push us out of the spot, and then we'll turn into poop. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The bear. Like <laughs> yeah. it, will, it will eat us, and then it'll push us out of a. Yes, yes. Uh, I like when I was searching for that GIF that I sent yesterday of like where it was like da da da, and then like had the, him riding him as the jet ski. Uh, I like the quote where he's like, uh, it's something that, like uh, women were respected back before the days of the internet or something like that. Like he, <laughs> where he's like trying to it's back when wow. women were special, you know, before the internet. And there were butt motors. Oh, <laughs> All right. Well, let's pee real quick and then uh, and then we'll come back and we'll go through a synopsis and then we'll probably have to pee again and then we'll do notes and then we'll wrap it. That sound good? Good man. Good man. All right. Crazy. I'm fucking crazy. Maybe just maybe. I'll make it alone. I think I think though that if I would have followed the marketing for this, it would have fucked me on watching it. Like it would have skewed it for me. I just I remember seeing a random preview for when I was probably listening or watching something on YouTube. <clears throat> I'm pretty sure that's where I saw it. And then I saw it come up on on demand. And I almost rented on on demand, and then I didn't. I think I rented something else that night, and then it popped up on Amazon. And I was like, "Oh, I'm gonna that's on my to do list. I'm gonna have to watch that." And then he said he had to watch it for a podcast. I'm like, "Dude, I got it right here." He's like, "All right." <clears throat> I think I <clears throat> sorry, excuse me. No, you're fine. I uh, I remember it was a week before the week day of, but that was right after a Browns game. He's like, oh, "I have to watch that for a podcast." He's like, "Want to watch after Browns game?" So of course. I are a few deep, but right, 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 right. <laughs> after huh. that, after that, and then uh, once the family all settled down, after that, we went and watched it downstairs on my TV. And yeah, I, I, I hope eventually we talk about the homoeroticism. And <laughs> there's a ton of that, and I actually have a theory on uh, on on some of that too, uh, that I'm sure we'll touch on when we get through the beats of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um. But man, oh man, intense. nice open. It's that was so a intense. great return. Every <laughs> single one is so intense. Like yeah. you know, Guinness has widgets and stuff. Right, right. These uh these milks uh milk uh, left hand brewery. Um yeah. they're so, serious about it. <laughs> this fucking nitro thing. I'm gonna tell you the best stout that I've ever had in my entire life, and if you can find it, it's really good. Is um Oscar Blues old Chubb Stout that has the mm-hmm. nitro it's got to have the nitro in it don't get the uh 
Don't get the one without the widget in it. The okay, can, right little there. small can, yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh, is that shit delicious? Jesus. We're going to have to do, you know that thing Twinkie talked about where people, he went to that uh, convention or something and people brought beers? Beer to trade. We got to yeah. do that for Iowa. Absolutely. There's so I, many things we can't get. I think that I think that we should each get like two six packs of a regional microbrew to bring to. Yeah. Because that's like a 12 it. pack per person, which is probably how much we would drink. But then we're going to trade that with everybody. You yeah. know what I mean? Um. No, I, I like that. I yeah. That plan. Shamrock, uh, are you a star? Are you a Star Wars guy? Like inherently, or is it oh, deep love yeah. for you? Do, what, you do, don't you remember when I had you to make me all the recordings of all the makings of everything and the original copies that you had? Oh, oh it's it, it alarms me that I don't remember these things, but it warms my heart so much when you remind me. <laughs> like, I, I, I hey, just like what a cool kid you are, <laughs> <laughs> or at least make me feel like I am for having the things that you want. <laughs> no, you did it. I remember bullshit with you about Star Wars many, many times in your room, and I know you were doing. I think you were doing. You were in the midst of the crow stuff, but you would <laughs> you would take the time to sit and bullshit Star Wars with me, especially after that. Oh. You know the the black VHS edition that came out because i have yeah that. oh I have, yeah the, i have the first that thing last time or whatever i have that i remember i remember saved up 75 bucks to get that fucking thing yeah and that was like once i hit 75 bucks i made i made sure i got to 100 so i'd have some money left over because my dad was always saving money and they <laughs> took me he took me to best buy i beelined it to it pulled it out of it, and i walked i was like you sure he's like you sure that what you, what you, is that what you want i'm like absolutely and i went and bought it <laughs> i kept everything i tried to like you were better at steam opening the envelope that came in it <laughs> than I was, but I, I still have it. Sits on my, <clears throat> it sits right next to my PS4. So we'll put it that. Oh, way. that's great. <laughs> that's um, really great. Vertically standing. So, oh yeah, I'm definitely a Star Wars person, and I, I am liking the uh, the newer films much more than I did the prequels. Yes, not not, not that the prequels were without merit. I no. have looked back on that when I'm see there's some merit there, but I think the storytelling kind of just went off the fucking walls there. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. from a storytelling, I want to see the Topher Grace cut of the prequels so bad, too, yeah. so bad. Wait, I just wish, that. Uh, so can't, can't you find like like what in no. terms of like content someone describing I, I, it? So like he can't release. Obviously, he can't release his cut. What yeah. I wish he would release is his editing notes like i yeah. use these scenes because then we could make it like then we could edit it ourselves that, that's kind of what i was thinking yeah you know what i mean? like <laughs> so if he released like his editing notes even that would be fantastic but basically he took all three prequels he wanted to teach himself how to edit so he took all three prequels and basically edited them down into like it's something like a like a 115 minutes long and he showed like a really small group of journalists, like movie reviewers from like websites. He invited them to his house and like, they weren't allowed to take any pictures. They obviously weren't going to get any copies of this movie, but they were able to screen it. And every one of the journalists that were there were like, this is the best version of the prequels you could ever experience. Like they're perfect. Um, and it, it, it and just like to read these reviews of the to it's called the Topher Grace cut of the prequels. Wow. And to hear the reviews of it, like I'm just like I would just give 
anything to see anything and it's just it's the star wars fan in me i want to redeem those movies i want to like them you know i just can't oh sidebar sorry long walk short drink so i can do this right yeah absolutely (laughs) topar grace has a cameo in the new get shorty series nice and he's basically like the rated r version of his character in uh, oceans 11 (laughs) oh awesome Awesome. There's, no, there's no other way to describe it, but it, it, it's a good cameo. I'm not, <laughs> That's awesome. He's in a couple episodes, but they're very brief, and I'm just like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> I was just like, "But it was funny." It's it's classic. I can't even. Oh, I haven't thought of him in ages, and I was just listening to WTF the podcast this week, and Jenna Fisher, you know, Pam from The Office was on, and they brought up Topher Grace. Like she did a movie with Topher Grace at some wow. point, and both Jenna Fisher and grumpy mark Marin are both like that guy's cool i like his work I'm like what so for grace what was that, what's that independent movie he made where he's like the he's like a ceo or something and he like doesn't like it but he like he's like that's not the one stuff? where he's like dennis quaid is, is in it is it or am i thinking the wrong thing uh i don't that's, know that's the one mark Marin liked i think it's like the boss's a, daughter or some shit that's a romantic comedy yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. no i don't oh, think it's that one it's i'm like, thinking it, the wrong person like Cause I thought I had this negative connotation about him, but what the boss's daughter is um, that's the guy from the other guy from the '70s show that like dated Demi Moore. What's that oh no, I think I think they're well. I might be saying the wrong thing then. Like I, I remember it too. It was like Topher Grace and Dennis Quaid and something else. But I'm I'm conf- I'm conflating to- Topher Grace with Toby Maguire. Oh yeah, uh, who I heard yeah. the story about uh, in relation to Jason Mewes, who like. They so like Toby McGuire and a few of his like friends, Hollywood friends from the time, at some point like bullied Jason Mewes as an adult, <laughs> like in a parking lot or something. They're what? like You're in the wrong place, pal. Like it's some kind of like I've heard it from Jason Mewes in some kind of interview or podcast, but obviously it's not. I don't know, but but it's just amusing to me that idea of them being like. You know we're Hollywood and you're a dipshit. <laughs> oh shit, wow. that's bullshit. It must have been pre Spider Man three. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, pre Spider Man three. Side, okay, another, another sidebar, real quick. Jason, <laughs> yes, Jason, sure. Jason Mewes made it. I didn't even know this, but he made his own vape juice. Also, he directed a movie. <laughs> he recently. did. Yeah. No, I did not know that. Yeah, he Holy did. Shit. <laughs> I'm mad I never got to try any of his vape juice because the store I used to go to that carried it stopped carrying it. So I guess oh, it wasn't I guess it wasn't oh, that good. Rip <laughs> off. Perhaps. Muse so, juice. I can only imagine it's called Muse Juice. Muse yes. juice. I hope that that's I don't That is exactly it's what it's called. I'm not even kidding you. It's called Muse Juice. I probably oh. heard that, to be fair, but it's, oh that's my gosh, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's do a quick let's do a quick Dave, why don't you do the quick rundown of the beats because you're okay yeah you wanna, i'll do you my best give the rundown of the movie so like i do why and, don't and you, you guys the beats? please anyone jump in at any point to help facilitate sure. things moving along i'm just gonna sure. kind of go off my notes which are not meant in this way though i uh, well the first note i have so it's not i guess the beat um paul dano starts to sing to himself pretty early on it's like crazy maybe i'm yeah. crazy he he realizes pretty early on that this is the what he's experiencing with Manny. So he dubbed, he eventually learned him that to be, yeah, Harry Potter's name. Um, 
is probably not entirely real. But he doesn't necessarily let that stop him from it helping propel him forward. There are clues <laughs> that support both takes that Manny oh. exists and Manny doesn't exist. There are clues for both of them. So Oh, nice, nice. Well, so the obvious the, the title of the film is Swiss Army Man, which is not I mean, it's probably emerging in our conversation what that's getting towards, but initially, you know, the farting helps him uh, propel himself to to the shore, right. and then he's he's dying of thirst, and suddenly, I don't know if he's trying to maybe he's trying to revive him again or something. Something, excuse me, but then water starts to pour out of Manny's mouth, and then he's able to drink it and stay alive. So he's giving him water at the time he needs it. Essentially, the Swiss Army metaphor is that this body, <laughs> this dead farting body, is kind of. Is like this multi-purpose tool that is keeping this right. uh, this stranded person alive. So there's this. So I have a, a note that puppet makes him talk at some point. Like he's like, you know, he's got this dead body that he acknowledges is probably dead, but he's trying to still be kept company by it. So he like reaches up by his mouth. I don't know. The bride and I do this every once in a while. Sure. Somebody's not talking, and then like literally, kind of grab their face and be like, "You just say something what you think they're thinking." <laughs> so he does that to Manny. He's like making him talk, and then suddenly, the the Manny character, Harry Potter, like goes, "Okay, buddy." Yeah, <laughs> and Paul Dano freaks out, screams, freaks and the punches fuck him. out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because at that moment, is that's at least in the narrative of the film, like it's no longer in his head. Like the dead body is talking to him. Right. Kind of like an animated corpse in a, in a way, you know, whatever. Verisimilitude out the window. But like he's, he's, it's rigor mortis, I guess. Like he's, he's not fully moving his face or mouth, but he is speaking. And then uh, it kind of, yeah, it kind of goes from there. And he, I have this quote, he says, you're a miracle or I'm hallucinating from starvation, which is kind of the, that's the. It's either one of the, one or both of those things right. in the whole movie, right? Right. But I, I would I would interject there. Say from the start, he wanted to kill himself, stranded on an island, and then he found this dead body and says, "This is why I need to live." Is this dead body? Right. So, hmm. oh. Um, and, uh, well, and, and and there's a there's a consensus of fans who say that he successfully killed himself, and you're just like, oh, this oh, is oh. him, like. I kind of, I kind of, I, I was, there were so many things that were running through my head with him finding the dead body that either he's dead, he's hallucinating this. I'm trying to figure it out. I'm all right. I remember saying this to you, Moto, a couple of times. Yeah. I'm trying to figure this out and I could not figure it out. It was pissing yeah. me off because you're right. This movie is not what you expected at all. Yep. And it, <clears throat> it brings you to these, uh, it's almost like it wants you to make your own conclusion no matter how this movie is going to end. You're going to take yeah. it one way, and 10 other people are going to take it 10 different ways. Yep. Uh, well, and uh, to interject the, inter the Q&A that I watched with the directors, a person stands up and said, because the directors just made a comment on how the movie was talking about, I forget what the, what the point is that they make, but it's, it's basically like this is the message. This is one of the messages that we wanted the movie to portray. And then the next question that's asked was, uh, aside from X, this thing that you just mentioned, when you were making the movie or writing the script, what were you envisioning 
your audience to take from it. And I'm like, I, there might be directors that have done this before in the past, but like without missing a beat, one of the two guys was just like, well, you just watched because they had watched, they had screened the movie and then they were doing a Q and a at the end. And he's like, well, you just watched it. What, what did you take from it? And then the guy was like, well, I, I definitely felt like this. And he like gives this long thing. And like the director was like, perfect. And he's like, next question. Like, he's just, you know what I mean? Like he, they, they, but they it's come art. back to it. And it's just like that. That's the point. Like there's, there, Manny's all fantasy. Manny's real. Manny, you know, like this all happened and it didn't. It's tool. It's yeah. art. It's meant yeah. for interpretation. Well, see, I'm glad Moda brought that up because it's like, I, I, I don't even remember the musician that said this. It's just like, when they're asking somebody what's a song, I forget I forget who even said this, but they're just like, well, what's the song about? And they're like, well, what do you think it's about? Yeah, yep. You know what? And it's just like, it's. It, I wrote it, but it means something different to me. If it means something to you different, then I'm not going to tell you it's wrong. Right. It's not my. It's not my job as an artist to tell you your interpretation of my work is wrong. Right. Absolutely. Right. So it's I. I, I really like that, and it's because like you listen to the lyrics. Uh, I'm trying to think of a song that I took completely different than what it really meant. Um, oh, it ruins it. It ruins it. Yeah, I don't yeah. want to know. I don't want to know. Like yeah. uh, I think it might have been. I would really want behind a small counter. I think that oh, was one of those songs that. Nice. When I, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just thinking of an example where, like, I don't, I take it as just me remember when I moved away. I remember me, me remembering my hometown, you know, and then I know the song had a completely different meaning to, you know, Eddie Vedder when he wrote it or he wrote it, right? Was it him? I think so, yeah. Though yeah. I, I, I don't know the meaning of that one offhand, at least in terms of him having said, how no, did it, what was no. the dichot, like, the how did it, stack up against what you thought and how did it disappoint you now i'm trying to remember what it was about because it was completely but you heard it like from the authors that said like uh well, actually i meant this well i'm trying more like regrets rather than remembering something i think is how i interpret it or maybe is it that one or off he goes off he goes might have been another oh. one oh. I'm, That's I, I'm pretty oh. sure I don't even know the meaning behind that song, but I'm pretty sure I'm misinterpreting it because of some of the lyrics in the well, song. I, I but I view it that for myself with with Shamrock. And, right, and I, yeah, yeah, I know, and that's like it means a lot to me. Your meaning of the song, but I know is that what they had in mind. I have no idea, but who cares? That means something to us, and that's all I care about. So it's as a songwriter, there's only one time I can think of that someone had expressed to me the meaning of something they thought that really I was like, fuck. Not only is that not what I meant, but like I don't like that. No. <laughs> I'm not gonna say what it is. It doesn't really matter. But it actually it was like a collaborator. Uh, <laughs> the one of the guys like playing the music with me, and I was like, dude, <laughs> that is so not what I meant. In terms of like, I hope you like think of it in this other way that's actually positive as opposed to what you're imagining. Right. Not, but but like how like that that guy like how in the world would he know? Like he took it the way it seemed to make sense to him. Yeah, yeah. As, as someone who uh, is, is trying to like express certain things, just myself in conversation, <laughs> it's so <laughs> disheartening sometimes to know how far afield like. Yeah, come across, but it's it's exciting to know that like things can enrich people's lives in the way that 
something like this, like the, the this kind of oblique <laughs> movie that obviously is imbued with like serious intent, despite yeah. whatever like farting is going on, or maybe because <laughs> of the farting going on. I, it's, I, it's, oh man, it's so beautiful. It's just such a beautiful movie, well, I, like visually I, and just the mess. I don't know, it's beautiful. Well, I'll touch on the visual and. I didn't even think about it like this. I was going to bring it up, but I didn't think about it until I talked to you guys. But also, it's like the dichotomy of ah, shoot, now I just lost my thought. Um, there's, um, I lost it. Go ahead, go ahead, Moto. One, I lost it. One of it. the other things beyond the water pumping and the farting, and uh, you know, talking to him when he wants to kill himself, which yeah, he very well may be dead and dreaming the whole time but uh the other thing was his eventually he had a boner that was a dick <laughs> magnet to being saved yeah to, they let him home to, like the, the, yeah a dick magnet we need to form a band right now called dick, <laughs> dick magnet yes that is a band <laughs> like i don't but that was totally happened. That was totally part of the movie. And yeah. uh, this is also a part of it because we got to move, you know, with like things are happening. But eventually, this is my kind of my beef or one of my things that, and these guys were just fucking stoned doing whatever the hell they wanted to do. But they were after this girl and the dead carcass was after the girl. And yep. that was love and that was masturbation and that was sex. <laughs> and, um. But they were they were after this girl, and then they found the girl. And um, frankly, I forgot a lot of it. It was weird. But all of a sudden, in the movie, they turn it into this really homosexual scene, the biggest homosexual scene I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> and they're like butt farting out of the ocean and making out, and they just do a one eighty like 78% through the movie and it's all of a sudden now they're really really gay and it's the biggest gayest scene you've ever seen it was really weird so can I explain can I give my take on that scene I love it here yeah or or explain sort of what yeah that out of context it's like what (laughs) yeah well I mean that I don't I, I don't think that scene is as gay as the stuff as the bus the bus stuff or the like when he makes the whole like they're having a Halloween party and he like comes out as her mm-hmm. after the party oh, and they yeah. almost kiss. I, I was that's a, I was very like I I, I don't <laughs> care You're holding my hand. Yeah, I, yeah, oh yeah. I don't care. <laughs> but I mean I was uncomfortable during that scene. I was like, what? Absolutely. I think that's way more homoerotic than the like making out because they're like trying to breathe underwater. But here's so I was I was I was telling Shamrock I watched the the ending to Swiss Army Man explained. There's a series on YouTube that where it's like the ending of X explained. And this guy does a really great job of just like giving his take, his interpretation of of abstract movies where I mean obviously he doesn't do like the ending to Thor Ragnarok explained. It's very straightforward right. on how that ending goes, right? Doesn't he do? No, he did not do this. It was somebody else that did the. I was going to touch on this. I'll touch on it later. Go ahead. Okay. Right. 
So, um, and I was telling Shamrock, like, I don't, I didn't watch that to like get like st- pointers. I watched that to like confirm if what I was taking, if I was, if my interpretation of the movie aligned with somebody else, right? Whenever I watched those. And uh, he broke it down that Manny is like Hank's id, like Hank's subconscious, like he's driven by his like, his his suppressed emotions and actions and so he's trying to reconnect with those emotions throughout the journey of swiss army man wow is it living or dying like that's the question what do you think moto and whatever you think is right (laughs) that's what the directors want yeah think about till then yeah and so and so if you think of Manny as his id, and then you have to think about their masturbation conversations, and <laughs> Hank talks about, I mean, stick with me on this one, because this is, this, is, this is all like Palmer theory here. Okay. So like Hank talks about how he can't masturbate because he got to the point where whenever he masturbated, he thought about his mom. Oh, right. Right? Oh, yeah, I and so he that. couldn't masturbate anymore. And then Hank's just like, in that scene where they almost kiss, Manny so thinks gross. he's talking to Sarah, but actually it's Hank, right? Because Hank even breaks uh. character at one point. He's like, whoa, that was just between us. And Hank's like, no, just roll with it. And so he puts the wig back on and he's talking and he's like, he's like, my friend doesn't masturbate because he always thought about his mom, but his mom told him to masturbate because it would make him happy. And so I think he should just masturbate because it makes him happy. So the scene where they make out underwater and then come out of water, if you think of butt jets, butt jets, if you think of Manny, if you think of Manny as Hank's id, his subconscious, I think when they kiss and they come out of the water, that's Hank finally being comfortable with masturbating again. I think that's him like connecting back with his id. And he's like, ready, you know, like it's not. Jeez, so I'm gonna go with this, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna segue into something because I it got my train of thought from earlier, because what you said earlier plays into it. So, I like that, you know, the, the masturbation, you know, like because you felt wrong about it again. That falls into the repression theme of the film, and <clears throat> and it. <laughs> This is a little side note. If you haven't caught the Netflix series Big Mouth, you should because it's about a bunch oh, of Oh, no, kids it's fucking movies. fantastic. That was Fuck almost yeah. my Palmer's pleasure. That was almost my Palmer's Whoa! pleasure. Fuck yeah. What's the, Big uh, Mouth? The ho- the hor- oh, my God. Watch it. There's no way to explain it. You no. gotta watch it. The hormone monster is hilarious. Yep. The hormone. Yep. And I, if there was, you know, if it was, an, if, if Danny Radcliffe was his id, he'd be the hormone monster. So. Yep. Yep. <laughs> if yep. that makes any sense. And that's, you know, that. But, um, Mine was the more, uh, you know, they were going, whether he's dead or alive, whether he's fake or he's real, if you're going into either one of those, uh, the movie, I I guess I'm picking up more on it now that I think about it than I was when I was watching it. It's, again, it's that how life is, no matter how you look at it, life is funny. And one could say if, you know, if God has a sense of humor, it's human beings. So... <laughs> Not if that makes any sense at that's all, that's fucking brilliant. I've never heard that before. That's awesome. <laughs> I, I, you know, that's how I've kind of looked at it. You know, and if you know, 
if you can't laugh at yourself, then you, you, yep. you can't you can't laugh at all. So I was, you know, I, I thought about that. Yeah, I remember um, there was uh, my uncle used to say, uh, he, he always used to say, it'd be damn decent of you. He's like, hey, uncle, you want a cup of coffee? Hey, you pop or something, it'd be damn decent of you. I'll never forget when he was passed away from cancer, I wasn't around. He, um, I guess there was one day he had already, uh, he hadn't been given his last rites. He's, he was Catholic. And he's, he, 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 had, he didn't, couldn't really move. He was, he was old, you know, he wasn't old, but he was, uh, cancer was getting, getting the better of him. So he popped up in bed one day and said, I'm ready. Call the priest. I'm ready. I'm ready to go. So the priest raced there, gave him his last rites. And then he hung on for like another two weeks. I'm pretty sure at one point, you know, I'm glad it's sad, but I'm laughing about this because I'm at some point I'm pretty sure he's praying to guys like, Hey, be damn decent of you. Just took me right now. You know, like, <laughs> like he's getting his last rights. You know what I mean? Cause, voice. Cause he was just, he was just ready to go, you know, and yeah. it, it didn't happen. And I'm like, what the hell? And like, it was, that's a life and death moment. That was comic. Cause that's my uncle. He's just like, yeah. I'm ready. Let's go. Let's do this. Yep. And, it's one of those. I, 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 the more I look at it in this movie, I'm like, well, there's, there's comedic. <laughs> it's comedic and it's sad in its own right. And I don't know yes. how to take. I, I knew how to take that because I wasn't. I, unfortunately, I was overseas when my uncle passed. But I could. I. That's the memory I have. I don't have sad memories. I don't have. Uh, that stuff. But it's like when you're thinking about this, you know, this guy has this repression, these regrets, and all this. In that respect, it's sad. But then you got this farting Swiss Army man that is the comedic relief. So it makes you laugh along the way here and there. But I guess in my frame of mind when I went into it, I just – I found the funny parts and I knew it was funny. I missed the deeper points. Right. And I think that – I I mean, in, in really a lot of it, I found through this research and through watching it the second time. So I would be interested to see how your thoughts – change on the movie if you just like give it a pause for a little bit and like let it settle mm. especially after this conversation and then go back to it and and uh i i mean because the first time you watch it you're like yeah this is a one-timer it's and not because there's anything off-putting just because what am i going to take from it on a second viewing i even felt that way even and mm. i and I, I mean it was it impacted me deep enough to put it in my top five um top five of 2016. Oh, no, 2016. Oh, okay. Um, okay. But I but again though, I I mean, I can legitimately say I've never seen a movie like this before. And in this research and in watching it the second time, I I, I mean, maybe it might be. Like it's just I don't fucking know, man. It's so good to me. It just it just struck a chord with me. Like to know I don't know to know that because in the end this is more evidence that it's not it's it, it's all in Hank's head so when they're running back to the ocean they're able to do like the whole movie seems like this like months long journey trying to get back to society between Hank and Sarah. Mary right that, that was to sarah like to and to get and to sarah to like, a girl they didn't know yeah, either one to a girl they didn't know before, before you get to your revelation though i feel like for double d or whoever's not gonna watch this movie let's just get him there quick i won't even okay 
I won't even like comment on what happens. Let's just try to say what it is. So like we're talking about wigs and shit like that. We're giving Dave we're giving Dave five minutes to give a synopsis yeah. from I'm not even gonna look at anything. I'm just gonna try to go from memory. You guys can hopefully help me get there yep. just like just go what on. happens so that we all know. Yep. So you like he's the Swiss Army man. He gives him what he needs to survive. At a certain point, like there's a cell phone involved. I that 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 shows up and the cell phone has like the screensaver or whatever it is. The default image is a, is a woman's like, uh, let me find her breast name. You to, to head or something like that. Like it's, you a, see, it's you just see a her picture face. of her getting on the bus. You find out yeah, it's her getting the t- on the bus. Yeah. You evidently, yeah. you eventually find out it's like a picture that, that lonely Hank took of this woman on the bus that she didn't even know. But when you right. first see it easily, it's the kind of picture like I have on my phone of my wife and my dog, but there's no dog. Like right. it's this like kind of alluring picture of a woman. Manny sees it. It's like, what's that? And that starts, starts to spark a, a conversation about this woman, but also like eventually he gets to like telling this reanimated corpse farting corpse or the, <laughs> the, the spews water or whatever the basic sort of facts of life and having to tell him about these things and hear them in such simple and plain english makes you as the viewer as i'm sure it does hank as the person reconsider just the you know so sometimes like if you say something out loud you realize by the time you've said it out loud you've kind of answered your own question or whatever it is. Like sometimes just hearing something in plain English puts it in stark relief and helps you understand it in different light. So I think as a viewer, that's what you hear when uh, kind of like as a child or as a toddler or something, Hank has to educate Manny on all of these seemingly innocent, but sometimes kind of odd questions, whether it's about farting or masturbating or whatever, like Manny starts to get a boner looking at this picture on the phone (laughs) but and then in the context of the movie like his erection points the way to where they need to go to somehow get out again he's literally sarah it points to sarah to to this woman sarah dick magnet Um, dick magnet yeah and at a certain point too like and i guess (laughs) that was my dick's nickname in college by the way (laughs) yes oh that's a good one that's a good one you named your dick sarah (laughs) (laughs) well played sir that's better than like say because like dick magnet would imply that my dick attracted other dicks (laughs) in hindsight that was one of those jokes where it was like uh that doesn't really fit so if i call it somebody call it sarah it'll attract chicks huh (laughs) um just to, to all not... over fucking everything, all over my notes, all over this keyboard. Oh no! Yeah. Shit. How did you spell it? Was it your boner that pointed the way? <laughs> yeah. Knocked it over. Was yeah. it pointing the way to your beer? Yeah. <laughs> I'm so uh, sorry. Keep going, Dave. You're doing oh, no, great. No. Um. So yeah. So he starts like, but but a lot of this education about life, you know, some of it's like, yeah, why do you hold in your farts? Why do you not masturbate? All this stuff these innocent questions that come from this dead body that um, have to be answered kind of innocently and honestly by the Hank character. To Um, the point that Paul Dino at one point tells Manny, he's like, you can't just say everything that comes into your mind. Like you have to, and then, and then, and then Manny's like, well, that's sad. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah, like ob- kind of obvious but insightful things like that are right. all over the place in this. And eventually, like this whole thing with Sarah and the phone and the boners, like Paul Dano starts to dress up as best he can at, to look like the person in the 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 dying cell phone, like the, the cell phone battery is dying. There's no service, but like Manning wants to understand and he wants to understand why he's getting Hank convinces Manny that that is his phone and that yeah. Sarah is his girlfriend or wife. Manny's phone. Yeah. Yeah. When it turns out later, we find out it's something it's Hank's phone. Hank actually took this picture of someone on the bus that he never had the courage to talk to. But so that that's where this stuff with the wig and all the homoeroticisms that we're talking about comes about because like Hank is trying, I guess in some ways to educate Manny on just what he's feeling. There's some stuff where he's helping Manny thinks that he, that Hank is trying to help him remember being alive. Oh yeah, and remember this person that was probably in his life, like essentially tried to remember this this Sarah as we're calling her, or I guess it's her name, but like that Manny thinks was perhaps his wife in in his real life. That he's so like they're they're reenact. So so Hank is like putting on, trying to make wigs out of things, and like creating the scenario of the bus, and yeah, like they kind of reenact this romance it's it's very interesting to to see it all played out but don't and you yeah, like, go ahead sorry don't you like how in an innocent way it's, it's like okay so it he, he calls him out on his bullshit because he he can't say everything that comes into his head but so he just says what makes sense to him and he calls him out on his bullshit like on the bus and stuff and they have to like restart um it's funny because it's, it's I see this with kids, like with my niece and nephew or my girlfriend's kids. It's just like, it's just like, <clears throat> I don't know. It's so innocent, but, and they're not, they're not saying what's popping into their heads. They're trying to make sense of what they're seeing. Right. So it totally hits the, re- so he has to keep hitting the reset button and showing, I don't know. Right. I, thought, I thought it was interesting. Uh, now that you bring it up and I'm thinking about it, he's just, He's observing everything. He's just like a child. And from a meta standpoint, if you think about it, if he doesn't exist or this is his id or this is his inner monologue, he is teaching himself. Whether he's teaching a corpse, he's teaching himself. He's trying to reconnect with his impulses, his his desires, all that stuff. Um, Which is another great quote. When they come across, they stumble across the Jurassic Park theme, and he's like, "If you don't know Jurassic Park, you don't know you shit." Don't know shit. <laughs> yes, <laughs> because of course Manny doesn't know, and because Manny right. doesn't know they're not real or whatever. He does. That's right. He doesn't know anything. He's the tabula rasa. He's the blank slate yep. for us to like put everything on. Yeah. <laughs> but that's that's the fun of this like this movie is that it is it's rather profound in a lot of ways and i definitely sense that watching it i i'm not saying i understood it but yeah. i know that i knew that there were some really fundamental human like truths trying to be discussed and at the same yeah, time the yeah there's farts don't hold your farts in there's boners like, pointing the way there's uh if you don't know Jurassic Park, you don't know shit. And like, I have this note that like he teaches them everything like a child, including like what is Netflix. Like, yeah, or, or like, man, he says at some point like, what is Netflix? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, 
Yeah, it's a real gem of a movie in that way. So, but to round out the story, just so that we can round out our conversation thereof, is that eventually they do somehow find their way to civilization. They find their way to this Sarah person who's on the phone. And, and as we've talked about, like, and then they've kind of role played, you know, they're both in love with her at this point, like manning the, the, uh, the, uh, the undead corpse and uh, Hank, the, the, the survivor of, I don't, we don't know what, I guess (laughs) the shipwreck survivor or something. Um, who never had the courage to speak to her? Eventually, they encounter each other. And yeah, he was it's never like, on an island. You know that, right? He was never uh, on an island. No, I guess I didn't. He was well, on an island. Like, let's get back to that because we're okay. Only- we'll do the we'll do the but, metaphorical shit. Like you do the synopsis, and then I'll do the meta. Yeah, because I I'd really like to dig into it more, but I just yeah. like listening to some of it. I'm like nobody could follow this. Like, we're talking about wigs, and yeah. people making out and ejaculating underwater. But so, <laughs> I think so, all of that stuff. But in, like, if I heard that, I'd be like, I gotta watch this movie. Oh, I, don't I know hope so. Problem, yeah. I gotta watch the movie. Absolutely. Well, I hope people oh, do yeah. watch this movie. And to not give too much away, eventually they do get confronted with this woman and get confronted with the reality of whatever's going on and then make a choice. So let's not give it away. So actually, that, that is kind of enough, I feel like, in terms of yeah. now we can. And, and it's ambiguous enough that any interpretation you have of manny and hank's existence is accurate i think i think there's evidence that you could say that manny existed there's evidence that manny didn't exist there's evidence that manny existed but hank made him in his mind um like functional like a real person um i was going to compare it to the crow when said the crow said don't look Oh my god. It's kind of like is this uh is this the halfway part between life and death? Yeah. And the whole crossed don't look in this torture between life and death there. Purgatory. Uh, yeah. Wow. Wow. That's actually very uh it makes a lot of sense moto actually because in the, the in the in the comic book the crow the the crow bird. So you have to separate what you know about the film or whatever. The crow bird is some kind of piece of the character's personality that he like latched onto to help him divorce himself from the horrific reality of what was going on, which was in this case he was shot in the head and his fiance is being gang raped and killed. So, but in the context of this movie, like if you're dying of hunger, and you kind of create this thing to which to which you can escape and step outside of the situation. Um, and get through it. That's kind of yeah. That's like what Manny is. Well, it's uh, yeah. I was gonna tie into like you know, it's like the um, it's a vision or it's uh, it's a uh, the best. How does way- this work with the hero's journey? Like, I'm sorry, that's probably not where you are now. But maybe <laughs> oh, no, no, I, it could very, it could very much. You know, that's if you were gonna compare it to at this point, he is probably would be in the belly of the whale. He is getting ready to hang himself. Well, I that you know what that's to be argued, but he's getting ready to hang himself. He is getting ready to end it all, and he is at the lowest of the low. And the lowest of the low in the hero's journey would be the belly of the whale, and that's yeah. where they have their metaphorical moment where it's either rise above or just fall. Yeah, and so the whole movie could just be the belly of the whale, I guess, if you look at it, because he never technically. Not to throw any spoilers, 
I mean, no, this spoil like spoilers abound, man. Go ahead. Technically, he doesn't get out of the belly of the whale. I mean, yeah. no, he goes back into it, really. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah, he goes to live in it. So, um, what I was gonna go for was, but uh, it, just oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, 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 no. But he does get redemption at the end, though. He I, does. I feel yeah. like um, he gets realization, and you know, he gets a realization that. But then again, he. It's almost like he he reaches that precipice. He doesn't necessarily jump. He just dangles a leg over. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. If that makes any sense at all? No, no, it does. Yeah. Um, because he goes back. Yeah. Or he decides to live half and half. I essentially. Um. No, I totally agree with that. Uh, Whose fault is this? Who picked this movie? <laughs> you know who fucking picked this movie. <laughs> Ooh, um, cyborg cyborg, cyborg picked this movie yeah where 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 i was gonna go with this was because uh, you know essentially it's kind of a survival story but you you get you get they put him in an actual survival situation but actually it's a mental survival situation not yeah. a physical survival situation and so in any survival situation it does become a mental battle and this is kind of the other side of it i remember watching uh I forget what it was, but it was, you know, I told you I'm a history buff and it was a documentary and this guy was telling how he was in the first Gulf war. Uh, he was a British special forces guy and he got trapped behind enemy lines and he lost his entire team. They didn't die. Not all of them died. Some did, but some got captured and he was trying to get to the cool. I forget which border it was, but he was trying to get to a border and he knew which direction he had to go. He had to fight off people, but the vision that kept him going was his daughter sitting on the couch and he was looking at her from behind and he saw the Christmas tree and that was the direction he needed to go. And he said, I kept seeing this and every time I would veer off track and all this, I keep following this. So it's like, it was almost like the character, uh, Danny Radcliffe's character was like, he had to keep following this to reach that actualization. It's the weird things like that. Like you actually saw that in the middle of the desert, your daughter sitting on a couch at a Christmas tree. It's like you actually saw a dead guy on a desert island that really wasn't a right. desert island. You know, it's some of those things, and uh, you hear those stories, and then you take this movie, and it just takes that whole premise, muddles it all together, and it's not even about what it really is. It's about a mental battle inside the guy's head, and that's that's really <clears throat> where I. I that's my my take on it is that this now that you I listen to you guys take your takes that's where I kind of that's where yeah. I lie in the uh, the field of this I, the 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 island that he is the quote unquote like deserted island that he's trapped on is the island he put himself on he's isolated from society mm. on that island and he's isolated himself so much that he knows, like, the only way that he, it's he's so miserable because he isolated himself because of his suppression of things as simple as farts and masturbation, which if he suppressed those two basic human things, right, you know he suppressed all the complex shit, too. There's that, that great quote that uh, I think Manny says that he says if my best friend hides his farts from me what else is he hiding exactly 
and he's isolated himself so much that he's so miserable. That's why he's ready to commit suicide. And and not to be spoilerific, but like where I was getting at earlier, where the movie it seems like their journey to get back to society, i.e., Sarah, takes months. At the end, when they're getting back to the ocean, to the coast, they're able to go back through every setting in a run. Like every event that they went through in the movie, they pass back through it. Everybody who follows him back to the coast, to the ocean, where Manny ultimately goes back out into the ocean, they run past everything. They run past the bus. They run past the like riverfront cafe. They run past like his cave. They they pass by all those things that the movie implies took months or weeks at least for Manny and, and Hank to get from back to society. They do it in one in in one motion again. So he was he was right in Sarah's backyard, a runs away from Sarah's backyard this entire movie, you know. Um wow including the island that he was trapped on because that he put himself on. <laughs> that was that's one- my take on it yeah wow. like that's really like that i has n- none of that occurred to me but it makes perfect sense that was one thing that did what didn't make sense was that they go from a tropical island <clears throat> and i noticed that the scenery is changing and I, I think i mentioned to I'm like dude they're in a jungle they're in like the the, the northwest like you, you could tell, I could tell the change of scenery because I've seen it. Like that's not a tr- that's that's like the that's like the Northwest, dude. That's like Seattle or Washington yeah. or some shit. And that's where they shot it, like the redwood forests of like yeah. Northern California and Southern <clears throat> Washington. Like that's yeah, that's where they shot. Yeah. So, um, I didn't. I knew that meant something. I didn't. I was trying to figure out what it meant. Yeah. Until like that, they're in our backyard now. Like what? What the fuck just happened? That's that's the whole thing. Is like because like you're going on this journey with both of them, and you're like, like when they get stuck in that ravine before he learns the like grappling hook trick, you know? <laughs> yeah. And that's where they do the bus, like all the bus stuff, mm. and then they run by all of that. Like he spent days long enough to build that bus, and then to recreate all that stuff. And then they run right by it in like five seconds in in that last closing montage to get back to the coast. And he was so far away from Sarah earlier in the movie when they were doing that bus stuff. Hmm. You know what I mean? Right. Um, For listeners and stuff like the bus, what we're talking about, and even other things like Hank builds all these he builds yeah. physical structures like these kind of little boats that float where he writes yeah. on them that he's stranded alone. Um, yeah, it's very much a kind of lost at scene, like that message in a bottle, but it's not a glass bottle carrying a paper message. It's like paper boats and other structures that he's yeah. constructed, like and With built the kind of organ. Yeah. His notes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Notes that you see at the very beginning and kind of carries throughout. It's almost like he's reaching out now that, now that you describe it as you have, like that he's trying to reach out to people, but he doesn't know how. Right. And, uh, I, 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 man, and see, and this is where, this is where I start to get into like why this movie is so fucking brilliant. Um, it's deep. It's, it's deep. It's like onions. I mean, it's like an onion with layers. 
And then you start to get into, like, I mean, if I start to get into my notes, like, it's just... Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, fuck it. Please do. I um, mean, <laughs> listen, there aren't podcasts talking about Swiss Army Man, to my knowledge. I think it, yeah. Yeah, I think it falls to us to do it for everyone. Um, well, the, I mean, so the first thing that I think of is, like, these guys came from a back... The directors, uh, Daniels, came from a background of commercials and music video. I love music video directors turn movie directors because I think that the soundtrack and the score of a movie is one of the characters of the movie. And typically when a movie is made, the director has zero say in what music gets put in that movie. Um, the score is a little different, but uh, commercial music that gets used, they don't have any say in. Um, but I love when music direct, when music video directors, which uh, we've already talked about, Spike Jones is one of them. David Fincher is one of them. Uh, I'm trying to think who else. Good examples of this. Oh, um, Maybe not music video directors, but just people who have a, mu a background in music. So Cameron Crowe is another one who wrote for Rolling Stone for decades, uh, you know, as a minor. Uh, they pay very special attention. They fight for the right to pick their soundtracks um, because they know how important the music is to the movie that they're making. The and Crow, Braveheart. Yes, yeah. any great movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and so... I, I, I went to, um, which if you go to, let me find the link to it. Uh, the Daniels have their own website that has all of their videography on it. So you can see all of their music videos that they've directed and then all of their commercials that they've directed. And when you watch, I, so I watched every single one of these videos. Oh, yesterday. wow. Um, oh. And in watching them, you realize uh, you can see Swiss Army Man in every single one of those videos. Really? Uh, How yeah. so? Like, what do you mean? Uh, just um, so uh, okay. So here's a great example, and we should probably we should probably watch this video. Do we have the time to do that? Are you guys up for that? Let's take a break. Let's pee. I gotta pee. Um. So we'll come back and we'll watch this video, but I'll, I'll preface it so that we can think about it. So, oh, damn it. I just took you guys on a journey. You guys didn't see it. Oh, did you go pee <laughs> while we were talking? I'm so sorry, man. I saw you no, moving with the kid. I, I, I heard everything. I carried the laptop. Don't worry. I know. That's fucking awesome. But I saw you moving and I'm like, is he going to another room? Like, Dave, does he have to get out, like, out to the porch because he's going to wake somebody up? I wish I had a laptop. I would take you to the bathroom. I would just pee with you. Yeah. Um, I just had to thank my girl. Yeah. So, <laughs> so long um, walk, short journey. But Daniel Radcliffe, when in one of the interviews that I watched, uh, they they're talking to Daniel Radcliffe, and he says he's like, uh, so they they directed the video for the music video for Turn Down for What? Yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. I yeah. know what you're talking about. Yeah. No, we're gonna watch it. We're gonna watch it when we come back. So don't spoil. Okay. Oh, so they directed the video for Turn Down for What? And so Daniel Radcliffe was like, 
have you seen the video for turned down for what in this interview that they're watching and they're like oh of course wow. and he's like so if you if you've seen that video you know like if you tried to pitch if you tried to pitch that video on paper nobody would get it they'd be like you're fucking crazy but they pitch really bad ideas and then make them beautiful and that's what this movie is if you tried to like pitch this to a oh, friend yeah. that's why i didn't tell you guys about a farting corpse i'm just like yeah this movie was in my top five for 2016. <laughs> but if i've been like it's about harry potter dead and farting all the time you'd be like yeah i'm never watching that movie like you can't pitch it it sounds like a bad idea but when you watch it like this movie is beautiful i don't care like you're never going to convince me otherwise this movie is yeah. beautiful Watch. I'm with him. Um, I, I'm with him. I'm getting Turned more. What? I'm getting much more out of this. I'm getting much more out of this than I did out of the movie at the time. Put it that way. Oh, that's good. <clears throat> that's good. So let's take a pee break, and then when we come back, we'll watch the turn down for what video because I think everybody should watch that. Um, but it's a great example of their directorial style. But when you watch it, Dave, you'll see Swiss Army Man in this video, and. I just spoiler alert. It's about the boner. It's the boner. It's the boner. <laughs> yeah, just don't, just, just don't let, just don't let your uh, preview companies edit your entire movie. Uh, yes, exactly. That's the problem. I mean, one of the most epic fails of what 2016. Uh, yep. Yep. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, right. uh, David Ayer's. Yeah, let's let, yeah a, a great director. Let's let a video or a preview company edit his entire movie. That was. Ugh. It was so fucked up. <laughs> Which one? Suicide Squad. I'm gonna piss my oh, pants. Is that true? Go. Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. fuck. Don't don't talk shit about Top Gun. Don't. Yeah. All right. We'll come back to that. I have to pee also, but we'll be right back. Da, da, da. Watching, uh, I'd never seen uh, Why Him with James Franco and Brian Cranston. Did you guys you didn't see that one? No, I haven't seen that. It's, Is that the it, one where he like wants to marry? Yeah, Brian Cranston's daughter. It's it's or, inter It's interesting because I it's not what you it's it's a Judd Apatow flick I think if I'm not mistaken, but it's not what you expect. It's it's funny. Another one of those like misrepresented marketing things. Like, uh, it's it's represented what it's a romantic comedy. It is. Oh, okay. But it's just it's got a different thing to it. Um, I don't want to spoil it, so I don't know if you ever want to. I don't know if you're a big Judd Apatow fan or James or Jonah Hill wrote it. And somebody, a bunch of, I, I was hearing part of that. Jonah Hill wrote co-wrote it with two other guys, I do believe. That's what I got from the uh, preview or that the, the the credits. I'm sorry. He co-wrote it with two other people. I'm looking it up. Okay, I have to do that. I got beer everywhere. There's, and, and it's a How did this beer problem happen? No, because I'm a fucking... I'm drunk, and I knocked over a beer. That, it, it's happened. Um, I'm actually surprised that it has not happened sooner than it happened. I mean, this is episode 36, and this is the first time that happened. Uh, let's see. I'm looking at this now. John Hamburg. Uh, I'm not seeing any of those the main stuff, but that's not to say they're they're not involved. Well, it said uh, uh, the why him? Why him? It's a 
And the, the, end, the end credits said Jonah Hill wrote it at YM, and Jonah Hill wrote it, co-wrote it with three, two other people. Ben Stiller and Jonah Hill produced it. Oh, I'm seeing it now. Yeah. Uh, sorry. Fucking ads. Writing credits. Screenplay by. There's two other people, and then story by Jonah Hill. Yeah. Yeah. So it was interesting. It's got it had an interesting. Uh, tw- I, I don't know twist to the protagonist. I guess. So. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah, I know that one. I'm glad I, to hear that. Actually, I, I mean, like, it looked kind of amusing to me. So <laughs> it was amusing. It was, I, but I thought it was going to be your run of the mill. But it was a. It has your run of the mill moments, but the end of it was kind of like, oh, huh, interesting. <laughs> so I, yeah, like I guess I don't want to spoil it for you. So I, it was. It's on HBO. If you guys have it, I think on on demand. Or, I don't. I don't. But I'll, I'll get it. I'm, I'm. I'm glad to have the excuse to watch it. <laughs> uh, again, when we're not on our free resources that we use to get our podcast out, we can talk about how any of us can see anything that we'd ever want to watch I ever. Just, even even using Apple products, <laughs> I don't know. You I might don't. have to buy a, a different product, Dave. But it'd be I worth it. Then you get to watch anything you'd ever want ever. Oh, all right. I'll consider that. Yeah. So. <laughs> Yeah, uh, Dave, you never heard that? That was like one of the biggest travesties I think I've ever heard about Suicide Squad. I didn't, I didn't hear that oh, yeah. particular thing about Suicide Squad. No. Oh, they, David Iyer shot the whole movie or whatever, and then they took it to the the company that made the preview. They said, hey, can you re-edit this? And they re-edited, they, re-edited, they re-edited the whole damn movie. Yeah, and that's where all the music comes from and everything else. Dude, I'm pretty sure they added probably a couple million dollars just to their budget from the music they added alone. Yeah, that uh, actually makes a ton of sense based on the reaction they had to that the trailer w- that had the song in it. They were like, "Oh, we can capitalize on this." Okay, that, that yeah. makes perfect sense. Uh, what's but, funny is so this is I'm going to give a five minute segue. Are we uh, are we back? Should I? Should oh I no, we're back. We are okay. back. Um, so you're talking about Suicide Squad and, and, and letting a trailer company basically recut the whole movie and you, right. with, I couldn't even finish Suicide Squad. I even tried the director's cut, which I heard, or the extended cut, whatever. It's not even I, his cut. The, yeah. it, it, it's not the extended cut. It's not even his cut. Yeah. I want, um, I want, I want David Ayer's cut, please. Yes. That's what I want. Um, you have so, David Ayer's haircut, <laughs> Shamrock. <laughs> oh, <You> got, yeah. <laughs> I forgot. Yeah. The next so episode. Did, so did uh, Brad Pitt and Fury. Weird. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't yeah, seen it yet, weird. but I know the. I know the. Oh anyway. God, that was that's one I of David. It's one of David Ayer's best. It's. I'm gonna have to check that out. Good thing. Good things. Okay, Palmer, um, you were saying. But in an episode 35 of the Long Walk, Short Drink, which is probably by the time you've heard this, is going to be out because this is episode 36. Uh, that's Cabin Kids Volume Three, mm-hmm. uh, where we are joined by uh, Twinkie and Steiner, and uh, there's one little quib in there where Steiner talks about Rogue One and how we need to have a conversation about Rogue One, <laughs> and um, and Suicide Squad. Actually, I lump into the same category as Rogue One that was affected by this. So I, at the end of that episode, I offered Steiner to come out and, and stay at Dayton anytime he wanted to, to come visit. And he actually, it was the quickest return on any invite I've ever offered to come to Dayton to visit me. He texted me 20 minutes after we were done recording that episode. I'm on my way. Like, 
hey, I'm going to pass through Dayton on my way home. Do you mind if I Whoa. stay? And I'm like, yeah. So he came here on what? the Friday after we recorded. Wednesday, oh Thursday, God. Friday, he showed up at our at my house, at Ash's nice house, and stayed the night and, and didn't leave until like 3 or 4 o'clock on Saturday. Like we hung out for like 24 hours almost. That's like, great. I hope you watch Mystery Science Theater. We did not. We did not watch Mystery Science Theater. That would have been awesome if we did. But I asked him, I was like, so what's the problem with Rogue One? And Rogue One fell into the same... I I, I lump Rogue One, Suicide Squad, and maybe... And there's probably other films that were affected by this too. Batman versus Superman fucked both of those movies. Batman versus Superman fucked us all! Fucked everybody. (laughs) But so here's the thing. It's and still me, fucking us. I see Justice I'm, League trailers and I just want to die. I know. I know. I know. I know. I'm not Ugh. like I've given up on the on the DC cinematic universe. It's done. Until it's they get rid of Zack Snyder, we're, we are all fucked. I, I will see video games. I will see um, Wonder Woman just because I've heard it's fucking fantastic. Oh, Wonder Woman it is three fourths awesome until yeah. it becomes Batman versus Superman in the last 20 minutes. But that's <laughs> true. To that, it's great. Yeah. But okay. So Batman versus Superman was like really it, it, they said it went too dark, which I would agree with. Bat- Superman should not be dark at all. He's fucking Superman. There should not be any questions about like his the Boy Scout and Blue, yeah. Yeah. Um, that's the whole reason why Batman exists in the DC universe is because you need to counterbalance that with like fucking Batman, you know? And so <laughs> It, you don't need to make them both the same character, which, Bat, in my opinion, Batman versus Superman tried really hard. I mean, literally, when they have the Martha moment, like, that's them trying to make them both the same fucking character. Like, no. The movie, the movie fell apart fell way apart. before that anyway. <laughs> okay, so it so that fell apart. But one of the biggest complaints was it was too dark. In when that When those started to come out, Suicide Squad and both Rogue One were in post-production. And both studios ordered reshoots and re-edits of both those movies because they considered both of them too dark. And this was Steiner's complaint about Rogue One because I asked him while he was visiting. I was like, so what's wrong with Rogue One? Because I love Rogue One. I think it's fantastic. And he's like, that movie, from the minute it was announced was this is going to be a dark Star Wars movie. Like, you're not going to be happy about it. And he and he felt like they pulled punches at the end. Like, when in the final movie, like, it didn't go as dark as it needed to go. And all the things that I thought he wouldn't like about it, he's like, no, I was okay with that. I was okay with that, too. I was okay with that, too. He's like, but it just, they tried to make it too happy when... It's a whole movie about people that are supposed to die, you know, and they do ultimately die, but it just. I am glad that they didn't shy away from that. Yeah. They they had the balls to at least do that. Yeah. Because I thought they were going to do some fucking beam me up, Scotty bullshit at the end. Yeah. But well, and then you think that like, then you think about Suicide Squad. That's fucking like the whole, the whole point of Suicide Squad is those are villains. Like, they just made it too campy and too, like... I was still worried, even with that going into Suicide Squad, or, I don't know if we have five minutes yet, but still, some of the stuff David Iyer even shot, because, you know, he shot 90% of what was shown. Right. That was just re-edited. I'm still like, 
what the hell? Like, really? Right. It, as soon as I see PG-13 on something like that, I'm like, ah, forget you. I'm done. Oh, man. Dave, could you imagine if it came out as PG-13 if it, the, in the oh, last, like, be so month before it was about to be released? They were like, oh, by the way, we recut it to PG-13. I w- like it would ruin whenever that I, movie. Whenever I think of, uh, or when you talk about Suicide Squad, uh, it reminded me of. Do you remember? This is going back quite a ways in the podcast, our podcast. But hopefully, it's fresh in your mind because you thought of it. Like your idea of the Mar, or not Marvel, but rather DC cinematic. Oh, to universe. do it from the villains' perspective, yeah, right? Like that was the thing. Like they did not earn Suicide Squad. Like no. But they could. And they should have done origin a- stories for each one of those villains. Yeah, single movies and just first, done, and and done it every like like. Could you imagine Shamrock? This is a great. This is a, you're a great when you have a conversation of this with. So imagine DC doing what Marvel did with the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but doing it from the villains' perspective. So let's get let's get six different villains origin movies. And then all leading up to an Avengers style, which would be Suicide Squad. Yeah. But instead, it's villains. Like, I think that would be fucking amazing. Like, I would totally agree with you. Anyway. But the problem is, the, the, <laughs> again, try elevator pitching that to anybody who would market a big budget superhero movie. Hey, we're going to do the villains. Fuck you. You're an insane. You're like, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. That makes the most sense to me. Like, you have makes arguably the, the best villain in all of pop culture history, the fucking Joker. Like, he is the best villain. Yes. Yeah. yeah Dave, you're talking about the industry that wanted to make the crow Michael Jackson in a dancing musical. That's true. I'm so happy that you know that. But, <laughs> but also, <laughs> yeah, but the same guy feels like that that pitch feels like it would work if you're going to do this dark thing like i'm a guy that likes dark shit i devoted yeah yep. you know i saw batman i protected ritman spray painted <laughs> my 60 bat 60s batman mask black and did it i was the dark knight on maplewood <laughs> metzger i'm sure i drove by your house but you're like whoa you tried to just <laughs> When I say drive, I meant road on, on my other bicycle, the the banana seed bat cycle. <laughs> you tried <laughs> you tried to choke me with plastic broken Batman handcuffs one time. <laughs> oh, that. That's it's just awesome. like you know, I mean, uh, really that sucks. But that's not what I want to <laughs> be doing. No, I, I was I was being a bad guy, so you were doing the right thing. That, oh, good. Well, if I was reprimanding you for your behavior, that's better. But yeah. like I like dark shit, but but the 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 quote unquote dark take on the DC universe for, uh, on the good guys perspective, like Palmer said about Superman, etc. But all that it just like uh, I can't even get into it. We should probably you imagine a Lex Luthor origin story? It could be great. Who, right? which could be amazing, right? Definitely just like, not with Jesse. What's his fuck? Like with that kind of Jim Carrey horrible. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Take. Mr. Jesse Eisenberg being as weird as he possibly can be. Yep. But like not even good. It's like bad of Gotham meets what the fuck? Like, do you not? Could you say like Kal-El meets like it's horrible. Everything about it is so heartbreaking and horrible for some of the greatest characters in all of pop culture or modern mythology. They're just, oh, I hate being negative about stuff, but th- I th- I wanted so wanted to be positive about this Justice League movie. And every review no, I see, I it's, like, it's like 10% real movie 
and 90% like video game. It doesn't yep. look real. Yeah. It doesn't, yep. I don't care. It's pandering it just, and it's it's complete pandering. Yep. Like, who, oh. like, who wants to see this? This yep. makes me so sad. Yep. I didn't go see it in a the theater. And I, Ten I year saw, olds. Yeah. Ten year olds. I mean, that's the thing. And that and ultimately that's what's gonna kill Hollywood if the sexual harassment stuff doesn't is ah! <laughs> I, I mean, which long walk short drink has not touched on yet? I've wanted to bring that up for the last four episodes since the fold. Oh, well, what do we do? I was just thinking like when, when Shamrock was talking about the thing. I don't even, I don't even like, know. Oh, I feel bad about the past action, you know, like Affleck grabbing a boom and whatever year that yeah. was. And, and, okay. I, I don't not... even know if this is true, but God, I know how much the Weinstein, that, that Weinstein has ruined movies. Oh man! God, God, I hope he goes down in flames. I oh, really dude. do. The oh, guy he, that brought oh, gonna, the guy like, that brought like, us Pulp Fiction has ruined as many movies as he has fostered. Put with it that his way. dick, though, I really then now at this point, I think any movie that he's ruined is just because he couldn't have sex with whoever he wanted to have sex with. Like, agree. Yeah. yeah, like, um. All right, let's get back to Swiss Army Man because we're we are oh, definitely we are already oh, like I'm gonna bring this up so much. We these guys we got to talk to more often. Moto off before we started to talk oh. about ghost stories. There's so many things. Well, Look at yeah. this now. All, all I'm saying is I got some nunchucks. Right. <laughs> yeah. Shit. And liver kick. I got a bad. Uh. Yeah, when, I, right. when I'm doing karate in the garage sometimes, like I'm trying different kicks, and if, if ever I do a straight kick, I always think of you. <laughs> it's like I'm thinking straight kick and punches and straight punches. Well, <laughs> liver kicks. I th- liver when I think kicks. liver kick, I think Moto and Batman. Like I think a Dark Knight Returns <laughs> when he's like, I, <laughs> I kicked you in the liver, and then I think of Moto. Left kick. Hey, I, so, so how close are we to the helicopter soccer ball kick? Because I would really <gasps> love to see that again. Oh. I ha- I did I have I have attempted not a full helicopter kick because <laughs> I'm old with a beer belly, but I have like tried to to spin around. I'm like, oh fuck, I, I can kind of do it. <laughs> like I can't put out both legs. Let's not be crazy. But I have Dude, noticed like, in the last hips. couple of weeks just some like improvement. I'm like, oh that that kick is kind of getting better. <laughs> but it's sad to see to be to be honest. <laughs> Okay. Fuck that. That, <laughs> that, that might have been right. the cool. That might have been the coolest thing I've ever seen as a kid was Dave doing the helicopter soccer ball kick. Yes! <laughs> oh, that's what I want to see. Oh, I, have, I, I actually probably could still do that because there's there's you don't really have to train about right, yes, it. Well, I'm sure you, you could should. No, yeah, I don't I think I could do one inch punch. I think you have to train for it. I mean, I watched Gil <laughs> Bill. She had to fucking train for that. <laughs> oh, but, she did it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm up for that, and I think we should film it. I, and yeah. I think I should probably do it on you, like what the, what you. I'm you okay know, with that. I will hold take a, a one inch punch. Then you just like hold a telephone you. book or something. Yeah, so no. it doesn't actually hit. No, you're gonna punch me right in the chest. I want you to punch me in the chest. Yeah. No, no, no. One inch punch me in the chest. No, because the whole thing is that the energy should hopefully should hopefully push you back. I did it to a, a guy in a bar once. Like uh, the bride and I were in Duluth, and she it was a former coworker of hers who's awesome. Called him Spud. He was. Crazy. I know. I met that guy. I know you that guy. Spud? You met yeah. Spud. Wow. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, you and Spud. Like we would all get along, and we have got along great. But Spud, we were talking about the one inch punch thing, and he was like, "No." And we were in a bar, and I did it, and I knocked him back into his chair. <laughs> Shit. Awesome. 
it's not that hard anyway. Like no, I mean, I was a, like in the pond, one man. season that I was in athletics, I threw in track. Ooh. And like the whole point of throwing is you start at your feet and you have to lead all the way up to releasing the shot put. Like, but yeah. all of the power comes from your hips and the twist in your legs, not in your actually arm throwing the shot put. And oh, it took yeah. me forever to learn that. And I in in the one inch punch, I think, is the same thing. You're just using momentum of your body. Right. Yeah. Put it into your fist. You're just concentrating that momentum in your fist. I totally believe it exists. Like I have no doubt in that. I just want to see it. Actually, you know what I mean? we should we should both do it. You know, I bet like based on what you've described, I bet you could do it too. <laughs> oh, I, I uh, well, I would love to try. That's for sure. Oh Ouch. man, we're gonna roll video Ouch. on everything. All right, listen, we've already been on here for. If I'm gonna count a half an hour, it took for us to go live after eight o'clock. So we've already been on four hours. I guarantee you, we've been over the hour and a half that we were allowed to talk <laughs> yeah. about Swiss Army Man, and I still have a page and a half of fucking notes plus my phone notes to talk about. I want those to happen. Those matter mo more to me than like anything I could offer, which I'm pretty sure I so, said everything. But I, I think to set everything up, though, we need to see where these directors come from. So oh. we need to see the turn down for what video, Please. which oh. nobody watching live is going to be able to see. I might tweet this out so they can watch it with us. Maybe yeah, let me, let there you me, go. Let me do that's and not tweet idea. it out. I'll put it in the chat for the because we still have one. We still you can have tweet one. it out. They can watch it together because actually they Double can click D that link. Double D is gonna die tomorrow. Yeah. yeah. Oh man. He's gonna ref. He's he has to ref a game tomorrow, and he's gonna be like. Yeah, I mean, he's gonna like totally crap his pants. I don't know. Fart. I don't have a good grasp on what he does like for work and stuff, but like he seems to drive. Oh, so much, so much. <laughs> and well, I, mean, uh, I, I, I mean, again, because uh, I, I love to maintain people's anonymity. 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 Uh, anonymity. Yeah, that one. I can't tweet it out on the thing. Double D, if it's still you just watching, just look up the turn down for what video and get ready to play it. It's going to be great. It's two it just took me all that time to realize, wait, I'm on two computers. I can't copy and paste from this computer on it. Uh, okay. so I'm gonna get it queued up. It's in the chat already. I got it. All right, I'm queuing it up. So just get uh, it to zeros. When you're all at zeros, let me know. Ooh. I don't I I'm just gonna do it on YouTube because I don't want to touch anything, I'll ruin it. Oh no, that's yeah. fine. <laughs> I think I have it. Oh man, there's some hot suggested shit. Yeah, I have no idea what's going on, but I've seen it. Hey, it was the first thing to pop up on YouTube. I just had to turn. Yep. Uh, and if you have ads at the beginning, just like uh, watch those and get to the zero mark on the video itself. Hashtag Dick Magnet. Whoa. We just got demonetized. Just got demonetized. That's over that, eight bars. That's me. Yep. Sorry. We can't demonetize. No, I mean, like we, comes can't, up? we can't play the music. We can't play the music. Oh, okay. We can okay. shut down. All right. Uh, We're not actually monetized. To, I didn't so know we, how someone actually could hear the music. Was like that me? Did. It was somebody. Did I do huh. that? I don't know. Well, we'll we'll talk over it. Yeah, we'll talk over it too. That'll help. So, are you guys ready? Mm -hmm. All right. This on three. Hashtag dick, hashtag dick magnet. <laughs> <laughs> but you'll see you'll see the harry potter you'll see i'm sorry you'll see the swiss army man in this video also fun fact 
the Asian gentleman that starts out the video and then is shown throughout the entire video is one of the Daniels. One of the directors. Oh, really? All right. Cool. All right. Okay. On three. Three, two, one, play. Three. And this is such a simple song that you would not think it would be this like crazy video. That's not him, right? That's him. That's this is one of the directors. This guy right here. Oh shit! What? Oh, (laughs) he's like falling through ceilings. Yeah, and he's humping everything. He humps everything till he explodes in this video, basically. Oh, he is humping everything. Holy shit! Like he's kind of dancing, but also humping. Listen, my favorite part in this whole, like that, like cop's face melted up, and now his dick is smashing shit. <laughs> he just like, broke a phone over his dick. Everything Dude, is like dick. phone dick. broken. Now oh, watch, dick's gonna move, and it's gonna look like Swiss Army. Oh, well, that, that the woman in this uh, video, she's on Mr. Robot. Oh, really? Fucking great show. Palmer, you gotta watch Mr. Robot. I gotta watch. Oh, it, he just knocked her clothes off. Yeah, with his dick. With his dick. <laughs> That's that magnet. <laughs> what the hell? Holy son of a bitch, my face. Turn down for what? Oh, shit. So, oh, I don't know how to describe that. She just You're like, kind of. My favorite part in this whole video is the grandma's tits or the mom's tits. Whoever this woman is, wait till her tits start getting in on it. This lady right here, wait. Oh my gosh, I love it. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I was starting to try to just. Oh my. God. Yeah. Oh man, it gets so good. I was trying to describe it at first, but like you really can't keep no, up with it. You have it. to experience it. It's just like Swiss Army and you Swiss have Army to experience it. Fucking nuts. I can't believe this, is a, a, this has existed this long without me knowing about it. This is an official music video. Isn't this crazy? Wow. It's like boners and boobs essentially yep. forming the beat of this. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Whoa. It's just like... <laughs> yeah, in a way, it's like the opening moments of Swiss Army Men when, when the love- farting is making his yeah. whole body convulse. Yeah. And this is and 2014. Moving around, and then this the cop comes come in. in. Watch it. Watch it. I <laughs> love boobs this. boobs are still going. Yeah. Look. Any motorboats are... <laughs> she kind of motorboats him. I don't even know. Yeah. Wow. Oh, fuck. I mean, I already love this song. I love this song yeah. even more now. It's best video. Whoa. I, we'll, we'll tweet this out, and of course, we'll put it on our YouTube page. But yeah, if you haven't seen this video, you must. Yeah. Wow. Fantastic, right? I had no idea. Now they're all asleep, exhausted from it. <laughs> I get, oh, Look, and his dick is going. <laughs> Hashtag dick magnet. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, I mean, that's amazing, right? Like, I was awesome. going to say, awesome. say it never stops. Jeez. 
<laughs> never stops. Like it, it's just like, and and again, you can see, can, like, it, am I lying? Like you can see Swiss Army Man in that, right? Absolutely. Oh yeah. The Absolutely. dick is pointing the way, right? but but it's also <laughs> just this this kind of thing of uh to not be ashamed of the human. Yeah, body and experience, but rather just like celebrate it to the point where things that are supposed to be embarrassing, so are not. They're like a celebration of life. That that was really refreshing. I had no idea that was coming. Yeah. Even with you setting it up, I had no idea what to that's, expect. Or yeah, that's the, name, that's the name of the song. Turn down for what? Yep. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> now, so that like so again, I said I, I I watched all of their videography yesterday that they have on their official website. And uh, that's one of the videos that are on there uh, and just mind blowing. Like it totally blew me away. I love Shaolin soccer. I love um, Kung Fu hustle. Those are both directed by the same guy. And it really reminds me of that a lot. Um, you can see the influence on there, but then I'm, I'm, I'm watching the rest of their videos and I came across. So this move Swiss army man was scored by uh, Manchester orchestra. Um, which if you don't know, they're a great indie band. They're really awesome. Yeah. Uh, they have a part of that group or something. Like I thought I read that. No, they did. A, they recorded, they shot a video for Manchester okay. Orchestra called simple math. And then okay. they, they had formed such a great relationship. This is a great story. Uh, they formed a really great relationship. So when they were getting ready to do Swiss army man, they were like, wouldn't it be awesome if uh, Andy, I think that's the guy's name from Manchester orchestra, because they were like, who are we going to get to score the movie? And they're like, wouldn't it be awesome if Andy would do it? And so they had it. I have to piece this together from two interviews that I watched. One with Daniel Radcliffe and Paul Dano. And then one with that Q&A with the directors. So early on, uh, they wanted to get some music together to try to inspire Paul Dano and Daniel Radcliffe to like get them in the like in the mindset for the movie and also to use while they were shooting because uh, typically you add the music at the end like after you've shot everything right but they obviously like where they're you know jet skiing across and the Jurassic Park theme like they need to know how that music's going to sound to be able to do it in the movie right and so mm -hmm. They were like, wouldn't it be awesome if uh, Andy from Manchester Orchestra would score the movie for us? Uh, but they didn't really know. Like, let's try to get something really low committal and, and i.e. free from <laughs> Andy uh, before. Budget. Yeah, budget. I mean, you got to think about your budget, right? Because this was an independent film initially. And Music so is always last. Always last. And so they reach out to Andy <laughs> and they're like, so they have they have. Um, Daniel Radcliffe, they're like, think about Manny. What would a song sound like that Manny would sing with um, with Hank? And so Daniel Radcliffe, as he's trying to find his character, he was just like, ba 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 ba. Like that's how he says it in the interview. And they yeah. recorded that, and they're like, that's perfect. And then they took that and they took the script and they sent that over to the guy from Manchester Orchestra. And they were like, hey, if you're interested, like this is what we're thinking about, and this is what it might sound like, and this is the script. And then they were and then they said the next day we woke up to a like uh just a gushing email, like, I need to be a part of this. This is amazing, and this is Whoa. what I 
this is what I've come up with so far. And he had already, in less than 24 hours, wrote the song that's in the closing credits. And they're like, and wow. we didn't touch that. That's the song that he sent us that's in the closing credits. And so, well, like, he was already on board, like, already on. And Daniel Radcliffe, though, talked about, he's like, I just went like, bah, 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 bah. like, that's what a zombie would yeah. sound like. You know, they were trying to sing a song and they built a whole score around that. Like, that's mm. that's what like, Paul Dano sings when he's riding him across as a jet ski is that 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 was inspired by that, like Daniel Radcliffe just making a noise. And they built a whole score around that. Can you like what's well, amazing, wow. too, like when when you see it, uh you you can see it happen in the in in the movie like they they make that part of the experience where like one of the characters will make that noise and it's yeah. kind of like a loop like uh, as a musician i've played with a loop station so you would go ba 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 hit hit like kind of this record and stop so that the ba ba continues yeah ba 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 and when it hits the end of the cycle you could harmonize with it and go ba 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 so you hear both yeah and then you can start to build on it and make it into something and that's literally yep. what they do with the score but it starts with the actors most of the time yep yep really exciting actually yeah it's like a note i had that I didn't really get to. Uh, and that that's, there is one song that's the song you just referenced um, that plays during the end that has like kind of defined lyrics that yeah. definitely seem to refer to what, what we see. And, um, it's just I, the, the, and that's what they said. They were like, he nailed the entire gist of the movie. Yeah. In that yeah. song. It's that song that goes, I'm crazy. I'm right. so fucking crazy. Like, and then that's what they took that song and that and Paul Dano actually sings that song at some point. Yeah. Yeah, like in the credits the Paul Dano's yeah. there a lot and I think they probably work together. Um sure. And I have the two things that I have no like musical notes by beyond the crazy I'm so fucking crazy. Sure. No, go ahead. One of which is beautiful, the other which is kind of funny. But also <laughs> I guess beautiful. The the straight beautiful one is everything everywhere matters to everything is a line in that final song. Yeah, uh, which is everything everywhere matters to everything. Yeah, is something they sing, and I think is something that's embodied in, in some of what's talked about in the movie. And then at the same time, this is the, this is the dichotomy of this film. Like you have such deep sentiment juxtaposed with this line. I saw your sadness when they played that it was a close up of Harry Potter's wicked Harry butt crack <laughs> coming out of the water. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I saw your sadness. And they like literally as his ass lifts out of the water. <laughs> it's like, oh boy. <laughs> what? Well, one of my last quotes uh, here is, uh, wow, our shit will meet up someday. <laughs> <laughs> that's really beautiful. I think that's the next highlight. Like, <laughs> wow, it's, a, it's so bizarre, but it's so yeah. deep. Because he teaches so Manny deep. like every but everything poop, so he has to t yep. teach him about poop. <laughs> what about a was the cork in my butt crack of masturbation? I don't know. Oh yeah, was the cork in my butt crack sex? <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I was going to say, uh, Palmer, you definitely one-upped me. You definitely trumped me. I mean, oh, bad word. Ooh. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, 
shoot what else that that was this was really good but <laughs> i yeah cyborg for this was definitely one of <laughs> oh man that's uh, you know what i'll take like again i didn't hate cyborg um and i and i think moto actually you were the first one that was like hey we'll watch swiss army man since you mm -hmm. watched cyborg i think you were the one that actually proposed yeah, uh, yeah i thought it was quite a chore yeah <laughs> <laughs> i just i remember and I looking at each other or sorry moto and i look at each other like what the fuck <laughs> quite yeah. a few times yeah. it's so funny you say that that's literally the last line of the movie <laughs> that is the last, that's line the of the last movie. thing you hear is is the Sarah character <laughs> the what the and, fuck and, uh it, all right, let me just let me go through some notes because yeah, like the, take your time, man. Like I, I want to so, know, I want to know what you've come up with. So, well, first off, Daniel Radcliffe, um, really astutely, and and he got some of this from the director, but it's the directors hated the song Cotton Eye Joe. Oh yeah, one of them hates body humor, so farts in general. Oh well, too late. <laughs> And the other one hates um, uh, acapella singing, which the score is essentially acapella singing, wow. right? Yeah, what we were talking about, yeah. And so, but, and so Danny Ratcliffe asked them about that, and they were like, "If you if you make what you hate, you're gonna make the best possible version of that because you hate it. So you're gonna try to make it so you like it." Um. Which I, I, I think from a creation standpoint, that's fucking, that's brilliant. I mm -hmm. mean, absolutely yes. brilliant, right? Like, smart. Uh, totally smart. So um, what, you're, what you're saying is if they hate Cotton Eye Joe, they are not from Ritman, Ohio. <laughs> you know if, you, if you like, hate hipsters i guess you, you have to just adopt it right <laughs> exactly there you go that that song which I, I i i mean i of course i i lived when that song had its popularity but i can relate that where that song will randomly get in my head and every every song or every dance ever at ribbon high school when we were there palmer that was played it was yeah it, it was yeah. played yeah um yeah man fuck that song. i would do it all right, <laughs> all right crazy, crazy 10 seconds uh sidebar uh sure shamrock and i drove to um was it oh it was ohio northern university Ohio Northern. It was all cornfields all oh. and we did the entertainer as long as we could handle it because <laughs> oh, awesome. wow it was like from the sting yeah just a, just a, just a pre just a premise yeah. this this is before they turned route 30 into a highway it was a two-lane oh. trucking oh, road oh yeah we we jumped was, out of the uh, car and just freaked out we ran out into a field it was me you and uh <laughs> uh it was you and, and i i thought it was i thought the uh there was a third party there uh, oh you might be right yeah and we Jumps. all we, I I pulled over into a field Possibly. and we they, they were there we didn't know and then we met up it was crazy yeah we jumped out of the car and ran into a field and just just did a blue moment we, we just could freak the hell out we couldn't take it anymore it's like I, I I literally had a CD player like a Walkman you had to plug into the cassette deck 
So <laughs> this, this place, yeah, yeah, first world problems, right? Yeah, this is how we had yeah. the CDs in a car. <laughs> so oh and I, I don't I think we only had a couple other CDs with us, but we were just trying to test our you metal too. our yeah, our metal capacity at that point. <laughs> yeah, that was it was not so so sorry man, man. It was it was that wild. W- hey, at least we had to go see Tonic. I think that was the trip, right? Oh that was man, it. that's awesome. That was oh man. They're one of the best live bands I've ever seen. Yeah. Really? Um, that's crazy. Yeah. The oh. one thing I want yeah. I was gonna say the bass player was a creep. But uh, the lead singer, the second guitar player, the drummer, oh, my God. The lead singer's voice was so perfectly high and perfect. The guitar, second guitar player was just right on. And, uh, man, I just never heard somebody sing so good with no auto-tune. I don't know. Well, one of the, the, best, the best parts about the concert was is because it was held in, like, a, like an open auditorium kind of deal. I saw uh, the Odeon, too. And yeah. I got some boobs on me there. Yeah, yeah, boobs. <laughs> but tonic. Man, you need to get late, dude. <laughs> I'm trying to, I'm trying to think, I was trying to think of what single, what their big single was. It, it's if you could only see. Yeah, that was if probably you the biggest. If you could only see the way. Yeah, yeah, that one. I, I'm going to share the greatest hits with you too. I have to share with you. Damn it, Christopher, and then tonic. Yeah, that's very yeah. worthwhile. Yeah. In in mid concert, I've never seen anybody do this. He's like, "Oh, I love this song. I don't know how to play it." Brian runs up to front stage so he can watch the guitar player play the song, so he'll know how to play it. Yep, <laughs> I, I believe that. I, I call it the tonic chord. The tonic chord. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. you couldn't. That was the one thing you couldn't figure out how they did. That's right. It wasn't the song. It was the one thing that they did you couldn't figure out or something rather. Yeah, I I still feel that hyped, but yeah. That's man, awesome. I'm just like, all right, man, you go do that because I was pretty <laughs> drunk at the time. But <laughs> <laughs> well, I was drunk at the time. I'm pretty sure you were too on some Mike's Hard Lemonade back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> some heartburn, like Zima, some Grant Heart. Okay, oh, we, so we've broken all rules, obviously. Oh about fuck yeah! Oh, we have, yeah. Tons. It's been I'm super sorry, fun. Five hours, Palmer. It, uh, I don't want to rush you, obviously, because I really do want to oh, know no. all the. I love this idea that you like spent the day thinking about this. You said, I, I, I'd like to, yeah, to go through as much as you would like to share. Like, I, I was actually looking yeah. at the note. I don't have much more uh, that I wrote down. I mean, I there was plenty of anecdotes that I remembered, like hearing the like it, it, through the conversation that I remembered. Yeah, just uh, I mean uh, to. Oh, Another man. big one. Now I really want to like get the back score to say rapid fire it. Oh yeah. Um. Another. This is really the last one on this written stuff. Is that so? Daniel Radcliffe. Two things. Um. He makes a statement in both interviews that I watched with him, where he says, "the the closest." In as far as shooting a movie, to be able to see what in real life while I'm shooting it, exactly what it's going to look like when it ends up on the screen, he experienced while he was shooting Swiss Army Man, and it was watching Paul Dano ride, like like sing at the top of his like because they, they were on a boat being towed by a boat, <laughs> in that yeah. opening scene when he rides off the island. 
and like Paul Dano was like singing at the top of his lungs, you know, like, <laughs> bah, 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 you know, like, and uh, Daniel Radcliffe is seeing that and he's in, he's like, it was the, he said he was like caught up with emotion because he, he read it in the script and then saw it happening live and could visualize it on a screen, like like ending up in the movie. And he said it's the only time while shooting a movie that I was able to see what a what a fan or an audience member was going to see for the first time and know that's what it was going to look like on the screen. And he said he was caught up in the emotion of that and just I I mean that was kind of power that was really powerful to me. And then he said that he talked to uh one of the directors during the filming and he's like you guys don't fight about anything you're on the same page about everything like there's no discussion or debate it's just this is how it is and 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 whichever daniel it happened to be he was talking to said that's because we spent the last year and a half arguing about everything absolutely everything um in 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 leading up to this moment so that when we finally got down to it which is this is another great like piece of advice is like do the arguing while it's free don't waste your money like that's what i took from it you know like do the arguing if you're going to work with somebody else like do the arguing while you're not like committing any resources to it when you can do it for free and so then that way when you come down and you're spending money on it or you're like uh, and i don't look at it as money i look at it as like effort and like when you're finally like expelling your effort as your resource on it you don't have to argue about it. You're on the same page with that person. Um, well, it could could be money too. Like I remember when, yeah. uh, I mean, uh, we have I, on this uh, in this chat, like my brother, who's an incredible engineer, and <laughs> um, recorder of music. But there was one one or two times where I did go into a professional, well, professional in the sense that I had to pay them to record me. Right, and, and, uh, and they're like, "Oh wow!" Like I did things, and they're they're like, "Oh, you, well, it's good that you obviously prepared to be here so that you can make the most at this time." I'm like, "Oh, yeah, I, I do that, <laughs> yeah, because yeah. otherwise it's going to be a you know really expensive nightmare." <laughs> right, but right. but that yeah, the idea. I mean, that's that's a performance thing. So with with filmmaking and stuff, you obviously. There's going to be performances by actors. Yeah, that's like the actors yeah, are going to have performances, but if you don't figure out what you want them to do ahead of time, it's going to be that. And with a movie like this, yeah, they must. It's like Pixar, maybe. Yeah, it's as all I can imagine. Like Pixar, they put so much in the script, because, like, like animation. Story. Yeah, you yeah. have to work it all out before people execute it, because yeah. by that point, yeah. Well, and, and again, like they're working on like a like a low budget. It's still in the millions of dollars, low budget. They have Harry Potter. <laughs> they have like the darling of independent films. I mean, this guy's in fucking There Will Be Blood, right? Like with right. Paul, and Paul Dano. Yeah, Paul Dano. Like, will like, he ever age? <laughs> I, I don't <laughs> know. Bizarre Good question. It's so Man crazy, childhood. right? Like, it is really crazy to think about it. But it, again, they have all these things, and it's like, could you imagine wasting the time because you get hung up on like, should he be farting here? Should we be like, what should we be doing? You know, like they really, especially if they disagree. Like that's yeah, so that's interesting. What I'm saying. Like, like directors, yeah. And so the fact that they spent all of that where it was just them and it was free, they spent all that time hashing all of that out. 
Um, and then in the Q&A that I watched with them, they referenced multiple editions of the script that were each drastically different from each other. And that's the, I, I, so connecting that to that comment from Daniel Radcliffe, they went through all those, those script revisions before this movie was even off the ground. Can you imagine how much work that took thinking like we might not ever make this movie, you know, like, cause it's so hard. I, there had to, like, I, I, I could even imagine before they even started the first day of shooting thinking like, we're never going to get to make this movie about a farting corpse, you know, like they knew what I'm they sure, had. Yeah, they knew what the sure meaning they were trying to go for. I'm sure it's a hundred percent dependent on getting Harry Potter. Yeah. Dano. Um, I, I don't know about that. I, I mean, I think getting it made might've been dependent on that. Yeah, that, That's what I mean. But, yeah. I mean, like, I, I don't think they wrote it, it envisioning Harry Potter and Paul Dano playing. Oh, those no, two. No, no, you know no. what I mean? But like, like to, to get it made, like they have, like we could make that movie tomorrow sure. or whatever. Sure. Uh, but it would likely not get the reception and, and, and sure. support Again, that this one. I'd be up to seeing it up to watching it on Amazon prime last year. The only thing I knew about it was it was the Harry Potter farting corpse movie because yeah. that, that's all that I had heard about it, you know, and then, and that was enough for me to be like, I need to see this movie. Yeah. And that's what you ultimate... need to get a movie financed. Yeah. Right. But, but yeah, this is the, this is the ultimate fart joke. <laughs> yeah. No, hundred percent. Um, yeah. <clears throat> I, that, that's, that's essentially all I have. I love their use of slow motion and, uh, they they use it a lot in their videos. They use it a lot in in uh, this movie, Swiss Army Man. Um, but just the idea of how they can use slow motion, how the music like was it, it was another character of the movie. Um, all of that I loved. But in all of this research, one thing I did stumble across was this video. Uh, so Manchester Orchestra scored it. The cameraman at the end of the movie, in the last segment of the movie with the news reporter, is the lead singer from Manchester Orchestra. A <laughs> uh, little factoid there. Also, one of the the coroner, I don't know which one he is, but like he's with the paramedics, is the director of, if you've ever seen the independent film Primer or um, I've heard Upstream, of that. I've heard of it. Whatever. I think it's, I think that's what it's called is Upstream Color. Yes. Uh, yeah. Those he are, directed yeah. both of those movies, but more, he's like does a cameo in this. Yeah, um, more but, indie darling stuff. I haven't seen those. more. Yeah, That's yeah. Oh, Primer is fantastic. It is man. Is that a oh, great movie? Awesome. Primer, I've awesome. heard about. And it's I heard it's very dense. One. Yep. Yep. And two, it, it is. The one reason I haven't watched it is it's shot from. Oh. Is it Anna Kendrick? Because fuck Anna Kendrick, right? <laughs> no, <I'm just> <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I think Anna Kendrick's pretty cute, but anyway. Nah. No, <laughs> You're part of the problem. <laughs> As the guy from Cinema Sins might say, "Why is Anna Kendrick not my girlfriend?" <laughs> no, why is Anna Kendrick in this business? Take that overbiting <laughs> fuck off. <laughs> I'm just kidding. God, come on. No, anyway, <laughs> what I'm getting at is that it's shot from I hate uh the P or the POV cam or the. Ugh. I know I've been told it's done pretty well, but the the Blair Witch crap I can't. Ah, I oh, get found that. footage. I uh, found footage. I get five minutes into those and I turn it off. I can't do it. Yeah, I've tried House October built. 
I've heard of great films and all this crap, and they do it really well. I get five minutes in, I shut it off. Yeah, I can't. I can't take it. It's even Cloverfield. I've never finished Cloverfield. Oh man, Ooh. so good. Incidentally, isn't or coincidentally, perhaps, isn't the Cloverfield actress the one that uh, plays and, Sarah? And- in 10 Cloverfield Lane, yes. 10 Cloverfield Which is like the Lane, loose yes. sequel to Cloverfield. Like, yeah. It's in the same universe as Cloverfield. But yeah, it's another not of your uh, top of 2016. Uh, well, no, John Goodman's performance John, in the movie. Yeah. Not necessarily the movie, but John Goodman deserved an Oscar nomination at the very least for that performance because he was fantastic in that. Um, I, always, I always take your guys' movie recommendations to heart in this. And Primer is just one of those I can't. I haven't even brought myself to watch it. So <laughs> it is super dense. The only reason I want it deals with time travel, and that's one of my I mean right. I'll watch anything that has to do with time travel. Uh, or even time time cop. <laughs> yep. Even Tweaky texted me. He's like, I watched Time Cop. I'm like, what are you and Palmer doing even talking about Time Cop? Yeah. This is not even in my top ten JCD <laughs> movies. Behind my back. <laughs> <laughs> it should be. How dare you like the only JCVD movie that actually like was on like number one for a while? Like it was, yeah. I don't know. Uh, that just doesn't for Van Damme's hair alone in that movie. You, you should love that. That should be in your top ten. I mean, I should. It's right the, it's the iconic like he where he does the jump on the counter. Does, yeah, on the counter he does a split on the counter with a taser and shit. Yeah, I mean. That's not as cool as doing a split between two chairs and blood sport, getting your legs pulled apart by by a rope and kickboxer. It's just like I don't know. That's just not Funny, getting that's in not a headlock by the Green Ranger when you talk too much smack. Oh, I don't know that. I I don't know that. I don't feel like that happened. <laughs> like the video that they post on the TM, TMZ or whatever, and it's like he's the guy's talking shit to him. Van Damme's like. Yeah, oh yeah, I said that, and that's like it. <laughs> I was like, that's not really a story. Yeah, <laughs> and I can't oh. believe nonsense. This, well, I can't, I can't believe with this crowd, I haven't got any black silk underwear <laughs> jokes with this haircut. I <laughs> <laughs> life or black silk underwear. <laughs> oh man! And but JC, he did the most. Craziest slip between the Mercedes trucks. Yeah. But Chuck Norris drove both trucks. (laughs) (laughs) If you're going to start throwing down Chuck Norris jokes, I used to send a daily Chuck Norris joke of the day. Two different jobs. Like I took it from one job, and when I left it from another job, I started it up again at the next job. Like, really? That is the best. Thing I've ever heard. I actually got a reprimand from a supervisor <laughs> after sending a daily Chuck Norris joke of the day. Our spam filters on the servers finally caught it. And I got a talking to from my supervisor that was like, email is for business purposes only. Like our oh, internal shit. email is for business purposes only. And my Chuck Norris joke of the day got shut down. I was so pissed. My superintendent of my school was on the Chuck Norris joke of the day list and commented on them regularly. Like, I love these. But yeah. then my direct supervisor found out about him and was like, no, you shouldn't be sending me. It's like, oh, are um, you kidding me? Come on. I can only hope that our, our lives ultimately end up in some kind of, I would call it odd couple, but it's not really odd couple. Just be awesome couple. No, it'd be awesome couple. Yeah, that's what we would call it. <laughs> like we, out, we somehow are 
outlive our wives who deserve to outlive us. <laughs> yes. We're just like, doing the I will make a pact with you ever. right now, Dave. If if for some reason something happens to both of our wives and we become bachelors again, I will become a home, like I will become uh, your life mate with you. Oh like, yeah, uh, absolutely. You'll be, you'll be, you'll be, you guys will be each other's Swiss Army man. Yes. <laughs> yep. yep. We'll be dead inside a year, but it'll be the best year of our lives. <laughs> amazing. Are you kidding me? It'll just be pizza and beer. And like great like, movies and yeah, just, just awesome like conversations. One inch punches in the garage. Like it's yeah. gonna. Happen. Hey, yeah. you know what I heard? You know what I heard? Okay, so Van Dam did the split. Chuck Norris drove both trucks. Bruce Lee stopped them with two one inch punches. Top that. Top that. I've been trying to slip that in there for about two minutes now. <laughs> nice. Can't can't top it. This was right. magnificent. This is, uh, I missed you. I didn't realize how much I missed talking to all you guys. Oh, man. Wait a minute. I Did I say Bruce Willis, Willis or Bruce Lee? Shit. Don't Bruce Lee. Have, you said Bruce Lee. I said Bruce Lee. Okay, Let's not Bruce Willis. Those two. Yeah. He was talking um, to his bald head. So <laughs> let's end on – can we end on one more music video? Can we do that? Oh, sure, yeah. Okay. So while I was watching the videography of the of these guys, I ran across the one Manchester Orchestra video that they – shot and i'm dropping that in the chat right now it's called simple math so shamrock if you want to look it up but it's that it's on vimeo it's the second oh, yeah. vimeo so not uh yeah it's not youtube um but this is the video that they shot it's it's a little long so we'll just uh, we don't have to have a conversation after this like on the live stream I, I mean, I guess we could technically end it now. Like, I could just stop the broadcast now, it. and we could stay in, and then we could play it. Um, Exit it. To... Oh, I'm hearing something. Got it. That was yeah. me. Sorry. Oh no, you're fine. <laughs> um, but I so I'm watching their videography, and I get to this video, and it again, you'll see Swiss Army Man in this video. Just like watch for that. I guess that's the what you would take away from it. But for some reason, this video just struck me. And I wept for like 20 minutes yesterday after I saw this, like after oh. I watched this video. It's just, it's so, again, it's like Swiss Army Man. There is such a deep, in it, to me, I'm not trying to imply this opinion on you guys, but to me, there is such a deep layer of beauty to this. And it struck such a personal chord for me that I again I just I I bawled like a baby for twenty minutes after watching this. So, um, yeah. So, all right. I won't cry this time because I've watched it. I I made Ash watch it. I was like, you got to watch this video. It's amazing. Uh. So, uh, three. Are you guys ready? Mm -hmm. All right. Three, two, and one. This is another one we'll tweet out too, because it's just. I guess if there was if there was going to be a true Palmer's pleasure, because I couldn't the the whole problem with the the Pat Oswald stuff, he just remarried like really quick. I mean, I know, yeah. Oh. So for podcast listeners, it started with a guy driving a car who was in an accident. Yep.
And if you know Manchester Orchestra, the guy's got a really like melancholy voice the way he sings. But he's a big in dude. The movie, like it's largely like Paul Dano singing in the movie, right? Or is it sometimes this guy? Uh, the end track is him, I think. Okay. So there's like one of the things that really I, I see Swiss Army Man in is like all this detritus like floating around everywhere in this video like and I picture all that shit all over the woods that Hank left as he was like stalking Sarah. I, I picture him living in those woods so close to her house like stalking her almost you know um, living in proximity of her. There's such a, a like a, a, a visceral uh, expression of like the anxieties and uh, not just uh, yeah like I want to say disparities of life but like the the things that you want but you don't know how to get and you don't know how to reach for you don't know how to connect uh, they have a really great visual way of and even even. Uh, um, verbal, like the, with the ways that they express that through Manny, etc. Yeah, these Daniels, fuck. <laughs> they figured Man, some it's shit crazy, out, right? Like, and again, they're just like us. They're just like two guys that have experienced a lot of like media and you know pop culture, and then they're like they're spewing their like how that's affected them back out and creating awesome pulp culture on their own, you know? Uh, oh, Whoa. man. Uh, this video also reminds me a lot of uh, Where the Wild Things Are, the Spike Jones movie, uh, which you can see, like, that inspiration, again, from another great music video director, you know, who transitioned into movie directing. It also helps too that Manchester Orchestra is just a fucking great band. If you've heard the Gold, which is their current single out right now, man, that song is just like, like in the, in that in that song, the Gold. Two of the first, some of the first lines are, "I don't think I love you anymore. You are my ceiling." Like it's just one of the most tragic songs I've ever heard. To get 
One of their also recurring themes is this like disregard for physics almost like with the water glass like he's holding it upright and it starts to tilt like the level in the water so fucking crazy i i recommend every one of the if you go like we'll tweet out maybe we should tweet out too just their web their website so Mm -hmm. their website is uh daniel daniel.us i think um i thought i put it in here Uh, i saw the that one document you really populated it something oh, fierce. <laughs> yeah i did um it's it's um yeah www.danieldaniel.us so if you go to that website it it they it has all of their music videos and their commercials that they directed on there um and i recommend spending the hour to go through every one of them they're all fantastic um they're all layered just like uh swiss army man is um and i i am seriously like on the edge of my seat for their next thing that they're going to make uh i can't wait um hard to imagine (laughs) yeah yeah uh but i i mean thanks guys for watching swiss army man and like hey cyborg man blood brothers yeah yeah, <laughs> we made it. Like we like that. That was a total fair trade off. I and like. Oh, well, <laughs> I, I, I hope. It, I hope. I'm guys, very like, grateful, actually. Really, I, I to have uh, the the excuse or, or just the guidance to watch this. Like I really enjoyed it, uh, and I I understood that I was watching something profound. I can't say that I I unpacked all the profound. Ness in that watching but this has really helped and uh yeah no it's really added something to my life so it's not a chore by any good means. well and, and just so you know cyborg was not a chore either well <laughs> thanks as much as it was, that that it was for me it was not so i mean we're just like if we're being honest with ourselves but i really appreciate you guys uh kind of uh humoring me in this crazy fairy tale i love fairy tales i love like like big fish i put this in the same vein as big fish yeah right it's like comparison yeah it's like this whimsical that like there's no basis in the world that we live in but there's definitely a world there and there's a lot to take from it um yes there was in this yeah case so uh i hope i would never oh sorry oh no go ahead no I would never mess with the Green Power Ranger. Ever. <laughs> Ever. Right? I don't know anything yeah, about that. Tommy, like he was the badass of the group. <laughs> right? That was he a Voltron guy. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I watched Power Rangers. As a joke. School. Yeah. What? No, yeah, we did watch it, though. Yeah, we did. We watched it. 
as you rode my brother, my little brother's bike through my mother's brand new kitchen floor. <laughs> <laughs> moto, moto, what? I don't know. Moto, I yeah. <laughs> I like them chunky. No, I, I will definitely, uh, I will definitely have to revisit this. Um, yeah. But I was definitely in the vein with uh, Moto there. Uh, yeah, I didn't. I, maybe as Dave, I I didn't unpack it. Maybe I wasn't. Yeah. Like I said, from my one, my perspective too. Maybe I wasn't the right frame of mind at the time. But usually, I'm pretty good at picking more subtleties up than I was. So uh, I was. I, I to be fair, I was right where you guys were the first time I watched it. I knew I liked it. I knew that it, there was something there that I didn't quite understand. And it took a second viewing and all of this like digging to like really be like, holy shit, this is fucking a great movie. That's why it was in my top five of 2016. You know? Absolutely, man. Like, thanks for sharing. I, yeah. I'm impressed. Yeah. yeah. All right, Shocking guys. It, uh, it's 120 and I got to work tomorrow. So, <laughs> agreed. Yeah. All right. So, um this has been an amazing episode shamrock moto thank you so much for joining us awesome head on over to audibletrial.com slash lwsd to pick up your free audiobook um thanks again guys for joining us we really appreciate it dave as always it was an absolute pleasure well likewise it was great to see all four of you guys absolutely um love uh, it it has been a pleasure thank you for having me again Yep. Anytime. 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 Hey, you know good that. Good chat with you guys. Always yep. a pleasure. Thanks, guys. You guys have a great night. You too. Thanks. Be well, sir. Everyone, go yeah. watch Swiss Army Man. So good. All right. Have a good one. Cheers. Cheers. Remember when you put that cork in my butt? Is that sex? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>